All right. Knowledge. Jeremy, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It cracks me up when there's always a pause. We never thought it would happen. Nobody gets in or out of that town now. Is that clear? The girl just died. How do you intend to let the people know about all this? We were asleep. They dragged us right out of the house. Are we under martial law? Don't talk to me or anybody else unless you get a voice print check. All hell's broke loose in town. Nobody knows what's going on. Now look, you just can't push us around this way. We've got to get a nuclear weapon in the air above that town. I take me no push. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 187 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the metaphorical microphone master, and still the toxic offender, Moods. Yeah. And of course, I have my two 90s Nickelodeon nuggets by my side tonight. Double Troll J, a.k.a. JP, and Ellen Degenerate. The Crying Freeman, the Jew himself, a.k.a. Everything Tastes Better 45 Minutes Outside of Chicago. Jeremy. And also back in the house, the fan favorite, the grumpiest old man in 22 Shots history, the wicked world warden, Mr. Parker, a.k.a. Dave. And we would like to welcome back to the show, for the first time, the man who is known as Rob from Georgia. But is he actually from Georgia? The real Buffalo Bill, a.k.a. VHS 82 apostrophe, Rob from Georgia. What's going on, guys? I think it's Uh, Rob from Buffalo. Yeah, I, when you said, I thought you were from Georgia, right? Well, Why'd they I've, say Rob from Buffalo? I've lived in Georgia for uh, 12, 13 years or so now. Are you originally from Upper New York State? Yeah, I was born in a little town just north of Niagara Falls. Nice, nice. So you're pretty much Canadian. Pretty much. <laughs> It's so close. We all know Dave loves those Canadians. I gotta make a public apology first, okay? It'll be real quick. Yep, dude, I already, I already accepted your apology. I'm not apologizing. I'd rather die. But uh, (laughs) okay, I just want to let I want to let the 22 shots listeners know I don't hate Canada. I love (laughs) Tim Hortons. I love hockey. I love Justin Trudeau. And you like Justin Bieber? Ice. I love ice, and I, I I love Canada. Okay, Eskimos. I love ice, JP. I said I, enough. I can take. I can take this. I can take this apology. That one's real. I could take. <laughs> that I, one's real. Jesus, I could take this apology and accept this apology, but unfortunately, Tim Hortons is owned by American now. So, fuck Tim Hortons. Oh. It's not Canadian anymore. I thought oh, Tim Hortons like sucks. It's everywhere. Tim Hortons in the States apparently is a lot different than it is here. I've heard that yeah, from everybody. Sucks. So it's terrible. Yeah. I thought it was shitty. Yeah, well, they fucked it up. 
<laughs> so that's like, the one time I went in there, they had fucking buffalo wing coffee. And I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, see, that's an American thing. That's, that's never been here. <laughs> What's buffalo wing coffee? I'm sorry. Exactly yeah, what do you think that? it is. Yeah. What the? No, that doesn't make sense. Like that's wings. disgusting. I'll fucking send it to you. I'm Who pissed. wants spicy <laughs> coffee? I'm not lying. Sack of potatoes. Who wants spicy lying. coffee? That's disgusting. That's, that's awful. Silly. That sounds like the worst shit ever. I mean, I will. I'll even say, though, man, <laughs> Tim Hortons. sounds like the worst shit after you drink it. Really? <clears throat> October 2017. Tim Hortons' newest coffee drink tastes like buffalo wings. Ugh. Wow, that's so, that's so right American to do that. Buffalo wing coffee? Who would even think of that and put that out there as like an That idea? was an accident, and then they just tried to sell it. Bonappetit.com. <laughs> Tim Hortons now serves a buffalo sauce-flavored latte. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Man? That's so is- weird. <laughs> that is so bizarre. Yes. As in buffalo sauce, typically used with buffalo wing, is taking game day to a whole new level by adding spicy flavorings to your typical caffeine fix. And no, that's not pumpkin spice sprinkled on top of the whipped cream. It's more buffalo seasoning. The Canadian coffee chain announced the news via a press conference on Thursday, saying that the savory drink will appropriately be available only in Buffalo, New York, for two seventy nine. Oh, there you go. They deserve to live. There you they go. had a press conference to announce drink, they put buffalo sauce. Did coffee. they actually call it the Canadian? coffee it's not i mean 2017 that was still that was owned by americans so the drink the drink is made with freshly brewed espresso steamed milk mocha and bold buffalo sauce flavor don't try to pawn off your disgusting creation on america as all canada (laughs) there's not a chance i mean really everything everything at canadian tim hortons is literally maple flavored i'm not even joking you can get maple flavored fucking napkins it's amazing don't believe you know like you go to wipe your face after eating your maple cream donut you wipe your face with your maple uh, napkin and it's like oh you just want to eat that too it's delicious buffalo gate yeah it's good stuff man it's good stuff rob welcome to the show man thank you you're finally on the one I, I think you at one time you were like a big big super fan of the show oh i'm still a super fan i'm just a quieter version of that super fan we, we missed the we, honestly we were ta- we talk about this i don't know on the show not very often but we do miss the voicemails from from people from back in the day that's one thing i really miss about the well, show. Why don't you? Why don't you reintegrate that back into the show? Well, we uh, still have sends them. We we still have <laughs> the line open. The I think it's that it, it's because we don't. Yeah, but no one listens to the outro, Jeremy. Seven two four. We established six, six, that. Six, five. We established that. Like I you think hundred episodes. Three numbers ago. in there somewhere. Um, Seven two four. Yeah, The voicemails are always fun, and we used to get. Yeah, you you could create a new little tiny segment, Rob from Georgia. That would be okay. Yep. That would be you actually have somebody that doesn't sound like an asshole on this show, so you <laughs> probably should do that. <laughs> fucking Canadian hater just fucking sparks up again. Dude, nice. I miss those voicemails. I yeah. miss them terribly. There, there was so always fun. good ones too, because like the way we used to do it is that you know people would either just leave comments or questions up, but we'd answer them right on the spot, and sometimes it was just like a total mess because you're like, I don't know. I, I kind of miss those days too, man. It was fun. It was fun to do. Do you remember? Uh, you remember the one I dropped on the Green Inferno? I do. Yes, I do. You yeah. guys talked about that. that You're a liar, Moods. Fucking what did he say, Moods, if you remember? Well, I don't remember specifics, but I remember talking exactly. about the Green Inferno. Was it about, was it hold up, let me try. Was it about Jeremy, the, do you ever remember things and not studio? remember specifics? I'm sure you fucking do, so shut up. Was was it about the studio see, and I'm the one that cuts everybody off. So was it about the studio that uh um like the studio you cut issue? Me with off the there, motherfucker. Nah. I was fucking ripping into Jeremy and you cut me off. Yeah, and, no I, and I'm the bad guy. They call me the villain. <laughs> um, yeah, the Green Inferno, man. That's was it. That Rob or no? I, I remember talking about the uh, 
how clean and pristine it looked, and it just, you know, when you compared it to uh, earlier films in that genre. But I had mentioned, I had mentioned how freaking awesome would it have been, and Moods agreed with me, at least on the voicemail, that, uh, you know, that the last survivor there would have been running out of the jungle and would have, you know, ran into the river and got eaten live by a bunch of piranhas, and that's how that movie could have ended. It would have been freaking great. Much better than how it ended. Exactly. Let me ask you this, Rob, from one of my own questions. So, uh, because Moods brought up an interesting point about how you you were, and you still say are a super fan, but, which is cool, by the way, because you're now into podcasting, and we'll get into that later, and and your, your commentaries and stuff like that. It's cool to see that people get inspired uh, and eventually do their own thing. So many people have done that that, that have listened to us, and it, well, it's always awesome. Knows He's how leaning they want to towards sound like me, so you know. He, JP to is take totally for something else. JP's leaning towards the fact that we've influenced the whole entire podcast community. Right. And, and next thing he's going to say, he's going to he's going to remind everybody at home and all you know everyone listening Shutter. that how we got Joe Bob on the air again. Yep. I did, yeah. but my question <laughs> for you is: so you've been listening for how long? Oh boy, I would say without being able to pinpoint it, it had to have been several shows. Well, it's very several shows before fifty. Um, I'm just going to take a guess in the, in the 30s, high 30s, maybe early 40s. Ooh, okay, okay. Because I remember, I remember the build up to episode 50 and how big that was. In fact, I'm pretty sure it was episode 50 that you guys put a voicemail of mine at the beginning point. Episode yeah, 50 was definitely the hardest episode we ever did. Uh, prep wise I no, think no, no, episode 100. episode 100 was f- almost yeah, 4 months of prep and I actually yeah, loathed the end product of that because I was so burnt out on doing the prep for that show my I couldn't even think on that show dude it was I was so burnt out like it's an episode I can't even like think about anymore yeah. a lot of people like it and it does really well and stuff but they just don't it understand how much it mentally exhausted <laughs> us but I thought I thought episode 50 was you know a lot easier to prep for because so, I mean, uh, I already basically had an idea of what my top ten, twenty. It's just ordering them and then just put adding in some films. It wasn't really that hard for me. I just I think about it a lot more, I guess. So um, the, the other part of that question was: so if you started listening way back then, then you know you've seen basically most eras of it. I mean, you missed out on some of the. Yeah, no, you hit the JF one era, um, but you know you've seen you know the kyle era, the Derek era the uh me and moods era the jeremy returns era um the patreon era and the all, guest era right now stuff. so and we were just talking about how the yeah the guest era now <laughs> we were just talking about how we missed doing the voicemails um is there anything that and you could be critical here. We're not going to take offense. Is there anything that you think that we should uh, go back to or do or horror one hundred one point seven that you miss or that you what uh, wouldn't something that we do now that you don't like? Is there anything any feedback that you want to give? Uh, I mean, I do miss the voicemail. I mean, that's how. I mean, that's how I kind of started really to break into this whole thing I mean after you introduced me to the, uh, the Facebook page you know going way you know not like way 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 back but there was that point where I think I was bugging you JP way too much with asking you questions all the time I'd message you questions and then one day you just said hey you know we have a Facebook page why don't you uh, 
Get out really? Of I don't remember. Yeah. It's, it's, it's oh, JP was being a dick? Do that doesn't surprise me. No, dude, there's no way I was being a dick. Are you sure you didn't email Dave? You weren't being like that. You were just like, hey, you know, you, you know, you, there is a Facebook page. And, you know, you probably, whenever you have a question about something, you're going to see an answer to it probably pretty quick. So, um, but, you know, you know, as I got into the uh, listening to the podcast and stuff, and of course, do you guys even know how I even was made aware of you guys? I assume it's a channel. Well, one, one night, way back, one night, late at night, I don't even remember what I was looking for, but I was surfing on YouTube looking for something. And what came up among the things that were coming up was his shelf by shelf. And so I just, I don't even know where it was, but I just started one. And I just could not believe it was the first time I really, I think it was the first time I saw anyone that had so many freaking movies. And I just was spellbound. I watched through the whole thing, went into the next one, went into the next one. And then that's kind of like how I got hooked up, you know, into it. And I realized, holy crap, I got to get back in this game. I got to start collecting some movies. And that's when I started learning about being region free and all that wonderful stuff. So it was stumbling into one of Moods' shelf by shelf. And that's probably why I think, because I don't do a whole lot on my channel, but I, what I do like to do from time to time is shelf by shelf because I know how instrumental that can be to someone who stumbles in it and they see movies that perhaps maybe they thought i didn't know there was a release for that and so suddenly now they know and boom you know they're yeah i'm pretty sure that my whole entire life has been uh it revolved around moods shelf by shelf series i wouldn't be surprised if my mother and father met by watch (laughs) watching a mood shelf by shelf where's shelf 42 Fuck, I'm so yeah, I've been working on that show on the anchor base. Those are my favorite comments. I still get fucking for three comments from years, that one, from that like, one Albert guy, and he's like, "Where's Shelf 24?" It's like, dude, I haven't made a fucking video in three years. Why are you still asking me where the hell? <laughs> that's the, the worst. Is <laughs> you get old questions that you don't remember. It's like, why did this happen? What's this song? You're like, dude, I made this video ten years ago. I don't, I don't even remember what <laughs> I, I feel ate. Literally, literally, <laughs> yeah, literally, I made this ten years oh, ago. Dude, I don't even know what this movie is. All the time, I get comments all the time, like, "Why this bad?" And I'm like. Dude, I don't remember what I said in that video. Come on, man. You got to give me a break. Look at the published date, dude. That was from 2013. Look at the camera quality. Right? That was in full screen. That was in full screen, like 420 or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God. True full screen? It was. I was sexy looking. Hell, look at me. Yeah, and I do feel bad because I do get people asking me about the shelves and stuff, and because I did like all the standard shitty stuff first, and then took so long to get into some better stuff, and then I still haven't even got to like Arrow and Screen Factor and like all the bigger companies. It's been like three years. (laughs) I'm such a dick, but I mean, I'm slowly getting there. I think the next one's gonna be on Earth Films. So, yeah. What's up, buddy? Hey, Boots, I don't know if you remember or not, but there was a uh, there was a top ten you were doing back when you were doing those top tens. Yep. And uh, and I can't remember which one it was, but uh, somebody had commented on that video, telling you that there was a German release of Extra that was just like a five disc release of that film, and so. Seeing that comment, I quickly jumped on that thing and yep. actually got myself. And I think I told you, you know, about that when I picked it up and what a beautiful edition that was. Yeah, yeah. I actually, for some odd reason, never ordered that. I don't know. I was just wait, kind of waiting for more of the standard one, I guess. I'm not like there's the a key- second sight one too now, isn't there? Yeah, I, th- yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I still never picked it up, but I should actually grab that, man, because I, I enjoy the first section for how strange and odd it is. But I, I but bet like, Arrow does that eventually. Feels like an Arrow title. Yeah, I mean, it eventually needs a Region 1 release, right? 
So yeah, maybe they'll give it the region one arrow, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had tons of comments over the years and stuff. And like, I mean, that used to be a thing that me and JP used to ask people too. Like, how did you find the show? I mean, I guess it's still on the Facebook page too. And a lot of people will say from my channel and stuff. And, and it's usually from people looking up other things and they'll click onto the channel and be, Oh, there's a podcast on here and click on that kind of thing. So kind of segues itself over from shelf by shelf or top 10 because you're a celebrity that's why well it's a top 10 tuesdays too because i think those things got just the way the algorithm worked and stuff they were they were always on sidebars and and, and they're usually quicker videos and people are always interested in lists but i think that's just how it works you know it's cool i mean whatever i would like to do more top 10 tuesdays and shit but after 110 well, i told of them, you it's like I, I need more ideas that are like decent. I just don't want to start doing top ten lists for like every random little fucking thing. Top ten, <laughs> well, I told you, top, top 10 blue phones and horror movies. I right? Told you, 10 somebody, pizza movies. I told you somebody in film school came up to me and is like, "Are you friends with Mood Six One Six? I think I saw you in one of his videos. That video that we did when you came and we the oh, yeah. update that we did. I was like, motherfucker. Even Moods is fucking famous everywhere. That people are coming up to me and recognizing <laughs> these fucking Moods I, videos. I, like, I told you, Carly found Moods' channel when we started working together, and then she saw me in the sidebar before we even like were friends. <laughs> sidekick, even back then, man. I think sidekick on the internet. I've had moments like that before, where, um, like me and Dylan were at at HorrorCon and. And uh, we were kind of joking about it. He's like, oh, everyone's going to know you there. I'm like, no, no one's going to fucking know me at HorrorCon, whatever. So we get there. We're not even there five minutes. And people are like, hey, Moods, what's up? I'm a big fan of your channel. And he's, he looks at me and he goes, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's fucking crazy, man. Moods is easy to spot, too. What's that like, Everybody dude? looks like Moods at a HorrorCon. Even I, at Wasteland, fucking the first five minutes we showed up, fucking yeah. beyond the rounds is like, Moods. Now it's going to be different. Like, if if I make it to Wasteland and these other things, like, I mean, I've lost over 80 pounds. Like, I look completely different. I don't no, have the big you look, beard. Yeah, you dress the same. You are so you, you just look distinguished. Like you, you don't can look just like horror fans. I all horror fans are like 100 pounds or 500 pounds, and they're all in black t-shirts. There's <laughs> yeah. only two types of horror Well, I mean, I definitely, yeah, I I definitely have the black t-shirts. I think that Dave myself and pretty much all of us don't really look like the traditional horror fan like i don't you know i I just wear what's comfortable i mean i wear the horror shirts i mean you always catch me wearing a music shirt and a horror shirt and i've I've been like that since i was like 10 years old like i literally have not changed my style like you know i wear bigger jeans and t-shirts and you know skate shoes i've been dressing like that since i was 10 it's it's ridiculous and people are always like man you haven't changed at all <laughs> you know that's uh, known me my uh, entire where, life so it just works and back in boots how it was sorry sorry and backward hats. yeah 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 moves. so what it was is that like is that like weird you out at all you just got used to it um you know at first it was kind of embarrassing like i i for some odd reason i'm, I'm that person that like i don't sometimes want people to recognize me. it's weird and then, like, I don't know how to deal with it properly, but, you know, I, you know, I have those interactions, I talk to people and shit, but then, you know, I would go to HorrorCon, you know, year after year and stuff, and then people would come up to me and more, different people, and I just kind of got used to it, but um, it's really cool, man, but I think one of the one of the craziest moments, the first time I ever re- met Ryan Nicholson, when I became, like, really good friends with him, he came up to me, and he's like, dude, I'm a big fan of your channel, and that's pretty much my introduction to him meeting him yeah and robert england actually or joe bob actually came up to me and was like shut up. Fanny dude shut, <laughs> shut the, the fuck, fuck up off. you're fucking retarded Thanks and he goes gonna be back on the air jp i'm a real big yeah fan. darcy gave me a big hug it was it was it was uh you know it was a little embarrassing but you know you get used yeah. to it 
doubt it. So Ryan told me he's like, I he's like, man, he's like, you got a collection just like mine. And I was like, that's awesome. So we started talking and stuff. And then it was just before we were going into the um, into the floor and stuff. And that's when I got the picture with the bowling bag on my head and stuff. And cursed insert JP's comment right now. Greatest slasher ever. <laughs> Horrible the, fucking mask. The worst mask ever. <laughs> he always says the worst mask. But man, that was that was a really good weekend. And um, yeah, actually, that was the weekend that we got to see Gutterballs two for the first like, the original cut of it. He only did two showings of that. One at Texas Fright Mirror, and then he came up to Calgary and did another one. So I'm like was one of shitty? the few elite. It was actually pretty fun. It wasn't as good as the first one, but I talked to Ryan after for a couple hours, and he's like, you know, he. He said after Texas Frightmare, you know, he could tell people weren't like, you know, overwhelmed with it and stuff. And he's like, I, I he decided right then that he wanted to do reshoots. And um, yeah, I mean, I know he did a lot of reshoots and shit like that. So I don't think he ever had the money he had that he had on gutter balls. I feel like his movies got cheaper and cheaper as he went on, which is unfortunate because they did suffer from the budget constraints. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you said that you wanted to make more top 10 videos. Um, I would love to I do actually, them, but I just, I, I would actually like to do like top tens on here, but not the years. Like what if we did like a, I thought we, I know we talked about this years ago, but like if we put a thing on where, you know, you pick like werewolves or slashers or nineties or well, so, or not nineties, but it's funny know. that you bring that up because that's kind of where I went with, you know, when I started doing these, when we had a theme show, you know, and I would break out one of those knowledge segments where I would look on a website and just kind of reference a website and what their top ten, like the the rape revenge, which turns yeah. because it turned into <laughs> a good a conversation. Wait, did you just take credit for something that I did? Yeah, you never take credit for stuff you don't do, JP. That's ridiculous. Who <laughs> would do something like that? He's like, I would just pull up these top, and I was like, yeah, but I didn't. I do that first. <laughs> But no, no, I think Moods did it, right, James, Jeremy? But I actually Moods was doing this. Sure. But all these I'm knowledge segments. Sure that I did that so first. when we did the when we did the I spin in your grave thing, I had the knowledge for the top ten. And that, but I, the reason for that was to turn into a conversation. And I'm glad that, that list sucked because it turned into quite the conversation. Remember, remember what the number one was? Fucking kill Bill. I call, <laughs> we called that whole list making fun of it. Dude, we're all right, right? It we was just that list. It's, we did a top 40 rape revenge movies on that show. We did. It was ridiculous. But I mean, that's where I was kind of leaning with it. I mean, I've thought about this before too, but you always said you didn't really, I mean, I think there was a time too, when you were doing top fives and top tens and stuff and like, well, if we do them on here, like what's the point of doing the videos kind of thing and stuff, right, but yeah. we could always start, but I don't do those anymore. We're far, well, we're so far removed. Like I we said, don't do I, any videos anymore. I did 110. No, episodes I started of, pre-recording my, or I started finishing up my 20, uh, 19, uh, 31 days of horror. That's oh ridiculous. God. It's stupid. <laughs> So I think we're so far removed from those top tens that we could probably insert them to the show. I mean, leave your comments and thoughts below listeners and stuff. If you guys want to hear some, you know, maybe more specific to the theme of the show. I mean, if this would have been a show that we could have done top 10 kind of infection films. Like that being an episode, like our top 10, like how we do the 10 end of the year. Oh, so you got to watch like 50 little creature movies to get your top 10. Oh, I see what you're talking about. I mean, you don't have to watch any if you don't want to. Got to go big with the prep, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, no, you could do one year, uh, a year, and then do one genre, like your top ten werewolf, top ten down. Yeah, that's a cool idea. I mean, that, top that 10 actually killer movies. That is fun. That would actually be an idea right there. I mean, that's probably better than what I was. That's thinking a great about, so. idea you had, Moots. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> fucking patronizing motherfucker. No, I'm serious. That is a great idea you had. I'm just trying to piss JP off. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think but, that, that uh, would actually be fun. I mean, give us more, 
Because, I, I mean, the show mostly revolves around Patreon, to be honest. I mean, we get a lot of franchise shows. We get a lot. Of, we get a lot of OG verse remakes, which we're doing tonight. We get a lot of um, kind of director spotlights and stuff like that. We don't do a lot of regular shows anymore, you know. Um, and well, and no. of course, our top ten year shows that we do too. It seems like we have like a five or six kind of themed out rotation going on in the show. But that would be cool to insert, though. I would love to do a top ten. Well, zombies is kind of like. It's oh. pretty anticlimactic, really. I mean, everybody knows that our lists are. Yeah. <laughs> essentially... You got like the three Romero's return, Let's Live Corpses Live, Zombie. It's all the Dead Alive, the same shit. It is. It, Dawn it, of the it... Dead remake. I didn't oh. make my top 10. I didn't make my top 30. What's wrong with you? Yeah, everybody was like on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> the remake? <laughs> I mean, it's a fine movie, but it ain't top 20. I, I'm, zombies are my favorite. That's, I've been watching zombie movies religiously since I've been like nine years old. I love I this. I love this because Jeremy hates zombie films, and I, I've nicknamed Dave the new Jeremy because he's so fucking grumpy and bitchy all the time, and he what? loves zombies. And I love this. I'm I love this contrast. I love this contrast. Ray of sunshine. Yeah, I, I am love, a ray of sunshine. This contrast is amazing. <laughs> I love Canada. I love people. I'm always polite. I'm calm. I'm go to bed at 8 p.m. every night. You know. Yes, I get my beauty sleep, and I, I still look 107. I never thought of the bedtime thing. Yeah, you guys go to bed so early. Do we do? You go to bed early too, Jeremy? 10.30. Oh, I'm we a, just become best friends? And me and JP are very similar because we're we're always up, up all super night. late. Up and all night, every my night. Now, my, my instinct now was like, are you going to ask Rob them questions? <laughs> I went to bed <laughs> at, I was gonna I went segue. at 7 a.m. this morning. I was going to segue myself into the five questions actually right there. <laughs> That's kind of funny you bring it up. So. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into the five questions with um, a longtime fan of the show, Rob. Again, happy to have you here. It's awesome to hear your voice on the show. Um, so I possibly do know some of the answers to these questions, but for the viewers, they probably don't know. Um, and you know, like I said before, with all these five questions, I don't like to get crazy with these. These are pretty basic stuff. A lot of them are similar. You probably heard these questions before, but again, people like to know these things, so. Um, five questions with Rob from Georgia. Question one: When did you get into horror films and uh, and the culture and stuff? I think I was probably first exposed. Uh, my parents took me to see Jaws when I was five, and so that probably embedded in a, a big seed. But I mean, I, I probably would say uh, you know when I was probably nine, nine, ten years old, and I started being uh, aware of things. Um, you know, on HBO, late at night stuff. I, I would know of things, hear of things. And so probably early, 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 because I remember my parents taking me to uh, see a double feature of The Fog and The Legacy at the drive-in. And nice. I think I couldn't have been more than 12 or something. So my parents were really, I, they didn't care. I mean, they were really free. I mean, if, you know. Let me ask you something. Stuff, so. If you're if you're five years old and your parents take you to see Jaws, is that some sort of abuse? It's uh, PG. Yeah. Because that's kind of scary. Like, that's like scaring the shit out of your kids. I saw Freddy vs. Jason when I was nine. Well, let me let me tell you. I, I, apparently, my mom, the way my mind is... But Jaws, so, like, literally frightened an entire generation. I mean, people wouldn't even go in the ocean. It wouldn't go into freshwater, for Christ's sake. They were scared of sharks. That's, that's a frightening experience for a five-year-old, man. Ooh. Apparently, every time the TV spot came on and I would see it, I would start clamoring how I wanted to go see it, and my mom was like, no, there's no way we're taking you, and then I would start throwing tantrums to the point where one Saturday afternoon, my mom and dad finally said, fine, we're taking you, and I have a stepbrother, so, you know, we're taking you guys, and of course, my stepbrother, or I screamed, 
the whole time in the movie. And my mom the whole time was swearing at me under her breath, you ain't moving, we're going to keep you right here, you're watching this freaking movie to the end. And my stepbrother was all calm as day. But later on that night... It well, how reversed. old was your stepbrother? Same age. Oh, okay. Later later on that night, though, the roles were reversed. I just wanted to turn the light off and go to sleep, and my stepbrother could not go to sleep without the light being on all night. It was funny, but nice. I've had a deep, deep-seated fear of the ocean and swimming in the ocean ever since like well, that's just, a therapist discussion right there you know i've heard that from a lot of people that saw that movie at such a young age like i, I remember seeing jaws i i wasn't five when i seen jaws but man i i can't even imagine that too like oh just the campaigns everything like that that's mm. definitely something that would stick in your mind for sure and even to this day because how old are you right you're about 50 i'm 50 i just turned 50 yeah so f- 45 years ago and it's still so, in its back of your mind like that's how effective oh, yeah. that shit was man like as a five-year-old and you know jaws is one of those movies too that like it's not a quick watch it's like over two hours so it's like it's prolonging the scareness to the point where it it, it literally like affected you for 45 years that's crazy i could be i could go to the ocean today i could go in and i could force myself to dive into a wave but man my eyes will be wide (laughs) open three seconds into that water and i'll be minorly freaked out that's like I was telling Dave earlier this week that we were talking about Hellraiser because I rewatched Hellraiser. I'm like, man, I, I love that movie. And, and Dave said he saw it when he was like seven or eight or something. Watch your reviews around there. Pretty young. Yeah, oh, right. And then, JP's I, first ever video. Hellraiser. Don't, I watched don't Hellraiser watch. too. First reviews are the worst reviews. Oh, it's awesome. Hellraiser Meyer. was one of those movies when you, if you saw as a kid, guaranteed 99% of kids never understood what the fuck was going on. No, that's what I, I told Dave. That. That's, and but it's funny because I watched it when I was like five, so around the same time as Dave watched or uh, Rob watched Jaws, and I didn't understand anything. I knew that there it was like I just remember there were a lot of bad parts. That's did you guys call nudity bad parts? Because that's what we called it. We were like the all bad parts coming up. I called it tits. <laughs> oh, my. My grandma called him. You didn't call it tits. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, not, my grandma did. called him token token boobs. JP, I seem to remember bad parts. Yeah, it was bad parts. In my <laughs> or family, not? But yeah, I at the end like of the movie, my grandma would stuff. go. Where's I grew up the in a filthy boobs? mouth family, so like that was just Dude, kind of you, normal. Bro, I, my, like my my family only swears. Like that's every sentence has a swear word in it, but it still was called bad parts. Um, and yeah, ever ever since then, man, I've been terrified of Rubik's cubes. Are you serious? You're full of shit. I'm that's terrified just... of Rubik's cubes because those motherfuckers are impossible to solve. Okay, but are you really scared of a Rubik's cube? No, I was just caught piggybacking <laughs> off of Rob's thing with the water. That was a long fucking setup for that. <laughs> right? It was actually kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> it was like 45 minute story for that. <laughs> uh, no, really, the first first movie I remember watching, uh, the first two movies I ever remember watching, I was probably like two or three. Was Full Metal Jacket and Friday Thirteenth Part Seven? It's so weird, so weird. Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> like that movie, you shouldn't be watching as a young kid. That's just not good. Why though? It's, I'm totally fine. That's what people say. That it's a people lot of yelling say, like, and then a lot of war and stuff. It's just like not for kids. I know, but it's not not for kids. It's it doesn't affect it. Like I, people always say, like you shouldn't show your kids this. You shouldn't show your kids that. All of us watched horror movies at young ages, and now, we're all I want to ask you, Moots. What's Everybody most, watched messed up stuff. What's the most messed up movie you've showed your kids so far? Um, I've shown them Dude. pretty much, you know, things that would be logical to show a kid. Um, a lot of, you know, 
PG type films. I, I think the one that actually did scare the shit out of him though was Poltergeist. That one actually kind of affected Hell him a little yeah. bit. That um, one scared the shit out of me too, girl. Yeah, Poltergeist he, is scarier than a Friday the thirteenth. I haven't really showed him anything crazy. Like he's yeah, watched The Lost so Boys. I watched Fright Night with him and forgot there was tits in that movie. I was like, shit. You so show Ghoulies too? I made the mistake of that. No, not Ghoulies. Um you gotta show Ghoulies too. Trust he me. loves That's the whole. He loves the movie The Whole. Like he yeah. showed the gate? Yep, I've seen. Yeah, I've shown the gate one and two. He's actually watched quite a bit, man, with me. Um, if you're gonna show, but, like, if once you start introducing him into slashers, if you do the Friday the Thirteenth TV edits, they're completely fine. That's that's how yeah, a lot of like, that's true. kids get it, got into it was because th- there's no nudity and the kills are very minor. Mm-hmm. They usually cut away. Yeah, but, but why ruin them? The kid don't they know weren't ruined when I was a kid. Like I, I saw a lot of the Friday Thirteenth for the first time on TV, and I still love, it. Still ended up being my favorite. Okay, so Rob, getting back to it, like, when did you fully get like embraced in the culture and stuff, and just become that fan? Like, not just when you've watched the first films and stuff. Like, when was that moment where you're like, "Hey, this," I I don't want to say dedicate my life to this or whatever, but just you became like a full-fledged fan and it was something that was always on your mind and you always had to seek out the new films and stuff or read the new Fangoria's or whatever it was, yeah, Gore Zones. Yeah, okay. So when I'm, a, when I'm about, <laughs> I would say probably 14 to, you know, my late teens, you know, you know, since I was born in 70, as soon as 80 hit, you know, I was 10. But, you know, growing into the 80s, you know, Fangoria started coming out and by the time, I don't know, I mean, 15, whatever, I had a, I had a copy, the latest copy of Fango in my hand. And, of course, the video stores started popping up. So mm-hmm. I would say probably, you know, somewhere mid-teen, late-teens, I, I used to go to this one video store called Movie World. And they had this castle, like, in the back, uh, made up to be a castle in the back of the store. You walked up these little steps, and there was cobwebs and everything everywhere. And it was just, like, shelf after shelf after shelf of all these video cassettes. And that's where I got introduced to Italian horror. And I can't remember the first one I took home, but it was probably Suspiro. It was maybe... Creepers, of course, we, that's how we saw it, right? Creepers yeah, for sure. Yeah, early on. Um, but you know, I would start because I didn't know what it was. Uh, I might have read something small in Fangoria, and I started bringing these stuff stuff home. And so, probably right there at the height, because that particular store had uh, they sold movie posters too, and they were only, I mean, they were legitimate the theatrical posters, and they were only like three three dollars and fifty cents a piece. And so I was buying those things up all the time, covered my walls, and I mean, my room, you know, it was a horror room. Do you ever think back on, you know, having all those posters, and if you want to mention some of the ones you had, you can too, but do you ever think back on the posters that you had that were just tacked up and then eventually probably just got turfed and shit? Like, I literally have memories of posters that I had that I wish I had to this day because they were original one sheets and shit, and I'm just like, oh my money, God. Money, money, money. So yeah. amazing to have. Like, I honestly, the one that really kind of pisses me off i still don't have is the split second the Roger Hauer film yeah i used to have one of those original run sheets in my room and i love the poster at that dark blue with the the alien creature behind him and Roger on the on the in the front there and it's just such an amazing poster but man that thing got turfed i think i moved out of the house when i was like 18 19 down in vancouver and my parents like fucking turfed everything like my turfed? room used to be what is turf is that a canadian thing like phoning in that's ter- that's a Canadian thing. Uh, like a flat of beer. Garbage. They threw it in the garbage. Um, Trashed it. Actually, phoning is not. And I was I still have like hundreds <laughs> of clicks clips from fucking Americans saying that shit. Anyways, but anyways, they my whole room used to be like one big collage of posters. Yeah. And I swear, the week after I moved out, they tore out everything and 
fucking threw that shit in the in the garbage, and that was it. And I was like, oh man, and got rid of like my rolls of posters and shit too, because I mean I wasn't gonna take it because I was going to school and shit like that, right? But oh, it hurts my. Well, that was even pretty much me it. when I went off. Uh, when, yeah, that was pretty much me when I went off into the army. Um, you know, everything came down. But I, I'll tell you, if there's one, there, there was a couple I remembered. That you bring it up. One in particular that oh, I just kicked myself. I used to have, and now I would give anything to have it back. And that was uh, an original um, stage fright from '87. Oh um, shit, that's awesome. Oh, it, that was the most beautiful poster I had on, my, and it was tacked. I mean, I know any better. I was a kid, mm-hmm. but uh, I also had a, uh, a, a, a like an eight foot uh, Jason Takes Manhattan poster that was freaking awesome. That would have been worth a lot now, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no and, uh, two posters I remember really liking, the, the just the uh, art of it was, uh, uh, and I remember the summers. I remember the advertisements and how they built it up for it, but like Phantasm 2, you know, and that tag, you know, the summer the ball is back. They fucked up the CUDA, uh, Joe Bob Briggs. The, uh, this, this is uh, not so much for the movie in of itself, although I, I remember there was a lot of hype in this movie when it was first coming out that summer. Or maybe it was the fall when it came out, but Halloween four. I love that poster. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something about the mask and everything. Although you know, obviously the mask is near as <laughs> good in the movie. But uh, I had a handful. But you know, I was also that kid as I was like covering up my room. A lot of it was like the old Scream Greats posters that you would take out of your fango. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and pin, yeah. Yeah, and pin, and pin them up. So I had a ton of those up. And but probably that stage right, man, was. Uh, yeah, and I, I do. I do look occasionally, and every once in a while, I'll see I'll see one on eBay, but I just never pulled. I never. How pulled. much are they? Uh, I've seen them. I've seen them as cheap from time to time. You know, in the twenties, um, folded up. You know, they come to you probably folded up or whatever. But yeah, uh, go for it. God, you know. But yeah, it was uh, that was an amazing uh, that was an amazing time as a kid. You know, just having video stores like Movie World and just you know bringing you know three four video cassettes home for the weekend and. Hell I mean, yeah, man! man. Ah, I so... give anything to have a weekend like that. Just we were just talking years. about oh, that, weren't we? We were. Those are my happiest moments in life, and that's pathetic. And you know what made that video story even really <laughs> good? Can bring it down. <laughs> they uh, they made popcorn. It was free, and so you yeah. walked into this place. It was like two smells. I remember. I remember the popcorn smell, and I remember the smell of the video, of the hard white yeah. video cases. Well, I still yep. remember the guy's name in the fucking my video store. His name was Jack. He was this old fucking guy. Took you in the back room. Was he in a box? Jerked me off. It's like, man, that's why I remember. I remember having a mom and pop store that made popcorn too. It was like amazing. I always remember going in there playing fucking Double Dragon on the big standy game. Yep. And they had uh, King of Fighters in ours. And they were the best because they were like this older couple, but they didn't care. They would always rent me. I was like nine, ten years old or whatever, eight, nine, ten, going in there, and they would rent me anything. It didn't matter. It was amazing. So I'd do the five, five for five or whatever the hell it was and watch all the yep. movies in like two days, bring them back get another five. And they were awesome because they didn't care about the rated R movies and got yeah, free we popcorn. Used to, we used to oh. go and um, rent like this was after DVD came out, but we would uh, they all the VHS that they still had were like 29 cents each <laughs> and there was no limit. So we would literally go get like literally probably 20 25 movies for a weekend and just just go to town and and we would go we would t- we'd take 20 dollars for movies and like 20 for like snacks and food and stuff like that and we would just like get everything and we would just 
set up for a whole weekend. Dude, we Friday should make Sunday. a party, dude. We should do a party where we all meet in one designated house that has like the best setup and just oh, we watch were trying. A bunch of movies. We were gonna do that in New Orleans like five years ago. Yeah, but no, that would be fun to to take a whole weekend and just do a weekend marathon. Yeah, at, so, at someone's house. Everybody picks amazing. one movie. Yeah, Got October. We can live stream. Y'all can come to my house. No, Fuck we that. all got to get take, passports, bro. It'll take like ten hours to get there for all of us. Fuck that. Yeah, dude, I've well, been over there. Meet, I've been over there many times. Like <laughs> where this is close to me? <laughs> Somewhere around me and JP's. And yeah. me, we're all fucking close. Yeah, we're all vicinity. You guys are such pussies. You guys need to explore, man. You guys need to explore a little bit more, dude. All the way to freaking. British Columbia. British Columbia. One of the most I'm beautiful places. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't like a do war it. Criminal in Canada. But it would take me a week to get there. Dude, it doesn't. <laughs> a war I've been. It doesn't take that joking. long, man. It doesn't. Flown How long there. did it take you to come to Chicago? It took you all fucking day. You it's called to, traveling. Like, That's normal. It's fucking like, normal. Halfway through. Dude, I'm flying. Flying I time. Flying time. I flew from where I am to Vancouver. Which is like forty-five minutes, Vancouver to I think it Minnesota. was Minnesota, which is only a couple hours, and then Minnesota to Chicago, which was a couple. So I don't know, five five and a half hours of flying or something like that. It was fuck all. But I mean, there's obviously. I agree. You probably have the best setup for it. I agree with that. Oh, he don't got four K, bro. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy's parents got the best of Oh, but I could have one. Actually, speaking of 4K, <laughs> I actually got my four, first 4K today. Rad. So, so I'm sitting there fucking watch, or downstairs. I'm just getting ready to work out. And uh, fucking door. Someone's at my door. I'm like, what the fuck? It was fucking Godzilla. He showed up in my house and he brought me uh, VFW on 4K. And I was like, dude, oh, nice. sweet, man. Because we can't, for some odd reason, it's not available Too on bad Amazon it looks like here. Shit. And you can't fucking get, you can't even find it anywhere here. So my buddy Larry, who owns a shop and stuff, had brought in a couple copies and shit. It's shot on 16 millimeter. I know it's shot on 16 <laughs> right. No, I don't think that's on 16. I think it's scratched up. Bliss is 16. Did no, he not shoot VFW on 16? I don't I know. He shot it on 16. I think he, sure? he did Bliss, but I think oh, he just made it look like that. Uh, it's hard to say. I don't know. The first time I watched it, it's hard to say because I watched Those it. Those Blu-rays on, on don't it. have HDR, though. I know. But either way, but either way, Brawl, Brawl so. and Cell Block 99 looks fucking amazing, and that doesn't have <laughs> HDR, so. Yeah, whatever. Um, either way, I, let, I saw uh, the I'm movie, finding so. out right now. Just give me a second. They don't have That's HDR. 16 or HDR. They don't have HDR, but is it on 16 or not? I don't think it is. Bliss is. I know yeah. Bliss is. Bliss is for sure. I don't think VFW is. I'll I'll eat shit though. I've I've been wrong before. Either way, um, I came to the conclusion they, I will be. It doesn't buying. say what they shot. Uh, VFW Internet Movie Database would say it doesn't. That's what. Either I, I way, I did come to the conclusion that after many conversations recently on the show about uh, not upgrading to 4K because I didn't need to, it turns out I actually have to <laughs> now, and it's not because of that. It's uh, I wasn't thinking about it, you know, because the TV that I had in my in my kid's game room is the one from our motorhome. So I put that out there and I was like, hmm, there's no TV in there to play as PlayStation 4 anymore. So I think what I'll do is I'm going to move my TV that I usually watch movies on upstairs. So you can play on that 55 Samsung. I'll buy myself a new fucking TV for downstairs. There, there you go. go. Get, there get to the game. Right. Yeah. I, so you know it, it kind of worked like itself future out. Future deja vu. I feel like I just have a feeling we might talk about that again. I know, and it worked itself out by chance. And even the wife was like, "Well, I kind of threw around the idea a little bit." And I'm like, "Well, I have my eyes set on this one, so it's gonna, it's, <laughs> I want it. It's gonna happen. You gotta have it." I just I, there was no way I was going to buy a new 4K TV when I didn't have to. 
but now so I'm forced to. what are you to. looking at? So now you just. Uh, I was looking it. at like a 65 Samsung with HDR, and it, it's nice. Smart TV, obviously. It, it's it's fucking expensive because the TVs here are ridiculous. I'm more worried about the like players. A 600 buck TV. Oh, I wish. Um, but anyways, getting back to Rob, um, that's awesome. Um, tell everybody that's listening what your favorite horror film of all time is. Boy, that's tough, boy. I go back and forth so often between one and the other. Um, and I'm, since it was already brought up earlier, I'm just going to, and it's played such an influence on my life, I'm just going to have to anchor myself with Jaws from 75. Okay. That is I actually just picked up the 4K today. I know, yeah, I'm so gonna bad. have to pick that thing up. Just, just at least I can play the blue for now, and then when I eventually do, I was. Uh, it has a booklet say, in it with uh, the yeah. storyboards. Yeah, I was wasn't 100 percent sure what you're gonna say because I know you've said Jaws many, many times, and I know you you kind of go back and forth with the thing, right? Yeah, the, I love that. The John Carpenter's so the thing. You like much. Alien a lot too, right? I do love Alien. Is fact, Jaws? Do you think Jaws is your favorite film of all time because it is that nostalgic thing where it was the film that kind of introduced you to the genre and obviously is completely burnt into your mind and scared the shit out of you for 45 years? It, it, yeah, I mean, that and just watching. I remember the old, the good old days when you would watch things on TV and you just you knew the commercial breaks. I mean, even today I can put that thing on, you know, my DVD or whatever, but I can put it on and I still know where those commercial breaks are. Yeah, they right. completely destroy those today when you see things on TV today. Yeah, yeah. But... Back in the day, man, you had, what, maybe just a handful of commercial breaks, and you knew whether it was Jaws, Halloween, The Wizard of Oz, it would play once a year or maybe once or twice a year, and the whole family would gather in front of the TV. It was such a big event, you know? I miss that. You live for those moments, man. The television event is completely, utterly gone. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I think, like, at all. I think The Last Dance was kind of like a huge. That had that. The Last Dance. ESPN Never documentary about the about oh, the Bulls. Mm-hmm. The documentary. Oh. I thought we were documentaries here. No, but that kind of had that kind of feel. That of course, it's I mean, be it's about a Chicago. different feel though. We're we're talking about like the family hovering around the TV, not necessarily like the internet yeah. talking about something. Because that yeah. still happens. Yeah. Like Netflix. Like it happens with Netflix a lot too. Like something new will drop. Tiger King. That was huge. Everybody yeah, was talking Tiger about King. it. I was even talking about it. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but like you were saying, like when you go back far enough, where you were really limited on your choices of what you could watch, when you could watch. I mean, it's so weird and surreal to think that being you know fifty now, looking back, there was a, there was that point where man, that was such a big moment, big event, and really, if you did want, to, oh, oh, I mean, HBO was I think the first cable channel that really you know you got the hbo book every month and it was a big thing and mm-hmm. my you know my mom used to you know have fun at thanksgiving we'd go up to grandma and grandpa's and she'd always break out the whole you know oh yeah you know rob uh, sucks at school but he can memorize that whole hbo book you know it's playing you know three weeks at two in the morning right yeah and i remember i remember running in i would be like outside riding my bike and like running inside because it was like 8 p.m and and child's play was going to be on tv or something like that like i like i couldn't miss it remember like the feeling of like i don't want to miss this <laughs> like, yeah. like remember, the like, feeling the of not wanting to miss something on tv you miss it it's DVR. over forever yeah. right exactly the you don't and you didn't know when you had it. all the listings and it would you, fucking scroll up oh yeah but, and you would have look to at wait. that for like four hours yeah <laughs> yeah i remember like i remember running inside at like 10 p.m because <clears throat> Pumpkinhead 2 was coming on hbo and i was so Lots excited for it <laughs> Pumpkinhead 2 used to run on HBO so much when Even I was a kid. Even though you could just rent it, probably. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, but at the time, you know, it, it, that's twenty nine cents, bro. Like right now, <laughs> like we have trouble finding like something <laughs> super obscure, right? But like any movie, any like regular movie, like yeah. if any of us want to see it, like we can see it. You know, whether Even we buy the movies, yeah. we rent it, yeah. we. Find it on just have it. Well, that's just the platform. Own. That's the platform. I mean, that works best for indie directors and these low budget quality films and stuff. The internet's their that's their promote. That's the way they can promote their film, right? So it makes yeah, it quite easy it, for it, us. And both worlds are awesome. It was just it's very nostalgic to think back of how important it was to see something when it was coming on, and the oversaturation of of media and and the amount of just options we have has really lost that aspect of it which i miss you know not only uh, yeah. that jp but i was sharing a uh, i was sharing a pic with jeremy the other day uh, that wretched that broke that box office record <clears throat> that five week right. record because mm-hmm. of the drive-in circuit that it's running on and they had uh, one of the uh posters that they put out. i'm telling you it took me literally took me back to when i was a kid and you <laughs> would see posters like that and because i remember as a kid man in the 70s i don't have like really huge memories of you know mid late seventies, I mean I remember seeing Star Wars at the drive-in. That was pretty. That, that was pretty big. Um, but I remember you know moments where you know my parents would be like, okay, you know our movie's coming out now. Go back because we had one of those old Chevy bands, whatever. And we you know we'd have to go back and crash in the in the back. You know where there was a, you know we had a bed in the back of the band. And uh, but I remember waking up, man, or not you know being awake, and I would just you know sneak peeks up over the the seat. And I remember I think we, they were watching It's Alive, and I remember that milk. Milk Love truck scene. Ah, oh, that milk truck scene, man. I just remember is yeah. the screeching of that baby and the milk and the blood coming out of the back end, man. I was like, holy crap! What it's it's rated PG. And that's something. <laughs> but and, yeah. you know, I know there was a lot of you know grindhouse, a lot of just uh, crazy stuff that parents would watch me because sometimes, sometimes I would you know I try to get glimpses and I'd be like, you know spellbound, and there's other times I'd be like, yeah, I don't need to see that. It is a lot of a lot of you, you guys. You know, you guys just did. Uh, I spit on your grave. You, you know, in the seventies, man, at the drive-in. There was a lot of rape going on on the drive-in screen. Right, right. Yeah, my drive-in used to play porn. Like I remember city. my great grandparents telling me about how they used to play play porn at the drive-in. That's crazy. That is yeah. weird. They used to go, my great grandparents. What's better than going to the drive-in and watching porn and fucking porking in your vehicle at the same time? Right. Like, it's my great grandparents literally told me about this. They said they used to go. <laughs> and, and they probably fucked in there. Probably, vehicle. man. <laughs> you know what? That's God, amazing. More power too. It's dirty, but I mean, yeah, watching <laughs> porn on the big screen would be is a little bit strange to me. I don't know about that, but I heard a story about this guy who. Um, he was he worked in a movie theater and I like an IMAX and he uh, was like he started he got started getting strung out on meth and he would be the guy that closed and he would just started bringing his meth to the theater and just hang out all night. And then he figured out that he could attach his laptop uh, and, and play porn on IMAX. So he started yeah. doing that. And, the sound and would then, too. right. Yeah. And then he was eventually like. But the thing that sucks is you throw on a porn and then you go down in the theater and then you don't, your laptop's up there. So he rigged up like these like eight ex- 
extension cords to bring his <laughs> laptop down into the into the room so he could change the scene while he was watching it on IMAX. And then he would just lock up and 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 do that and do his meth and stuff. But then he started bringing prostitutes with him because it got boring, and they would just get high on meth all night and watch porn and like fucking stuff in the theater. And then he, one time he just felt asleep too long, and she, the prostitute went to like leave because it was getting daylight. And if you walk out of the door, the alarm <laughs> goes off. So this dude got like five years in prison for this. Dude, I think he should have got less because he's pretty damn clever to hook up the laptop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, dude. That's but a story. I was story. like, man, that guy probably had a great time for those couple months watching porn and doing meth and, and hanging out with prostitutes in an IMAX. <laughs> man, man. Okay. To end question one, favorite director. Ah, uh, uh. Yeah, I actually been thinking about this a little bit, I, I, just because of the the filmography and the influence over my life, uh, the amount of movies that I absolutely adore from this guy. I'm just gonna run with. Uh, I'm gonna run with John Carpenter. It's it's the it's the easy choice, man. He has such an extensive library, and and his films are very like the, his good ones are very good. <laughs> Every time we. I even think about John Carpenter and get in a conversation about John Carpenter with JP. I always think about how much of a moron JP is when it comes to is Carpenter. Like yeah. Like, like liking Wes Craven more. I mean, whatever it's personal preference, but I mean, when it's you break it down, wrong. Carpenter, yeah, objectively, it's like, it's very, very wrong. Carpenter is such a better filmmaker, but, um, but when I'd it comes to the fog, Craven, you don't like fucking the fog, which is bizarre uh, to me because no, no, no. It's so- let's not, let's not say I don't like the fog. I just, I he just doesn't think like it's Prince not, of Darkness because like, he's wrong. I think Prince of Darkness is objectively not a good movie. Um, it's not bad, but I think it's, I think it's pretty. Well, I average. think you're missing the fog. I actually think is a good movie. I just don't like it. I think much. the fog is brilliant. I love it. It's Prince done so. There's the so fog. many aspects that are amazing. That, like, just it's, it's very such a boring good, at times. No, it's not boring at all. That's the thing. It's so great. It's got great characters, great atmosphere, music's amazing. Everything keeps you intrigued in that film, man. It's great. Fog's a solid. I, I think the story just isn't good. Like, okay, the I the core it's a concept revenge story, tale. But it's there's a lack of revenge. It's not enough. The concept's good enough on the fog. I like that I idea that they is. let the bo- the boat of leopards just die. Right. I like that. I like that concept. I just don't think they do enough with it. And I honestly love aspects of it. The radio DJ. I love the the opening scene is so shot well and good and stuff like that. I like the little stuff with Jamie Lee and and Tommy Atkins and stuff like that. But there's like a huge like end chunk of the film that it just feels like nothing's damn happening i like the fog too but i'm not a, i'm not a mate it's not one of my favorites it's, i like prince of darkness much okay okay you two you two stop 69 each other shut the fuck up all right saying that mood so I, I feel like i have to say this all i have to say this you know probably you know i have to attribute to you uh my growing love and admiration for lucio Fulci is is I mean, I don't know if I've ever. Is it because that I put it on thirty uh, uh, Italian Horror Month, right? That's, that's why. <laughs> Shut up! Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> Your head is about to explode. His head is literally you know going to explode. I'll say, you know, I'll say this, JB. I can't remember if it was the Phantasm show or the Gates of Hell trilogy show you guys did, but I really sort of, uh, I sort of really, you know, got that when you not introduced, but when you said that, where the phrase nightmare logic. That has been like ingrained in my mind ah. 
for the I longest time. I did come up, up with that phrase. I hear not, it everywhere dude, now. Nightmare logic has been come up way before you ever said that. <laughs> that term. I, th- I think that was a normal term years, when it came bro. to Italian cinema, and especially Fulci. But I, I do. I mean, you know. I mean, and you know, you know. I'm going back a little bit further now. You know, my, you know, film. My collection of his is is growing. I think the last film that I got that I was like really super super impressed with, especially the end finale, is the psychic. That the end of that movie just blew me away. I love the ending of that movie. Never seen it. Mm-hmm. I think we need to return to Falchi soon. It's a great movie. God have <laughs> me on, please. I mean. It's possible, right? I mean, we got the the last Argento coming up this year, and then then we get to pick four. For now, last Argento for now. I still have faith that he can <laughs> no, crank out there, two more there, movies. No way, not gonna happen. No Sandman's never he's dropping. Out shit. Dude, he's pushing. He's, he's death working right on now. one right now. I don't even want to hear. It. Yeah. Okay. It ain't gonna happen. It ain't happening. Um, five bucks. He don't direct another feature length film. All right. Get uh, into the question. Okay. Yeah, if he probably won't. I okay, bet you this I'll one doesn't come up. This one doesn't. So come what up. if he dies? The the like when he dies, I owe you five bucks. If he doesn't make one, yeah, pretty much. But what if like shouldn't we wait a couple years after he dies? Like five. He has to hundred percent direct that movie. I don't want no like <laughs> Lamberto Baba coming in and finishing Wax this. You know somehow Bruno like Matai is going to finish. Somehow Bruno Matai is going to finish that movie, even though he's dead too. <laughs> <laughs> I came back to the grave to finish Dario movie. I got rats and zombies. It's great. I steal everything from George Romero. <laughs> I think I pretty much like all of Fauci's movies that I've seen. Yeah, Fulci doesn't usually. He has a couple turds, but moods will tell you different. I yeah, mean, well, I honestly, there is movies that are better than so others, but I mean, you know, there's some that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Door in the Silence is awful. I don't it think is, it is. I don't think. I think it's. It, I mean, it's a TV film that makes sense because it does have the lack of gore, and you know, I mean, the storyline's pretty basic <laughs> and stuff. But I, I do. Where, I see where you're coming from. I don't think it's a horrible, horrible movie though. I Three point five out of ten. Sodom's Ghost have, is the I worst. That movie is terrible. Found I wouldn't even hate the point. Ghost movie. I watched that like ten years ago and enjoyed it. I also had brain damage then. It needs a <laughs> uh, it needs a release because the the shitty ass kind of gray market DVD it has is, is horrible. It's not doing it any justice, man, at all. Um, all right, so moving along here. That question is not great. No, no. Uh, second question. Let's get into some medium media stuff. Um, what are your thoughts on today's like media outlets and uh, companies and shit? And where do you think it's heading for collectors, especially with what's going on right now and stuff? Do you think it's this is going to affect companies? Because, I mean, we were kind of talking about pregame even with some people kind of speculating that Screen Factory might even be suffering a little bit um, just with, you know, the whole quarantine, the whole COVID thing that's going on and stuff. But where do you think the future of collecting is going? Do you think it's in a good state or not in a good state? I think for the moment, it's I think it's fine because there's you know you know for every one of us here talking think of how many others are out there and the idea that we can be region free that we can there's all these you know well these companies like arrow and uh blue underground and 88 films and you know going region free and then you know i know screen factory you know not a lot of people talk about screen factory a whole lot right now but you know there are distributors arrow and whatnot that are putting stuff out and you know whether in you know we're getting it plus you know mm-hmm. you have a lot you know around me we have i can think of at least four, three three sort of i guess you would call them secondhand shops um there's a kind of a bigger one a used trade buy sell kind of place and they have a pretty good inventory of uh both dvd and um 
and uh, blue. Uh, there's another place I'm thinking of, CD Warehouse, where uh, you know you can get you know they have a pretty good DVD selection. Vinyl, uh, the, the resurgence of vinyl, of course, you know I think is helps. 4K, I, I'm not a player yet, but 4K helps. I mean, it's physical. It's something that you can grab onto and buy, and so anything that helps out physical media is great. But I think, I mean, I think there's enough of us. I think the problem is going to be. When you get most of us who you know are my age or you know maybe ten years behind, ten years ahead, whatever, when we're finally off this stage, that's where I think you're going to have some real big concerns because there's still yeah. a lot of people like me that are that we have such entrenched memories of the via stores and whatnot, and I hate mm -hmm. the thought that you know we've been pretty much reduced to a, a freaking red box, but Redbox you know, sucks anymore too, man. Oh, I mean. Never it used to be Redbox fun when it would get life. like the full moon stuff and and like some of the more indie stuff, but now it's even lost those. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's okay for the moment. I think you know, I, I think as long as as we keep, I, I think like I said, the problem is when you get our age bracket is finally off the stage. He's right I, there. I never thought of that. What I didn't. What what is what? Yeah, but me and JP are still into it. No, no, he says basically when we bite it, it's over. And oh, he's us. probably right. We're the end of those generations, right? <laughs> we are the end of those generations because anybody kind of post like, you know, the 2000 millennials, like they don't, they don't have that. They don't come no. from those eras, right? So the collecting, yeah, I mean, it eventually is I, I going to die off. Jeremy is, is right. For the last. With, like me and him are like, I don't know anybody like, like really younger than me that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm a lot saying of especially younger people, like I talk to them, they don't even know who fucking like ran. I'm like Van Dam. They're like, who's that? I'm like, oh, I know, <laughs> absolutely, I'm absolutely. You know, fuck you, JP. I think I think there's probably a good maybe, who knows, twenty years left of it, and <laughs> then it's done. I don't I know. Even think it would last but then again, who long. knows? Well, because but then again, I mean, who look thought at, vinyl would like make a huge hipster comeback? Yeah. It wasn't in, in, in the mainstream. The in the mainstream, yes, final came back in the mainstream. In my world, it's never gone away. So, like when people say, oh, "Yeah, final but it's came even," back. I'm not saying that it has ever gone away, but more people started putting out vinyl instead of just CDs or just the CDs are junk. Nobody buys CDs anymore except moods. Um, <laughs> but no, no. What I'm saying in like in the hip hop world, though, vinyl has always been pressed up, right? Like, I mean, because that's what DJs, real DJs, use. They don't use CDs <laughs> and, and and digital stuff, right? But I'm saying vinyl in the mainstream came back, like you know, studio catalog, you know, kind of albums and shit like that are being repressed on vinyl and shit, which is cool. You know, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah, but I'm saying even like even even artists who. Uh, I'm saying, JP, at a time, you know, t 10, 12 years ago when vinyl wasn't being repressed at all, there was still everything in hip hop for the most part was still coming out on vinyl. Right. right? And you'll always have, you'll, you'll, yeah. you'll always have. Cause it's, it's that media. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, when you got DJs that are come from the old school and that's what they use and shit. I mean, I'm not saying that all those DJs still can, you know, completely still use vinyl i mean most of them do but you know it is pretty handy not to carry in fucking six crates of uh vinyl that weighs like ten thousand pounds into a show yeah it's it's actually completely not practical yeah it isn't but i mean when you come from an era where that's how you dj it is it's still i mean you get some it's people stuck in their ways hey so, rob what yeah. were you gonna ask about a company you said there's a company that was uh wasn't there a company before the whole COVID thing, uh, you know, happened? Wasn't there a company in Carolina? I thought that was looking at trying to 
bring back the, the old model idea of the VHS doors where you could go in and rent a video recorder and uh, movies that were on VHS. I fail. That will fail. Yeah, that's a horrible idea. That will fail, yeah. <laughs> the idea I had is uh, if you did like a, a Netflix thing, but you you had curators. You know how like today yeah. today's attention Shutter span? Shutter does it too. It's today's attention span where you don't like know what to watch where even netflix tells you what to watch like you might be interested in this well if there was like more of like you could like you People could actually ask somebody that- like hey what do you like okay no, I that, like you know I what like would kids. be a great idea if they had like a netflix guest spot like they do like on shutter a little bit where they'd be like we have edgar wright and he picks seven movies and he's done an introduction for each one of these movies yeah. Here's his titles, and then you watch them, and he gives a quick thing like Joe Bob does, but it's a director who just talks about five minutes before each movie and why he likes them and why he picked them maybe as a theme. And it's like, hopefully you can see my influences that I took from these movies. I, in my I movies. love that. Yeah, and then the that, last one, they maybe show one of his movies. Like, let's say yeah. we had, like, um, John Carpenter. He picks seven movies. Like, he'll show Rio Bravo and then, like, something like that, and then he'll show one of his movies. And like, all these movies have affected me to make the thing, so watch the thing now. That would be badass. No, that would that would be really that sounds cool. sounds cool. But yeah, I think the the little cure, cure like, uh, like if you could call, sh- like, because they Shutter did that, I think this past year, like you recreating call, a video store experience, right? You could call in and be like, hey, you know, uh, they'll be like, what do you like? And and you'll be like, well, I really like, you know, the, the, the thing is my favorite movie, and uh, I really like, you know, this, that, and that. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you try? This movie, this this sounds yeah, that, like that sounds rally. like the video store recreating the video yep. store experience and making you like that's because that's what you like talking with movies and getting recommendations. That's yeah, what people yeah. miss about the video store, right? Just yeah. wandering the aisles and talking and looking. Yeah, yeah. I it's even it's even the posters really though too. I mean, how many times did you walk into a movie store and you saw a poster or something? You're like, oh, I'm renting that shit right there. No, I'm not sure if Rob's idea would. I, I only think it would fail. Like he mentioned the video store, only because people are too lazy to go there and pick up a video recorder now. Yeah, like, they're, they're too like, lazy to move out of their house. This up. What is this yeah. red blue? Sounds blue? like what is this sounds red, like yellow? video man. Isn't video man kind of like that? It kind only of has idea? a coaxial. No, but I, I do think that <laughs> yeah. the people, the the longings there. I just don't think that the physical uh, motivation is, if that makes any sense. I'm what saying you said, well, you it is, everything is about convenience now, for sure. I mean, that's why digital works so well for people. They don't have to leave their house, especially when you're quarantined. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why there's all these people who are pushing for end of theaters, like because there there are a lot of people that I was in other groups with that were pushing for like the end of theaters like they don't gotta go if they don't like it they don't have to they're saying that like they're they're saying that like if it allows us to get movies they they would be fine if they got movies the same time as theaters digital but they're saying if it's either or push the theaters out i'd rather have digital no they can wait they can i know that's what i'm saying they can wait if you don't i don't if that's what the reasons are you should have to wait dude because we're so spoiled now in this culture. We don't wait for a goddamn thing. We get everything at our fingertips, man. We don't even know what the excitement is. We we miss that excitement, man. We get everything. Unless you I, unless you I allow yourself Avengers, to have it. I've been dead for Avenger years. movies and the Star Wars movies. Those still create a level of excitement. Yeah, and who would, what, like, what seriously, what why would you want, rather watch – why would you rather watch the Avengers at home on your TV? I wouldn't even watch that movie not in a theater. I only watch those movies Same. in the theater because Same. I don't even look at them as films. I don't. Like, I watch them as entertainment pieces. <laughs> okay, the Scorsese. Yeah. No, I'm not even trying to be a dick. They're fun. They're entertaining. Some of them surpass it for me. Like, Dude, listen. I'll tell you right now. Don't. 
this comic book movies, you're gonna get a lot of hate. I don't care. I like them. No, I, I diss them all the time, man. Something like the thing. DC I do too, but movies. I'm saying Dave's on thin ice right here. Thin Canadian ice. <laughs> DC animated movies is where no, it's at. Though, I like man. the movies, but I, I, if I'm not gonna watch them at home, I'm, I want to see them in the theater. Those movies, people. I'm say, exactly no. the same way. I tried to watch them at home. I was like, before the new Avengers film came out, I was like, hey, I, I watched the first couple of these things. Like, let me go through and watch the series. Then I realized there's like 30 of them, and I was like, fuck that. <laughs> but I at least tried to watch Iron Man. Those I was like, this is see, I think a boring. great platform for like new Adam Sandler movies like Happy Madison films is, is perfect for Netflix because those are the type of movies I'm never going to the theater to pay money I, for. Right? But just throw them on in the background? Yeah. Why the fuck not? There is I a ton the of movies. I'm, very, week, so. I'm very specific when it comes to the theater. Like if, if I'm going, I'm going to see something I really want to see. Like I'm not just going because yeah. Yeah, I, I can go to the theater. You know, I'm just not but going. It's, it's, it's very important for some people. Why take that away from them? If you yeah, don't like it, don't amazing. fucking go. Just don't it's go. It's one of the like things it. that I miss the most. Like me and Carly... Like that was our thing for the last couple of years. Like we would even go see the stuff that we didn't care about just because it was like something that we enjoyed doing together. Like, like how Jeremy goes and sees everything. Cause you're always cutting well, the once, bottom out of the popcorn. Right. And <laughs> you know, once, once we figured out that, you know, we could get the, the movie pass or the AMC pass or whatever, which probably who knows if that's even going to come back now. It, it was fun. We would just go see everything we could pretty much. What so, do you think about that, Rob? The theater? Yeah. I'm big. I mean, I'm 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 not as big on going anymore as I used to. I'm not sure why. But Probably like having family and stuff. Well, that yeah, because it's like 120 bucks to take a family. <laughs> right. to freaking oh, theater. for sure. Yeah. But, but you know, so that that does hurt. But you know, I mean, there's something about like. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you when I get most intrigued to go, and sometimes usually I have to go by myself. But uh, like when uh, when I Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween movies had come out. I had never seen a Rob Zombie film on the big screen, so I, I had to be there for Halloween, and then I went to theater CH2, and, you know, so that was, like, I had to see it on the big screen. I wanted to see it on the big screen. Um, I love going to see, like, of late in the last 10 years, I would say. It's probably too long back, but the last five years or so, I've, I've been very, very, very fortunate to and uh, blessed to see, like, Phantasm remastered on the big screen. One of my uh, favorite experiences right oh, there. Yeah. I've seen Zombie uh, on the big nice. screen. That was amazing. I've seen uh, Halloween. That was amazing. Uh, uh, my first Fulci film on the big screen, though, was uh, Cat in the Brain. Wow. <laughs> and, and I had never... <laughs> Who played that? I'd never seen that movie before. And so I, my first time literally was on the big screen. Flannel Fulci for the win. What a crazy uh, first experience God, for Fulci on the big screen, man. Crazy. Yeah. And, then, uh, and of course... Uh, you know, of course, they did all the advertisements of the old movies like I Drink Your Blood or whatever. That was, you know, so sort of the stuff. If they did that in my area, I'd go for sure. But they don't play old movies like that. I'd go every day if they played no. an old movie like that. Ohio actually has a, a high uh, – I don't know if they're around you, but the, there's a, there's actually quite a few, like, marathons out that way that, like, 24-hour horror marathons and stuff of retro films. Really? Me and Carly would be like – Eyeing up some. So I you would, would go there, but you wouldn't come fucking hang out with me and come to mine. Jeremy, uh, you know you can go closer? other places too, right? <laughs> Do you know geography? <laughs> it's no, fucking we, like an hour and a half flight. Don't be a bitch. Well, yeah, yeah if I well, fly, you're we're concerned about, about flying. We can't flying flights, I want bro. to go there. It just hasn't worked out schedule wise. Hey, JP. Yeah. Funny story, man. Funny story. When me and my son went to go see uh, that remastered Phantasm, 
Mm-hmm. I kid you not, man. We go in this. This is like one of those old retro theaters or whatever. We go in there. It's like a theater style type, the old theater style type thing. But anyways, we go in there. We're sitting down. This old couple, this old lady. I mean, they must have been on a date or something. which was really weird. But they must have been in their eighties or something. They were old. So I don't know what movie they had just watched, but they had they had decided that they were gonna stay for the next movie that was rolling in. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, do they have any clue that it's Phantasm? So, like, me and my son were just sitting there, and we're kind of, like, watching this. And, and she's like, well, do you know what's coming on? What's coming on? And he's like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And this is kind of going on and on and on. I'm like, there's no way, man. And it sh- sure enough, when that movie started, she started cramming on his shoulder. And all of a sudden, he just kind of like, I don't know what this is. And she could say they got up and walked out. And I'm like, oh. Oh, no. I was hoping they stayed. I, I know. Was, I wish they would. I thought you were going to be like, it was Angus Scrim. <laughs> yeah. high school. So yeah, he was still alive when I seen the remaster. Because Phantasm Five, I saw the remaster. And then the next week, I went and saw Phantasm Five in the theater. But there's something, man. There's something, and it's like our, you know, us just here talking about this. I think you know we're we're that that last group that really can appreciate this type of thing. But like when you go to the theater, I know, I when I saw Halloween three season of the witch on on the big screen, man, you saw some good ones. Yeah, that blew I've my that. mind away, man. I mean, I I was already on the on the wagon of you know starting to yeah, this is I, I really do enjoy this. I like this movie. But when I saw it, it's it, man. When I saw it on the big screen. That that just sits there for me, and there's something there's something unique and different about seeing a movie that you've already seen a million times, but you're seeing it on the big screen for the first time. You're noticing and you're seeing things like when I saw Halloween, you know that that epic staircase scene when he's coming down the staircase. That is so awesome mm-hmm. on the big screen. Yeah, killing yeah, no, kids on screen like fun. that on the big screen is just so oh. much better. It's oh, yeah. so much better. Seeing retro films on the big screen are is probably literally one of my favorite activities in life. Like I'm not joking. Me and Carly yeah, have seen over a hundred um, in a few short years. That oh, Dave, th- what are you doing? This guy bro? just They're fucking around? bragging up doing? a storm, man. Oh. I mean, JP, like he kept bragging about it, and he still is about all the you know retro films he's seen on the big screen and shit. Like it was triggering me. I was like, dude, I need to open up my own fucking retro theater here and yeah. just bring in films right, all yeah. the time because it, it, it actually started out as a life? joke. It literally started out as a joke and me and me and Godzilla were sitting in the theater one time and I was like, dude, like, I know I joke about this a lot, but like, would you be interested in doing this shit? Like I fucking have like, always what, wanted renting it, renting out the theater. No, actually, because we only have the one cinema here, right? right. And it caters to oh, like opening fuck- a theater. Yeah, let's well, go it, get a loan, boys. Let's do it. But it would it would just be it would be a you know a, I mean it would be high you know Fucking state type stuff. Hey, can we loot a theater? Let's but the point of the theater would be not to bring in new stuff. <laughs> it would be to fucking to watch retro films and stuff, right? That would be the whole point of it. And because we just we don't get things like that here, right? I mean, like I said, no, we have a small either. we have a small cinema and it caters to a lot of kids' movies, and we get the odd horror film, but there's just a, not a lot to see, right? There's no variety. We don't get yeah, those kids suck. Fuck those old, old you know the old theaters where they do they have the second run and they play like all these old uh, films and shit. And I'm like, man, could you imagine? Like, I think there would be a market for it too. Not just play straight horror films, but it would yeah. be exploitation and, and and you know older action films and things can like that. Can you imagine seeing the Wild Bunch on the big screen? Exactly. That's my point. And that's the type that's of shit the that I would. Right. You, you got to mix it up. You have to have a flavor for everybody too. But I, and of course, like we were talking about this thing a few months back, and I'm glad that we didn't like consider it because COVID would have fucked us hardcore. <laughs> You'd be double broke with both businesses. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, no, business is fucking great right now, man. Since we're no, back but up, holy been shit. fucked right there. Yeah, oh, that would have been right. yeah, put down. But it would have been hard. It would have been hard. It definitely would have been hard. Yeah, for sure. But 
Um, all right. So, yeah, you brought up your kid, um, Rob. So get into question three. How many kids do you have? Oh, oh my way. God. Uh, let me think. Four. Forty-seven. Four at home right now, but I, but uh, th- I'm sorry, three boys and my daughter who's out of the house now. She's 25. My oldest boy is uh, 13, 16. Yeah, something like that. He's 16 now. My youngest is two, three now, three, Maximus. So your kids range from 20. I have a three-year-old. So your kids range from 25 to two. (laughs) You know what's crazy about that? Like Jeremy is young enough to be your kid. Yes, man. Yeah, well, you know, his birthday's on, him and uh, my daughter's birthday, same day, April 25th. Crazy. No, my birthday's November 16th, so you bro. Have, so you have four kids? Yeah, three okay. boys and one girl. Yeah. Can, can you actually name them all? <laughs> uh, yeah, Becca, Sam, James, Max. He okay. sounded like he was like a little nervous about that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, you'd brought up your son and stuff, and that was actually the question I was getting into was, um, you know, since you have this, you know, this big love for the genre of films and stuff like that, how has it affected your relationship with your son and like, and in your family in general, like, how do they see you? Do they perceive you? Yeah, does your different? wife get into it at all? I, I know yeah. that I've seen your kid on reviews with you and stuff, but I can tell that you have a relationship. But how does it f- affect like the whole family and, and and specifically your son, who's obviously what sixteen or whatever? So, well, he's the first. Well, he's the first one that I've been able to share going to see something retro, like yeah. we saw Phantasm together and Zombie together. Um, and my daughter. Um, who I miss dearly, boy. We used to go out um, and see movies quite a bit. She was never, she never like, she never really, she never became a horror fan, but she would indulge me and she would go with me. And so I have some pretty fond memories on, you know, seeing some movies. In fact, uh, mm-hmm. when she was just a little tiny thing, we, you know, we caught uh, the original Scream at the drive-in. But, um, you know, so, you know, and then, uh, of course, you know, as they get younger, you know, with James and Max, they just, you know, I've definitely done my, you know, due diligence in, you know, exposing them to, you know, the old Universal films, black and white films, and, uh, to, you know, to many kids, they don't even know what a black and white film is. And, is uh, it? Do you do you bring it to the table, or does like your kids bring it? They're like, Dad, like, you know, let's watch it. Let's watch a film. Do they get like? Is it that type of role? I would say I generally bring it. Okay. Usually, I bring it to the table. Depends. Now, you know, Sam. No, Sam will. He'll be no. He'll be more like, "Hey, can we watch this together? Can we see this together?" Really, you know, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still, you know, that line is still somewhat blurred. But uh, I mean, I mean, you know, we saw zombie together. I mean, I know, you know, there's some scenes in that, but I thought, you know, this is so epic. We'll maybe never have this chance again. I don't want. I want him to have oh, seen this on. Screen. Hands down. Hands down. Um, you know, and uh, you know, James, he's uh, he loves his Godzilla movies. Is more he's more in line with the creature feature type Derek just screened out yes yes have you tried oh, the truth tell you what, man. I've, I've made Derek's day sometimes by uh sending him a quick just little video with my uh youngest Max to uh, he'll uh do the tune to Godzilla yeah. and I'll just send it message him and send it and he'll just be like ah and that just makes his day I love uh, me some Godzilla so- films man every time I throw one on I'm always just enthralled in it man it's great 
Have you tried to show Troy any like black and white movies modes, like the Universal Monsters or anything? Uh, no, I actually I don't think I have. I don't wonder think, if he would. would uh, you think he would be able to handle that? I don't think so. I I think he, I think the first thing he would know is like, where's the color? Like this is old. Even like, if he did Phantom well, black and white. I've showed him certain things, right? I think the first time I showed him, um, like, are this you afraid of the old. dark? And I think things like that. He was like, why is there bars on the side of the screen? And he was like, he, could, he kept focusing and bringing up that, and I was like, oh my god, these kids just don't know anything but this you know anamorphic <laughs> widescreen and he's like it doesn't look good and i'm like yeah because that's not in high def <laughs> it's, like, it's like the things he notices right so like i think black and white might just take him right out he'd be like no this is not cool so that should, that's should, probably should, a later thing you should watch a movie with him on tape be like we're gonna watch this movie on VHS. And you're gonna fucking watch. I don't know VHS. what I would. I don't know what I have that he could actually probably watch because most of the stuff is. Yeah, I don't know. It's not really. You don't have. Kid I have. I actually have some Universal monsters on VHS. Speaking of which, I don't know if you guys knew, but Big Lots has a couple of the Universal monsters Blu-ray sets for like ten bucks. Sets. Yeah, like you know, like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Pick them up for me. Like Ten the bucks legacy, a piece. Those the are good legacy prices, collections. Man. All of them. Pick them up all of them for me. You know, I only found the Creature from Black Lagoon so far. And I, I bought bro, it for myself. I, I never bought it. the entire set on Blu-ray because I bought the DVD set. Remember, the remember, DVD set and then like a month later they announced the Blu-ray. No, because they yeah, put out the DVD set and they announced that they weren't going to do it on Blu-ray. So I was like, fuck, I'll just grab the DVD set. And yeah. Then they announced the Blu-ray, Blu-ray. set and I was like, fuck sakes. Are you kidding? I know some of them are 15 bucks on Amazon right now. Really? Yeah. That's that's not bad, but big box ten bucks. For me, I would rather just have the entire box set, just because I'm a box set whore. And this is like the year of the box sets too, man. There's so <sighs> many crazy box sets coming out. I, I I feel like I've spent probably like a thousand dollars on box sets already with pre-orders, and this is crazy. Oh, to be a box set whore. Um. Yeah. So Rob, yeah, with your kids and stuff, did you want to continue on that? Well, I was just going to say, you know, my, my wife doesn't really, she, she indulges me more than, than she has a, a share in it, but she'll, uh, you know, from time to time, we'll watch something together, and, but usually I have to do a trade-off, right? We'll, have to, we'll watch whatever I'm watching, then we'll have to put a chick flick in or something. Oh, no. And, uh, but I'll tell you that... that I, <laughs> put I, on Mischief Night, that's a fucking chick flick. I'll, it I'll is you, not. I'll tell you the great, uh, the, the great exchange. One night she said uh, she was really in the mood for a Matthew McConaughey film, and I was like really in the mood to see, you know, not to see, you know, a Matthew McConaughey film. But then it hit me. I'm like, wait a minute, I got an idea. Let me pick one Matthew McConaughey, and you pick one Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. You know where I went. You know, you're right. getting right there. You're getting, song, you're, you're getting two oh. different. Well, you're getting two different careers. I mean, oh yeah, if you're taking taking uh, Texas Chainsaw, but um, I thought you went with Frailty. <laughs> I was going to say either Killer Joe or Mud. Like, honestly, Matthew McConaughey has done some atrociously bad movies, but he's also done some really amazing kind of indie great films like like Mud and Killer Joe and shit. Like, he's done some good shit, man. And I like Matthew McConaughey when he's in good films. It's not his fault. He's not bad. The movie's he, just He's suck. taken some bad roles. Like, like, just romantic comedies. He, he doesn't fit those roles. I like him better as more of a rugged type person. Like, I know Jeremy's a fan of Mud. I think Mud's amazing. Killer Joe is fucking phenomenal. I saw Mud in the theaters. I was like, "This movie's fucking awesome." Yeah, Such Killer, a good movie. Killer Joe's amazing. I, I saw Killer Gina Joe Gershaw. too. Gina Gershon's in that movie too, and stuff. It's always cool to see her and shit. With but... That amazing muff. <laughs> yeah, right. right She's. In the of the I just saw her in a movie the other day, and she was naked again. I'm like, "This is what the fuck is going on?" That was the first NC17 movie I saw in the theaters. Killer Joe, right when I turned 17. Nice, nice. Hey, Jeremy, I got a question. Yeah. Were you? Were you 
lucky enough to catch, uh, I don't know, were you old enough to see Rejects on the big screen? Oh, yeah, me and my grandma went and saw it. Yeah, you know, he's told that story on here before. Yeah. Oh, man, that must have been. That it's the most hardcore been. movie I've ever seen in the theaters, even till even to this day. Oh, I know what I was watching the other night. I was watching Blockers or Cock Blockers oh, that's or whatever. A movie. That movie's funny. But Gina Gershon's in that movie, and that movie came out, a, what, two years ago, and she's got to be, what, 50? And she's fucking naked in that one, too? It's like, I swear she doesn't uh, age, that girl, man. She looks great in Bound. She's great. In Bound. Oh yeah, she's awesome in Bound. I mean, oh. yeah, you can't go wrong wrong with her role in Bound. But I mean, I mean, like I said, this is two years ago, and Tina Gershon still looks good. I'm like, this is crazy. So, but yeah, Blockers. I like that movie, dude. I was pissing my like honestly, it's funny. man. Oh man, it was funny, man. Like, that's a dead. That's a dead genre. The yeah. sex teen comedy. It it's just it's got funny characters in it, man. I mean, yeah. you, you really can't go wrong with uh, what John Cena. And she, I think his acting is hilarious in the movie. He's just so funny in the movie. But and I'm a big fan of Leslie, man. But again, why do we always end up talking about comedies on here? It's it's so it's so strange. Um, all right, moving along. Question four. Uh, do you have a modern day uh, favorite director, like someone that came out doing films like kind of two thousand, you know, post two thousand? Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Okay, cool. Good choice. Good choice. Yep. That's a good choice. There, there's, uh, I think, honestly, the modern day directors kind of overlooked a little bit as being, you know, some of the greats and stuff. But there is a lot of great modern James directors, Wan. man. Bogolano is one of my favorites, man. The Spanish director, um, Adrian Garcia. James Bogolano. Wan. James Wan's good. Um, there's just lots of great ones, but uh, I think I think it's it gets you know I, I mean I share it, it's funny Zombie gets way Rob gets way too hate, too much hate and. It, uh, you know, I mean, when, I've listened to so many interviews with him. I've listened to all his commentaries, uh, at least of those films that I have. And when I nothing nauseates me more when I hear him tell the story about just you know getting that initial pitch with the Weinstein's turned down for his initial Halloween pitch. I, I just man, I wish that could have gone the way he wanted that to go. No, they were too I, busy I, raping people. Well, one of them yeah. was. Weinstein's are trash people. Yeah, they, they don't know film. They're terrible, honestly. Yeah, they, they're, they're literally like the yeah. sleazy. Well, you know, he would have saved him money. He would have saved him money by by doing it. You know, two films for one, breaking the two things into two pieces. You know, releasing one one year, the second one the next year. Mm-hmm. He would have had his complete and total contribution to the Halloween franchise. But then he would have had his. You know, well, here's John Carpenter's. You know, vision brought up to speed. Uh, you know, but then. Had he been asked after that point to give, you know, a third piece, how much more different would that have been than what ultimately we got with H two? It could have been yeah. a totally different vision. And so I hate, I hate that. So, so I mean, I really, I, I, I listen to that, and I really kind of grow, it grows on me, and I, I become a real big. Well, fan there is a script out there for Halloween three. And it's not very good. Yeah, well, that's so, the Todd Farmer Patrick yeah, that's not, script, though. That's, that's not the, not a, oh, the one Rob that Zombie. Tom Atkins was going to be the psychiatrist. Yeah, Atkins yeah, was something like that. that. Yeah, he tells that he tells that story. I've got the German uh, tint uh, release of Halloween Three, and Atkins is on the commentary, and he talks about that right at the tail end of the commentary. He talks about how that how that was developing, and wow. how he was asked to be part of that, and then how it just sort of dropped out. And, wasn't a thing and uh it was like oh that gets me so isn't it surprising that tarantino fucking and kevin smith made all their fucking movies with the weinsteins it doesn't make any fucking sense to me 
Well, I well mean, honestly, why? I don't. Why doesn't it make sense? I think because with Tarant- they're such shitty people. Why would Tarantino? Maybe because shitty people aren't always league. shitty to every Dude, single person. Well, you got to you got to remember gotta though eat. too. I don't know people what work with shitty people all the time. Yeah, I, but I Tarantino kind of lived in his world of his own. Like they kind of let him do what he wanted, right? So I don't think yeah, he, I don't hot. think the Weinsteins even affected the, anything that he did, man. It didn't matter. He just, he yeah. did films for their company, but his interactions with them, I think was pretty minimal. They just let him do what he wanted. So and Harvey was the more, the rapist, Bob, we didn't yeah. hear any of that, but I he mean, definitely turned a naked eye, but so many people turned a naked eye to it. They didn't want to even think about it. I mean, because they know, oh, it's a source, it's a sore spot in Hollywood for sure. He should have yeah. been more, um, yeah, vocal or aware or something. Yeah. But so, how many bad times have you noticed bad things happening and just really didn't want to get involved when you were younger and you a lot. There's a lot of times. I mean, especially in that world, there's millions and millions of dollars at stake. It's just a fucked up situation. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to condone it, but I mean, when you have millions and millions of dollars at stake, you know, with shit like this, and you you know what's going on and stuff. I mean, I can see why people keep their mouth shut for sure. Like I said, I don't condone it at all, but I I get I get why people kind of turn the. I would let. I would. It's just there's a lot of lives that are affected. Yeah, I would let a rapist produce my first movie. Honestly, well, I mean, it's you get a lot of people that are like so like. <laughs> the such, fuck are you talking about, JP? <laughs> Jesus Christ! That's going on your tombstone. I, I, I just I was waiting for another Dude, punchline if he's there. Gonna give me money. Why do I like? <laughs> I, I, I I'm not doing any like. I don't care. That's why I like about JP because he's honest. Yeah, no, I'm dead serious though. I mean, if like I'm not going to condone what he does, and I and one day I'm hoping that I could reveal it or whatever but sell them down the river right after you get your right exactly <laughs> like what, what like maybe like, that's where like, tarantino's character in uh, from dust till dawn came from because he was a little bit rapey in that film oh yeah a little bit well i wouldn't say a little he bit he, raped he, an old lady. He, 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 he was he that was a raper he was a raper if she had a mouth <laughs> but maybe that's where the character the came line. from was the fucking weinstein so who knows uh, maybe. But yeah, no, like, it's definitely. I don't, I don't tough. know. I I don't think any of those guys. I don't think like Tarantino or anybody like thought like Harvey Weinstein is raping girls. Like, did, did they probably think he was using his power for uh you know to 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 seduce girls? Probably. Yeah. But I don't think seduce is the word. Coerce girls into having sex with him. He wasn't sitting there in like a fucking bathrobe with roses on his bed. He was just like, <laughs> "Give me a my job and I'll give you right. a whole yeah. this movie." Yeah, yeah. He was just a sick. He, fat he was getting his drugs from Bill Cosby. Come on, let's face it. So, no, I think all those women said they were awake. Yeah, I know. I'm just, but yeah, he was using strict force, right? They I were think awake, he was, but hey, he was being physical. They were awake, but we weren't woke, right? Yeah, right. We're woke. I'm, I'm glad it happened though, because. I can't. You know what I mean? Like scandals are always good. Isn't it fucked up about scandals? Like everybody's been saying Weinstein's a piece of shit for like fifty years, and Bill Cosby is a rapist for fifty years, and then it just takes one thing to trigger it, and then everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah, he is a piece of shit." Fifty Let's take years him down. too late, man. Yeah, it's way too late. It takes the official report. That's all it is. Oh it no, says I, I mean, I always knew that, but it says it on this piece of paper. We right? Do that's what I'm saying. It. Yeah. Now You're it's right. public. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it though. Like people get shit for like buying a movie that was like a Victor Salva movie or whatever. Right. So, but taking money from a, 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 a convicted or, or, or a potential rapist, I think like Tarantino did is not as bad as directly buying something from them. Right. 
Uh, like they're giving you something you're taking from them yeah but you're also you're technically giving them something in return it's right it's a fat return a movie a fat yeah, return. especially well, maybe how much maybe money is to make a really shitty movie and lose them money how much money do you think tarantino made fucking weinstein's man in his career let me find out way too Stand much by. like his movies always do exceptionally well and he doesn't have like crazy crazy budgets Except on his films. House. he's not spending a hundred million dollars on his well. movies i mean i bet uh, you once about time in hollywood was expensive it makes yeah. sense. It's also brand new, right? I mean, it's inflation. Things are more expensive and no, stuff. He, his budgets are he pretty He recreated high. the 60s Hollywood. It was very expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, the budgets are higher than you would think. Yeah. Mm. 40 million for Once Upon a Time. Oh, that's it? Cheaper yeah. than I that's thought. A little, yeah, that's 40 a million is, today's standards, is low budget. So, yeah, yeah definitely low. And you think about some of the other films that he's done. I bet you Django's got to be more than that, though. It seems like it's a bigger film. But... I mean, you also have Leo in there. Leo usually charges like twenty million for a Set fucking movie. Seventy so. million for Inglorious Bastards, and that World was War a lot of that was cast. He worked pretty well on a fucking movie. budget. A man. lot of his he budgets worked. are cast related too. I mean, you have Brad Pitt in your film was getting paid fifteen, twenty million probably. Yeah, but good actors. I, budget I goes say, up. I bet, I bet those budgets good. are pure price. I, I don't. I bet their contracts are. All right, here we go. We no, the budget. Tarantino's top movie, Reservoir Dog, all his ten movies that he made, made two point eight million. Death Proof made thirty one million. Jackie Brown made thirty nine million. Kill Bill Volume Two made one hundred fifty three million. Hateful Eight made fifty five million. Kill Bill Volume One made one hundred eighty million. Pulp Fiction made two hundred fourteen million. Inglorious Bastards made three hundred twenty one million. Fuck. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood made three hundred seventy one million, and Django Unchained made four hundred twenty five million. So, this guy is a cash crop. For his budgets, man, that is ridiculous, man. Django had a hundred million dollar budget. Like I said, it was probably the highest budget. Yeah, you could just tell the way the film is. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I laughed so hard I was crying when I was when I watched Once Upon a Time for the first time. There were some movie. scenes in that thing, man, that made me laugh so freaking hard. I had tears coming down. The ending, man. So uh, I think the ending's the sad because the ending's almost sad for me too because you're like, damn, man. You know, like that's the ending that you want in real life too. Yeah. yeah. Right. What what I was saying is, in a lot of those higher budgeted movies. The actors' percentage, the actors' pay is not included in the budget because they get a percentage of yeah, the film. Yeah. If they like sign that, if they example. sign it, that if they way. sign the it, that guys way. like no, no, like, like but, Leo, like do DiCaprio, yeah, like the uh, the is one that gets paid like that. Okay, that's Leo's why. Like I, really the last yeah, I know, I know. There's like some the people isn't because I've heard of budgets like people have you know not been part of films because they couldn't afford to put them in there and stuff. They were asking for too much, right? Like yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying with those Tarantino movies, a lot of those guys get a percentage of the, of but the kickback, have, which is way more than the fucking. But you have to understand, it's probably it's a better deal for somebody like DiCaprio to do that than Hell take a 50 yeah, minute because deal. you know these movies are making like, made 300 and some million exactly. He's making way more fucking money, right? And it's Tarantino. Who doesn't want to work with Tarantino? You know, oh, Tarantino and, and lined up with great actors. Has too, the like, best right, eye for actors, um, resurrecting career, like music. He's just he's such a great film fan that it shows on the screen, man. And we well, can also want to be to get the needle drops. Other directors would want to do that, but he, others can afford to do the needle drops. And that's what's cool about Rob he Zombie too, because that. he has that connection to music, yeah. so he can get the needle drops too. Other yeah. directors who would like to can't. And yeah. I know he's great and, at it. No, but you're 100 percent right. Well, I think Tarantino... Tarantino has the fuck you status, right? Where he can do whatever he wants. Like he yeah. can literally yeah. make like a lot of directors 
think that they might be able to do a Tarantino movie if they simply were allowed to. But Tarantino right? and Rob Zombie understand the importance of effective soundtracks. And that's something I always talk about in movies is the effectiveness of soundtracks and, and scores and things like that. It makes a lot of movies and breaks a lot new of movies. New movies don't have it as many. Right. That New movies don't have it as much. That's when, why. And that directly connects to your memory, I think, is the scores. and so, Like Jaws, for example, like Rob brought up. Jaws' score is embedded in your fucking head. Yep. Dawn of the Dead. Those yeah, scores are in your head. Name a new movie that scores embedded in your head. There isn't any. It's It might be the time frame, but it just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me as much. Kill Bill. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a couple indie That's films. Like, I love the taint sound. Time? Like, when I hear the taint music, man, I fucking... Like, anything synth, anything synth based, like, I remember because I love Thanks synth soundtracks. Yeah, Thanks Killing always gets stuck in this, my head. Yeah. I mean, there's a few, man. I mean, a lot of people might even answer It Follows. I mean, that soundtrack is kind of memorable a little bit. And What were you saying, Rob? Uh, you know you've done your job when anytime you hear Freebird come on the radio yep. and all you have yep. is the end. Uh, that is amazing. That might be one of the most amazing. It's like Stuck in the Middle, right? It's already an iconic song. It's the greatest ending ever. It's like it when is. you hear Stuck in the Middle. Like you think of Madison, yeah. you know, cutting off ears and shit. Like you just, you yeah. place these, right? And I mean, these movies are so, like... The Pulp Fiction soundtrack's amazing too. Like it, yeah. the placement oh, yeah. of songs are just so amazing, and that's what I love about Tarantino. He plays. He doesn't just put the right music in the films. He puts it. He cues it perfectly, man. Absolutely yeah, perfectly. He picks some amazing songs too. Like actually, always, one of the one greatest of modern day cues. Is, okay, sorry. One of my mo- favorite modern day cues, and I, I know we've talked about this on the podcast before, is in Stitches with the clown. <laughs> and I just died in your arms tonight when he's scooping out the kid's fucking brain. <laughs> Oh, uh, and he dies in his. Oh my god! It's, it's. I think it's one of the greatest modern day cues for music like out there, man. It's amazing. Yeah. it gives me Hell, shivers even, even thinking even about TV it. TV shows like we were just talking about next week uh, on on Tales from the Crypt. The dude last with week. Uh, no next week. <laughs> is it? Is it? Wait. Last week. This last week. Last now. week. <laughs> we were just talking last week about on Tales from the Crypt with the. Uh, Stuck, stuck on you song with the 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 Siamese twins, right? That's right, that's right. <laughs> with yeah. that Joe Pesci one? No, that's oh the that's Siamese. The, that's the um, one with Ernie Hudson. No, no, no. Nope. There's a lot of Siamese. Michael Lerner, the one with uh Bill Paxton. Nope. <laughs> that's one too. <laughs> yeah, no, no with Bobcat Goldway. Oh, the, yeah, nope, that's not that with, one. No, not that what? one either. <laughs> the one with Ernie Hudson has the Siamese twins or the conjoined twins bathing in the shower. Nope. They got the third. What is it? It's the. Uh, it's just the puppet one. It's the one with uh, Jessica Harper. What happens in it? It's called My Brother's Keeper. It's about the the two conjoined twins that you know one's kind of good, and one's evil. One wants to get separated. And oh shit yes, like that. I love that one. That's a great one. That's yeah, great it's, one. The, it's the one with Timothy Stack in it. He plays. Yeah, Frank I remember the end she, of that one. That one's fantastic. Yeah, it's got like two really good twists in it. But yeah, the the cool thing about that episode um, is that Jessica Harper's in there as Marie. She plays like a kind of like a prostitute kind of thing. And, yeah, and she's about the most attractive woman that ever lived. It's just interesting to see her in something like that because yeah. she, you know, she like was that a classy actress. Right, Suspiria, and like I always think of the Evictors. Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, Phantom of the Paradise, shit, yeah. Shock true. Treatment. She's yeah. she's in all of them. I've actually never seen Shock Treatment. I won't lie. I so. like it better than Rocky Horror, but I'm I'm crazy. So, man, I really like uh, I re- I really love to revisit those Tarantino movies. Every time a new one comes out, I just feel like watching. I did this a few months ago. I I started right at the bottom and rewatched them all like in about a week and. Like every movie is just uh, every movie I love as much. I I watch them all the time. I just 
Dude, the Tarantino detractors make me sick, right? They just don't want to like something that's I think they're haters. I love Tarantino movies, but I watch. He's a hack. I'm like, dude, seriously, objectively look at any one of his films and be like, tell me what, like, how it's not well made. (laughs) Because I don't believe you. See, one of my favorite Tarantino, like, it's arguably probably even my favorite, which is on so many people's lists as being right at the bottom is Death Proof. I love everything about Death I Proof, love man. Death Proof. I, I, that's what I was love the dialogue in that movie. I like how it's like two separate films. On like, there's just so many things about that movie that it's just it's so engaging the to me, man. Are so badass. Go favorite Tarantino movie, dude. Like uh, uh, Reservoir dude. Dogs is mine. Reservoir Dogs is mine too. Yeah, Rob, what's, what's yours? Ah, uh, yeah, I'll probably go with Reservoir Dogs. Really. That's have we all seen I'm it? Usually, first, I'm usually in the minority with this. No, it's awesome. Dogs is a hundred fucking times. I would see yeah, that. I, I bet you that's right at the top of most people's list, kind of thing. Um, oh, I have asked so many people this. It's always Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. Those are the two popular. To me. Jeremy, what was yours? Glorious Bastards. That's a what? great one too. And Glorious. Oh Bastards. yeah, really? I think that might be his most Dude, that's underrated. As a Jew, as a Jew. <laughs> I guess it makes sense, right? Because it's a, you, no, it's just—it's fucking so well made. It's made. Hugo Sticklets, dude. Hugo Sticklets so for the win. You know what I always so hate when people talk about Inglorious Bastards and like, man, I hate the way or what they do. You know how they killed Hitler and stuff. I was like, that's oh, fucking love amazing. Love that's it. what they Fuck did. In, uh, it, it was meant to look ridiculous because the whole Hollywood. the whole narrative was ridiculous, itself, right? So it just that's added no, to it. It's, it's Tarantino. He did the same thing in um, Once Upon a Time. He yeah. he just yeah. changed. He he made the ending happy. Here. Exactly. There's other, movies like that, exactly. There's other movies that change history. I don't know why. Like Tombstone isn't accurate to the actual story. You, you print the legend in a lot Neither of the was Western. Exactly. Stunt, man. I was yeah. watching JFK's speeches and I never saw him one time. Dude, Stuntman Mike is like one oh. of my favorite all-time characters, man. Like the scene where he's eating his nachos, <laughs> it always makes me laugh. It's so gross. They're just greasy and he's <laughs> licking his fingers. <laughs> I need to rewatch that one. He's got the greatest I was, car. I was harder on it than I should have been. What? Like, oh, it was my uh, least favorite. But I know dialogue. I watched it once and I only saw it when it came out. I liked it, but I just was not as I know it's great. Like, I you think know, it's way slower yeah. than Planet Terror. That's I think the, thing. the stuff with Jungle Julie and stuff, and like when they get to the bar and Tarantino, Tarantino's even in there, the music's great, but just the interactions with the characters and the dialogues and shit, it's just like, there's not really a lot happening, but it's so inner fucking teeny. Zoe man. Bell on I the hood of that fucking car, flying up. But like, Tarantino's dude, smart. It is fucking intense, dude. To get a Kurt's real. got the best line in that movie, though, when he says, You really, to, um, this, this car is 100% death proof, but to get the full benefit, honey, you really ought to be sitting on my side yep. that's, that's <laughs> it is the greatest line it is the greatest There's line, so, yeah. or, or or when he's like which way are you going or whatever and he's like <laughs> that part's he's so like great. right and he's like well that's unfortunate because you would have been a little yeah, bit yeah. cooler but now you're gonna have to get scared now because i'm he's, going he says left. immediately he's like you're gonna have to be started getting scared immediately <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> kurt's the best ever kurt might be the coolest modern day actor that's still alive like one of those classic guys he is nobody cooler than kurt russell i nobody. actually just said that recently man he definitely fucking is he still has that appeal man for sure i would totally do a, a tarantino retrospect but that here, that zoe too. bell shit though like that's how brilliant tarantino is man to grab somebody Patreon, have, a stunt, have a beautiful stunt actress that can you know hold her own and you know you don't have to cut with that shit man that's really her doing that shit it's crazy it's fucking nuts you gotta have me on for the tarantino i'm a huge fan i know all the actors i've watched those movies a hundred times right yeah if we Dude, ever i would totally we, i'm a tarantino we did fan it as a possible episode one time everything's yeah, in the hall of fame <laughs> i'm not joking every single every one of his nine films would be in the hall of fame i don't know about for me. Django. i don't know about oh, Django. Dude, Dude, i love Django's Django a little bit Django is phenomenal to me man Dude, 
it's amazing. Dude, shot in the fucking eye in that shootout, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> dude, every character laughing. is so good, man. Like, oh, Leo kills that fucking movie, too. He's so good. Oh, I, he should have got the Oscar. Leo is the shit, man. He honestly, I'm a big fan. I think he's great in so much. If he much didn't shit. win for Gangs in New York, I don't know, understand how I didn't win for anything. So, the game is the Revenant, but he's way better than Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Django, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah. Tom I mean, Hardy was great in the Revenant. I mean, Wolf Surf. of Wall Street, man. I mean, just the dialogue alone, like, I mean, he's so good. He's so fucking good, man. I know. Critters he, 3, dude. He's always from <laughs> Basketball Diaries. He's fucking amazing in Basketball, Basketball Diaries. Basketball Diaries is a great movie. Yeah. Quick Remember the dead, when his dad too. was trying to sell the apartment complex and he's like, no, dad, these are my friends. And Stop Critters it. 3. Remember when he's like, dad, dad, he's trying to open the door. It, and his- A young Mark Wahlberg in that movie, too. It's crazy. Basketball Diaries, yeah. I mean, that was oh, Mark well, Wahlberg when he was still Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, man. <laughs> one more movie that has a great soundtrack that's kind of modern is one that just stands out big time is Drive. Oh, that yeah. yeah. Drive. Drive is yeah. good. Drive has a great Why story. Why is that not on 4K? That movie should come out on 4K. That movie's fucking beautiful. Should put his I, other one, too. Only God Forgives. That, I like that movie a lot, too. Everybody loved that it, movie. Though. I loved it. Absolutely Wanna loved fight? it. Want to fight? That movie's Drive awesome. Is, Drive is so fucking good. Um, all right, well, getting back to 22 shots of tangents and horror, for That's sure. That's my fault. Um, second part of the question was, what are your thoughts on 2020? We've been bringing it up a lot lately. Because um, 2020 is shaping up to be, man, one of the worst years in a long time. And it's just such a terrible start to a new decade, too. Obviously, because of you know for- unfortunate circumstances that have plagued this world and stuff like that. But even with that said, you know, I understand you know the theatrical films not coming out and things like that. It completely makes sense, but I'm talking like even VOD films and indie films and stuff. It just hasn't been a solid year, but like, what are your thoughts on the year? Do you think it's going to get better or like, like just what are your general thoughts? I don't know. I mean, you can only hope. I mean, you know, it wasn't that long. What we're just, what are your thoughts up to this point in the year? So we're, we're five months into the year and it's, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't feel comfortable even having a top five. No, it's, that unaffected like the, the films that have come out there's been some decent things but like i said you know on the indian vod there's no reason why these films couldn't be dropping and good ones i mean in past years that makes up the majority of our lists you know are not the big theatrical films so i'm not really too <laughs> concerned about theatrical films as much as i am about the lack of great indian you know straight to vod films that usually are great no i couldn't give you a top five either i in 20, in 20 right now it's just uh, it's a wash with me I'm pissed yeah, I didn't get my candy man yeah, what about a, fucking Spiral bro I'm just not like that, I'm I'm not that enthralled in theatrical films this year there was going to be some good going to be the best movie of the year I was thinking Atlas was going to be decent and stuff but like where's the fucking indie good films Dave like where's all the good indie shit this year did you watch Slaughterhouse Slumber Party it's a lot of fun I need you to send me a copy I need to get you a copy. I yes. need to try. I know because I really, I like obviously I've supported Dustin Mills since like day one. I have like all his movies, you know, on media and stuff like that, but it's just, I would order it from Grindhouse, but I'm not paying 30 fucking dollars shipping for one DVD. Not happening. It's affected us all. First world problems. Um, but yeah, no, 2020 is man. It is just, it's so depressing in so many different ways, but that makes no sense. I sent you two Blu-rays and it was five dollars and thirty-two cents. I know. How the hell is it thirty bucks? Exactly. Exactly my point. Me and JP were just talking about this. He sent me a package I got today, and it cost like nothing to send it, like seven dollars, whatever, super cheap. And I go to order from some place, and they're charging me thirty dollars. And I'm like, what? Like, 
it, Jason Lloyd just sent me a package too, and five dollars from Texas. They're making yeah. money off us, man. They're taking advantage of the situation. It's unfortunate because sales are definitely lacking. Lacking, but ah, it is what it is, man. Um, all right, let's get into the last question. Uh, if David Cronenberg was still making horror films like he was, you know, fuck, man, it's been a long time since he's dropped an actual horror film, almost 20-some years. He hasn't dropped a movie in a while. He hasn't actually dropped a movie in a long time, but do you think that he'd be mentioned more as, like, you know, a bonafide master of horror as, or as one of the best directors of all time in the horror genre? I, I think he's kind of faded out of people's minds a little bit, even though we've discussed on the show before, <laughs> Wait, even recently, that David Cronenberg actually has one of the... Probably one yeah. of the best runs of horror films of any genre yep. director of all time. And and I'm not just saying this because I'm Canadian. Insert Dave's hate comments right here. I love Cronenberg. Oh, he actually said love. Nice. Um, but uh, yeah, David Cronenberg, in my opinion, has always been kind of overlooked. And I'm not going to go the Canadian thing. I think it's just because, you know, he had this great run and then he just kind of got out of making the films and stuff. But I think he's kind of a long lost thought in the genre. And Again, going back to his run that he had, I think it's arguably one of the best runs in horror films history. Not too many directors have put together that, you know, eight, nine, ten films in a row that were arguably good. So I think a lot of it, I think like he has the big film, The Fly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that just like the a lot of the, his films, I don't know if they appeal to a wide mainstream audience as much as they appeal to cinema fans. I think so that maybe, his, well, I'm talking uh, about genre fans, though, too. When, when I say genre fans, I'm not talking about a wide range. I'm talking, like, I mean, even within the genre, I mean, we consider, like I do, I consider Fulci and, you know, Carpenter, and I guess Carpenter Craven a little bit more mainstream, too, with the names and stuff like that. But you know what I'm saying, though? I mean, if you just keep it on a genre level, I don't feel like his name gets brought up as enough as it should be. I'm talking know, about weird. best. And I'm not talking about favorites. I'm talking about actual best directors too. Like he's done some really, really good stuff, you know. And it, it's just kind of unfortunate. He's that worked he on a budget too, and he he worked in the independent circuit and worked his way up big time too, and and made it high up there. And he never failed. Like he never had that crash no. and burn like a lot of the other guys. That's what I'm saying. Kind of weird. These do you think it might films. have something to do with like the fact that like a lot of them aren't traditional horror films. Like they're not like zombies or something he, like he's he has brought up fly. when it comes to body horror. Only. That's what makes when people bring so up body good. horror. They bring him up, but he he's, mm-hmm. he's known for that one genre, but nobody really brings him up when it comes to anything else, but he's clearly one of the top five best horror directors. I'm starting to think ever. that people don't even consider body horror to be a subgenre or something like that, because I mean, you know, the way we look at werewolves and, and vampires and zombies and stuff like body horror definitely doesn't get brought up like that either. So maybe that's why his name gets mm-hmm. kind of buried uh, within the, um, you know, under the blankets and shit in the genre, because I, I just don't understand it. Like it got me thinking about it a couple of days ago. That's actually why I w- wanted to ask this question because you know, I saw someone's top lists and question or whatever, and Cronenberg's name got brought up once or twice, but there was a lot of people that so, answered on the question. I was like, this is crazy that it never gets brought up. And it was best directors. It wasn't even a maybe, favorite question. Maybe it's because he doesn't have that, like, bona fide one, like, classic ten. that everybody loves. Like, Halloween with John Carpenter, or The Thing with John Carpenter. Wes Craven got Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. Toby Hooper has Texas Chain. Because you hear Romero's Hooper more than... Films. You but, hear yeah. Hooper more than... Cronenberg. Cronenberg. Well, I don't consider has, Hooper to be you know, a great director, though. He did. One I know or that's two what I'm. That's yeah. my point. Yeah. I'm saying that he's he gets brought up because of Chainsaw, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but and you have even Fauci with 
with Zombie and and have Argento with uh, Suspiria. Is it because the Cronenberg's big film is The Fly, and it's like a sci-fi film? Like, what is Cronenberg's big film? Well, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is for me. I mean, being again, you know, going back and you know, rolling into the '80s, I remember when Scanners was the cover of a Fangoria, and for a kid seeing yeah. a cover of a head exploding, that to me. Uh, now, as a as a young kid, issue eleven, that's I think. his signature film. For, that's his Texas movie for me as a kid. Yeah. Seeing that that cover, and then finally, you know, being able to see the movie. Uh, and now, I'll say I appreciate that film today way more than I ever did as a kid. A kid, I just got caught up on the special effects, and you know, just but I can put that movie in today, and I don't know that movie just absolutely works on me in ways that it never did as a kid as a kid you know you just you know but the fly i mean is great but i think you know i mean i was just thinking to myself as we were talking about this you know every time i've been in you know walmart of late uh you know and i've gone down the movie shop just to see if there's anything you know really really worth picking up i keep seeing the remake to his film rabid on the shelf for like 10 bucks or something and I'm wondering to myself, does anyone who walks by who happens to be scanning the shelf even know that that's a Cronenberg film? No way. No way. Nah. Not a remake. Definitely not. Definitely not. Only the movies fans. aren't as approachable. They're it's, not as approachable. They're psychological. They're mm-hmm. body horror. They're weird as fuck to people. They're also intelligent. People don't like Well, that's the, th- that's the thing. That's the thing. I think we brought that up before, too. I think his movies are a lot smarter than people give him credit for, too. And I think that might be one of the things that makes it unappealing to a lot of horror fans. They want that shit spoon fed to them. And when you have to think a little bit sometimes, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this about everybody and stuff, but you know, not with the subtitles thing, but I, I think it is a factor in his movies though, because they are so different. Right, they're non-traditional. When you think yeah. of like, they are non-traditional films. Well, he created, resonate with fans. He kind of created with, uh, the subgenre. The yeah, he kind of created the subgenre, in my opinion, and at least made it good. Um, there may have been body horror films before. I'm not sure, but uh, heavily but, influential to. I Japan. think there's a lack of fun in his filmography too. A little yeah, bit. he doesn't like fun. Uh, no because like I was thinking about it, because like I do respect Cronenberg, and I like his. Well, he made films serious. Lot, he made serious films watch... with kind of ridiculous ideas, right? Like he would incorporate Crash. these ideas, <laughs> but they always played out serious. But I mean, like we said when we reviewed, you know, a couple of the Cronenberg films, like there's social, like Videodrome is full of it, man. Like yeah. it's just filled with social commentary. That's one he, of his more fun he, ones. I don't even think Videodrome's a fun film. It's psychologically exhausting watching it, but then if you really kind of break it down, it's it's full of the social commentary. It's really well done. It's interesting, and you can have different points of view on it and shit. And I think that's definitely a contributor to his films. I mean, even with like Rabin and The Brood and stuff, there's social commentary. The even in Shivers, there's commentary in that too. And like you know, I mean, he approaches. Mm-hmm. He has very similar themes in a lot of his films you know um they're colder though romero does that too but they're not as cold romero's movies are warm and they have like 100 percent sense of humanity are you are you you saying cold because he made these in canada no no no. honestly about about cronenberg as well it makes sense when you grow up why did you never make a movie about vampires he says because i don't believe in vampires he believes in the stuff he's putting in his movies they're serious that's why that's why cronenberg is well cronenberg is i don't Honestly, so you're saying the dead zone? He believes in in psychic ability. I believe he, he does probably made the, he does. the dead zone as a absolutely. Paycheck. Ah, so he couldn't make a vampire film as a paycheck. 
He might. Well, he but was. I pre- don't think Dead Zone's hundred percent a paycheck movie. He he believes in science and psychological and that kind of stuff. Dead Zone is a little bit different from him, but that's a Stephen King story. See, Cronenberg yeah, made movies that he wanted to saying, make. Though, I'm saying I don't. I I find the argument that you don't want to make that you won't make movies about stuff you don't believe in bullshit. Kind of. No, I don't because he I believes don't in either. science. I don't either. He believes in science, and he thinks a lot of ways possible science could happen. He can but, justify it. Even if later on in his career he thinks it's nonsense, like the rabbit, he was like, man, this really doesn't work now. It doesn't really make any sense. I, I really didn't put think that science through. Like he's very critical of himself later on too. I mean he's a highly intelligent guy, and if you hear him right. in, in, in other things, he's more – he makes jokes in person. He's funny in person but not so much with his movies. Like I think he, these are movies that have to get out of him a lot yeah, of the time. Because he wanted Maybe to tackle yeah, subjects but, but, but that weren't being tackled. My point with that yeah. is The Dead Zone is a great movie. Yeah, and I love it. it and he did go out of his comfort zone and do something that was completely supernatural. Yeah. I don't think it's completely supernatural. The dead but zone. I, but I think he also believes in it too. Cronenberg wasn't the type of person that wasn't going to take a movie for the sake of doing it. Because it, it's like scanners, isn't it moods? Yeah. I feel like scanners is somewhat supernatural, but it's brought on by science. Yeah, exactly. Would, yeah. There's a study. Yeah. There. There's a study. There. I mean, there's th- th- those I things guess. are actually studied by scientists, right? So, yeah, I mean, I mean, but you could do vampires in a scientific way, too. He could. He could. But he would do it like that. Rabbit is kind of a vampire in a scientific way, to be honest. Right. That sucks the blood and turns him into zombies, makes him right. a rabbit. Yeah. But but but, but yeah. back to my original thing that I was saying, like why Cronenberg isn't respected or talked about as much. He wasn't in Masters of Horror, the TV show that that's something that can yeah, say too, right? And I, I know not. They tried well, to get Romero too. They but, couldn't do right. it. It's not everybody. Wants, it's actually but. odd too because Mick Garris obviously produced the show, but you know, it was, it was all produced and it's uh, from Canada Canadian. too. Yeah. It is Canadian, right? It was all pretty much <laughs> yeah. all shot in Vancouver. And so, so it is kind of interesting that Cronenberg wasn't, I mean, he might've been approached. I don't know. Who knows? But at this yeah, time, like he wasn't doing horror films anymore, right? He was doing bigger movies too right, at the time yeah. than Matt. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he kind of did his last shit. It was hard for them to get budgets. Yeah. I mean, his last kind of like psychological did, shit did was in Masters of Horror. Yeah. Yeah. With with like the new guys, right? Like the people from like the 2000s on. Yeah. Get Bogolano in there, man. And in those type of guys, like there's so many great directors out there. Yeah, Takashi Miike will be the bridge like because he, he's still doing shit. So he'll be like the new and the old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no. Yeah. The, the thing like with Cronenberg to end on that. Uh, my point was, um, you know, would you rather like, I think that uh, when I was, what I was saying about him being like fun, a fun filmmaker, um, would you rather watch something like the thing or Halloween or something like the brood? I mean, I think, well, you got okay. the mood for, for, okay. So I just had this conversation not too long ago with someone. And, and, and I, when someone asks you the question, would you rather watch this? What it comes down to for me is strictly my fucking name what mood I'm into. I love Cronenberg <laughs> yeah. films, but I don't want to watch a Cronenberg film when I'm like, I want to watch something fun. Like if I want to watch something that gets me going, I'll watch return to living dead. But there is many, right. many well, times where I will that. watch video drone when I'm, I'm kind of in a down kind of like I'm in a thinking right. mode and shit. And I want to watch something focused on it and kind of think about it and shit. There's different moods. That's why right. I always go back to Anthropophagus where that is the biggest mood movie ever for me for some odd reason. I don't know what it is about that movie, but sometimes I watch it and like I'm just like, oh, I guess I wasn't the right mood. So that's that's kind of the deciding factor. And I choose moves, movies based on my moods a lot. Right. And to rephrase it a little bit. Which mood are you more often in the brood mood or something like uh, the thing? I think that most people are in the thing mood. Things and, anytime. 
Right, exactly. So, and and all the other filmmakers have one of those. Well, right? the thing have to me, the thing is very much like it's a mood piece for me too. Like, I love the thing. Don't get me wrong. I think honestly, I think it's not only one of the best movies. It's actually one of my favorites too. I love the thing, but um, it's it's not a film that I watch this time of year either. There's specific True. times because you it's the middle of the that. summer. There's there's a time of the year. As soon as it gets cold and shit, I'm like, I want to watch the fucking thing, especially where I live because I actually have seasons. Unfortunately, some. Well, I mean, you guys actually do too because you guys live in cold areas one. too. I had a lot of seasons where known where Rob down in Georgia. I think I have five. I mean, Rob in Georgia doesn't really have a lot of seasons down there. It's pretty no. much it's pretty much warm all year. Uh, you might well, get a little Rob bit colder. Exactly. Well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. But it was I'm, different I, when I was robbed from New York. Yeah. Exactly. And and I was going to say that too. But <laughs> when you're in Georgia, when you have like one kind of consistent, you're like when I talk about the guys like Venom and Mike from from California and Zach and so these guys have like one fucking season all year. It's different. Their mentality is different when it comes to shit. But I know that's that why annoy me. So as much as they talk it up, I would be like, I don't know if I could take not having a winter at all. I know. Like, I I, we have maybe bonafide four different seasons here like there's a winter there's a spring there's a summer there's a fall it's it's really unique and i love that shit but you know my first camping trip just happened a little while ago and i you know i was out there and when i go to bed and stuff i always pop in a film but when i go camping i watch slasher films like first night i was out there i had to watch don't go in the woods alone because it's one of my favorites you know i just love that fucking movie you know i gotta watch these type of movies and shit because it's summer to me Right. And that's the right. mood that I'm into. I so do to watch the thing, I, I do it a lot too. like some people don't have a problem with watching, you know, out of season, um, you know, holiday films, like Halloween films and Christmas films and shit. Like Dave, I saw you watched, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night five the other day. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm, I, I want to put I this off as far as I can, because like, I can't even <laughs> imagine watching a Christmas based no film traditions. this time of year. See, and I do. No and traditions like I that. do too. So I feel uh, honest me and I don't have any. Like, I feel really awkward. Nope, don't give a fuck. Dave, stop being a fucking Debbie Downer, dude. <laughs> I'm serious. Just I honestly I truly believe. Pattern. I don't follow anybody. No, I truly believe he's not that. lying. I think he's truly like this. And I, I love that about no, Dave, that he's honest. To but I, I just, I have a, I am ADHD. I don't think about anything. I don't think about what anybody else is doing. I just do it. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think what other people are doing either. I just, no, I, I, that's, no, I'm that's not saying that, but you guys have like moods and connections. I just mm. don't have it in certain things. Like We can make you have it. No. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I actually, if he's bonafide ADHD, it's not going to happen. I'll do that. You just a... got to get into the season, Dave. Uh, got to go to haunted houses and have fun. Fun? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Come at me with. Fun. It's for friends who do stuff fun. together. I get it. I get it. Fun. Um, that is for friends who do stuff. Come on, SpongeBob reference. I think. Aren't we supposed to be talking about Rob right now? Let's get back to Rob. Okay. Rob's yeah. thoughts on David Cronenberg. Yes. SpongeBob. Uh, you know, I, I love Cronenberg. As a, like I said, Scanners might have been the most impacting film on me, but that was the most that was the most relatable film until The Fly. It, you know, now looking back, I can dig into his filmography and have a much larger appreciation. But as a kid, it, it, it was tough. Uh, it was tough to connect to. I mean, you know, as a kid, I could have watched. Uh, I could have watched. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I could have watched Last House on the Left, and I could have understood. There's something really serious here going on. But with Cronenberg, man, he makes you think. I mean, it's always constantly, yeah, yeah. you got your thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking. And as a kid, man, it, it's tough to, you know, really sort of grasp onto that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I wonder uh, I wonder what would have happened if he would have had a stretch like Romero in terms of, you know, with Romero, we always look at his dead films. I mean, it, it's such a big thing. 
But with Cronenberg, it's sort of like here. I mean, if anything, maybe his few movies he had in the seventies that aren't that different than you know the crazies in terms of you know the contain infection, you know that kind of thing. But he's you know he's just kind of a, a, a different uh, guy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I completely get it, man. I completely get it. I mean, his films. I always said that they're not for everybody. You know, I mean. There's filmmakers out there like that. I mean, but I mean, in terms of being objective when it comes to film and shit like that, even if you're not like the hugest fan of his movies, you you probably you should probably respect what he has done. Absolutely, right? Because he has done some really good stuff. I mean, you look at this, you look at this uh, this streak of films. I mean, starting with Rabbit in '77 to Fast Company, which I mean, starting with Shivers in '75 and then going into Rabbit in '77, then he did Fast Com- or Fast uh, Company, which was like a car film, which is still pretty good in itself. Then he goes on this tangent, like The Brood, Scanners, Videodrome, uh, The Dead Zone, The Fly, into Dead Ringers, and like all these movies. Naked Lunch are straight thinkers, man, and that's the thing. And then you get into Naked Lunch, which is like totally fucked up, psychological and craziness, and Butterfly yep. Crash, which is just probably one of the most bizarre films ever made. Just came like, out on 4K. I can't even believe that Crash got a fucking 4K. Like, it's crazy. Like, that movie is so bizarre. It's the weirdest shit I've, I think I've ever seen. Uh, Existence, which is, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Existence. Existence, yeah. And then, of course, Spider did in 2002. And that's kind of, like, where it ends Apple for me. Is kind of... Um, even though he, you know, some of his later films are okay. Like, History of Violence, I thought was okay. Eastern Provinces was okay. Dangerous Method, eh. Cosmopolitan, eh. I haven't seen Maps of the Stars. But I'm saying, like, his streak between, you know, 75 and 2002... Is pretty unique. He might have the seventeen quietest, years. Uh, he might have the quietest uh, filmography of most directors out there that we don't talk about near as much as we we often. And that's what I've been saying, man. I, I don't want to like quote movies. champion what he's done, but he was very, very consistent in those years. You know, I mean, they definitely got sweeped underneath the rug, but I think never Cronenberg, went below a seven, right? No, he never had a, a, a under a seven, but he never had a ten. Maybe, arguably. I think he did, but some people would argue he never had a 10. I mean, Romero, Craven, Carpenter, they all had 10s. Mm-hmm. But did they have as many good films as this? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe um, not, right? Not I think Romero really. had like eight. You know, Carpenter most definitely did. Had I meant uh, Craven most definitely did. Carpenter had a really great stretch of films, too, at one point. And, and Fulci did, too. Like, there's some directors, yeah. you know, and Argento. Fulci like, might have that many. Yeah, they, they, they're... Argento. Yeah, there's some there's some really good streaks out there, but man, there's some there's some real sloppy ones too that and and those names that are attached to those kind of sloppy discographies are a little bit more prevalent in conversations than guys like Cronenberg who quite honestly objectively are a lot better. And it it yeah. kind of saddens me. Craven had to eat, man. Craven had to eat. Lose, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Since, you know, since for me personally, you know, Fulci has taken on such a uh, you know, just a uh, a place in my life right now i've gotten you know more and more comfortable with knowing uh, in that stretch run that he made you know the people that he fortunately was blessed to have around him whether it was sacchetti you know writing um Savati, uh de rossi and just that group of people yeah. that were with him for that stretch did did cronenberg enjoy the same for that stretch I mean, did he have a consistent writer? Did he have a consistent uh, I don't think so. cinematographer? I, think, I don't think so. He started in Canada, so I don't think he did. Well, the thing is with Cronenberg movies is that he actually wrote a lot of his movies himself. So, 
it was he was kind of a one man gang, <laughs> to be honest. Like if you if you look at their movies, they change. Like Romero's movies change dramatically when he's out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, never looked the same. Cronenberg, you know, he these ideas were all written by him and too. Like, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit different when you have different writers and stuff like that. But yeah, no, his films very much feel the same because of that reason. I think one man gang. So moods and themes, moods and themes for him. Exactly. Yeah, not the not the quality of the film, you know. I, I mean, like, honestly, I can't even think of any Cronenberg film that he didn't wasn't a part of writing. I mean, these are Cronenberg ideas, and you know the way they're shot and stuff. I mean, all his films kind of feel the same too, and stuff like that. I'm sure he might have used different uh, DPs and shit, but I'm, I'm I don't know. They have definitely the same feel. Well, Carpenters have a lot of the same look when you got Dean Cundy there. Oh, exactly. Yeah, Carpenter. And, yeah, has I, I think out of everybody. Carpenter has the most visual, um, recognizable style for me. The, the other guys have time frames. Like Fulci and Romero have frames, like at a point in their career where they all have the same visual style. Like from there's always Vanilla all the way up till Dawn of the or Night Riders, even. Romero's movies all look the same. But yeah. then, you know, like, and then Fulci has his big thing when he had Savetti, his cinematographer, they all yeah. look the same. Yeah. But then after they start to switch up, and, and same thing with Dario, he had some best cinematographers on his crew, and then they were gone. His movies suffered immensely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, budget, the budget also. Big time. The budget. When you look at Tenebrae and, and how that film shot, and then you watch, like, I don't know, Phantom the of the Opera. <laughs> like it's just like night and day to, it's like insane it might be the biggest decline um out of anybody money man money talks <clears throat> it's true i think it's the biggest decline out of anybody in terms you of lose your crew, style. Man. you lose the guys you can trust and the people you can trust and you you suffer for it i mean i think in argento's case too i think a lot of people died i mean he just he's like the energizer bunny at this point he could have brought them back <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> he just didn't want to <laughs> He's being selfish. Like yeah, five I just think honestly that Argento is just a little bit out of touch with things too. You know, I think later in his career that he was just trying to be something else that he wasn't. I, I think if he had to stuck to doing what he did best, even with different uh, cinematographers and things like that, I think it, they might have turned Aja out a little in bit my better. Movies. You want to see Aja's tits? <laughs> I want to see. But Aja's it's even it's even soundtracks too. I mean. You could possibly get, I mean, if you wanted to get Claudio Simonetti, even in those early 2000s and films and shit, and I'm sure you probably could have. I, I think you would have been fine with doing, you know, the scores and the soundtracks for him and stuff, but we just opted out of not doing that. And so downplayed his shit and it got bad. Yep. All right. I think that's going to do it for five questions. We got one little last thing. I got a question, Moods. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, you know. I was just going to say, is that the longest five-question segment you've ever had? Two oh, hours. man, it might be. It might be. <laughs> it might be. That's um, awesome. Okay, so this is like a thing. I, I think I might have started this with Venom or something like that. This only takes one minute, like literally. So this will be the end of it. I call it 10 and, ten and 1. So it's 10 little, uh, 10 little questions. You answer, move on. Don't think about it. Question 1. Argento or Fulci? Fulci. 70s or 80s horror films? 80s. Scream or The Frighteners? You're thinking. Scream. Oh! Black and white or color? Black and white. Nice. Westerns or action films? Ooh. Westerns. 
body Damn. horror or slashers? Slashers. Carpenter or Craven? Oh. <laughs> Carpenter. Italian horror or American horror? Italian. The Twilight Dude. Zone or Tales from the Crypt? Tales from the Crypt. Your family or horror movies? He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, thinking about I it. Be, I mean, <laughs> family. You're just saying that because they're. That's they're, probably they're the correct answer. Bonus question: Exploding heads or twenty-two shots? Twenty-two shots. Nice, yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's uh, quick little ten and one. It's always fun. I the reason why I asked the Scream versus the Frighteners is because I think I was like the only one that had Scream as the non-number one in '96. So I was curious, but it wouldn't have been on my number one moods. That's right. We did talk about this, right? Yes. Just hold on. Okay, so that's going to do it for five questions with Rob. Let's move this along. Kick the shit about the mail, man. You've got mail. Trust the mail, man. Now his ass is trash like a garbage can. Caught up in some shit with the mail, man. All right, so moving along. Uh, Jeremy, are you resurrecting dead mail this week? I mean, I was gone for six months. So I really not resurrecting it. I just wasn't here to do it. But let's do dead mail Issue number 13. With oh, Dread. shit. You are re- resurrecting it because you didn't do it when you were here. Fuck for the you. Past couple of it's true. So All right. Know. With Dragon Slayer on the front cover, we have the George Romero interview on the set of The Beast Within and John Landon's on an American Werewolf in London. This issue is from June of 1981. Hmm. All right. This one comes from which one? Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. What are you doing? I'm just gonna keep waiting. Why? Okay, so you're not concerned about the enjoyment of our listeners? Hey, man, I can always throw in some great fucking samples in there. Don't worry about it. True. Got any fart noises, dude? every show i end it with a good all right i'm writing to you after having just seen finally william lustig's maniac i underestimated Mm. the film i thought it was going to be another average underrated hack up gore film but i was wrong maniac scared the hell out of me not only was it graphically gory and scary but spinel's use of black humor as a schizophrenic killer who talks to his collection of trophies was way too much why no fangoria coverage on humanoids from the Deep and Mad Max. I thought at least humanoids would somehow make it into your magazine. Dude, and, have uh, you guys seen humor in Maniac? I, yeah. I haven't. When he's really? dressed like a little Boy Scout and he's eating like the things and loading his gun and he's eating like popcorn or something. He's eating like pop, pop, what's that? Poppycock or whatever the fuck he's eating. Cracker Jack. Cracker Jack. He's loading shotgun at the same time. That's kind of humorous. Really? To show his childlike. It's creepy I mean, as fuck, but I guess it'd be good. It's not I funny. I guess it is <laughs> so and how you approach it. I mean, you really have. I mean, Dave, you always talk about how demented and, and black sided your comedy is. Um, I mean, I, it comes down to how you look at it, I guess. I never looked at Maniac as being remotely funny at all. Right. Same. <laughs> That's, That's the only scene that comes And to I mind usually have me. a dark minded. Like, I love dark humor too, but I just never see that character as. I, I, I only see Spinell. Um, as just really fucking like mentally fucked up. Like, I just don't find it funny. 
like that scene's the only scene that could be portrayed to me as comedy. Like it's like this faux weird that you have this cold blooded killer in one hand and this childlike behavior in the other, and he's loading a shotgun and he's eating uh, like that cracker little jacks. popcorn. Yeah, yeah, Cracker Jacks. Yeah. And he's loading a shotgun simultaneously. See, what that been, just shows you how fucked up he is. What would have been funny if he if he was doing that and then he kind of paused to find the, the prize inside the Cracker Jacks? Now that would have been funny as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, that's outworthy humor. The that other one's been like, awesome. Cracker Jacks are terrible, by the way. Uh, yeah, they're stupid. I haven't eaten them in, oh my, probably 30 years. Yeah, that can't be good for you either. There's nothing in there. Just sugar. Caramel popcorn. Yep. And All right. Well, this guy's a little bit of a dick. He says, Dear Bob, one favor. I really enjoy seeing my name in Fangoria, but would really appreciate it if my last name could be spelled correctly. It is K-L-E-M-E-N-S-E-N, not K-L-E-M-E-N-S-O-N. A small quibble, but one does not like to see it done right. Also, one small gripe. Also, one small gripe with some researchers and their studies of Hammer. There's a bad habit they have of attributing far too many films as the work of Hammer. On page 38 of Fangoria number 10, for instance, Jack the Ripper, while made in Britain, was not a Hammer film. All British horror films are not necessarily Hammer films. Well, that guy's a bit of a douchebag. I feel like he's right about the Jack the Ripper. Movie yeah, though. he sounds exactly like you, Jeremy. I feel <laughs> like you jumped in a <laughs> DeLorean, Jeremy. went back to 1981, wrote this for the Fangoria. <laughs> That's what he That's gets what he about his last name. What was his last name again? Say that out loud. No one can even pronounce that. It's like Clemenson. The spelling yeah, fuck Nazi. That yeah, fuck that name. I wouldn't even republish that. The thing that. about Jeremy like, no. that's weird is the people he don't like are him. So you would think he would just change who he is. <laughs> nah, he fucking right? hates He's Richie. Like, he fucking I fucking hates Richie. hated Richie. All he fuck did was Richie. fucking cuss the whole fucking time. It's and I'm like, literally, uh, he even fucking <laughs> looks like you. He fucking looks like you too. Hey, well, sometimes people don't like themselves. Give the kid a break. Like yeah. this guy's sitting here criticizing this guy for correcting people's grammar. Me, like, do you know who you are? Yeah. This dude, this dude wrote a note to Fangoria. Jeremy he wrote doesn't a note have all the way one... to Fangoria and made him publish him complaining. Jeremy doesn't have one mirror in his house, apparently. Nope. Not. He's like the video dead moods, right? All right. Yeah. This one comes from Brian. Do you not know like virgins too? All right. <laughs> He writes, I'm Dear, for. Dear Fan Oh my god, that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard on this show. Oh, that caught me off guard. I got tears in my eyes. <laughs> Brian writes, Dear Fangoria, I have brought several of your magazines to school recently, and my friends enjoyed them. During a study period, my friends passed them around. They were talking about the Maniac pictures. Didn't this guy just say they didn't write about Maniac? We were talking about the Maniac pictures when the teacher heard them. He said, okay, bring up the magazine. When he saw the cover of issue number nine, he said, whose trashy magazine is this? I said, mine. Your mother buys you this trash? You could pick it up after class. I was so mad at him that at the end of the class, I grabbed this so-called trash from the desk and went home. I don't think there's anything wrong with your magazine, and I wanted to tell you I'll keep on buying Fangoria. Well, fuck that guy. God bless yeah, America. I mean, that is... Like, I was hoping it was going to be a twist and to be... And the dude be like, oh, sweet, I didn't get this issue yet or something. But no, of course, it's just what you expect where a teacher is like, who's... I like how they criticize the parents with it too, right? Like your parents buys you this trash. It's like, well, maybe my parents doesn't think it's trash. You know what's weird weird about that? I had a magazine. I had a fango taken up by a teacher when I was a kid. 
I'm and pretty he, sure. teachers couldn't take things. And you know what I'm he did, Rob? Sh- he took it home and he and he hung up the posters. Probably. Yeah, and you know what freaking you know what gets me mad about that? It was I'm pretty sure it was the Motel Hell cover. Ooh, that's number nine. That's, oh, the that's a good one to give away. Yeah, like, uh, hey, Jeremy's <laughs> obsessed with Fangoria. Motel he knows Hell's what, excellent. Wow, he knows the the magazine numbers okay. and the cover. That's one of the more. Because that's the first issue that the magazine changed from a sci-fi base to a horror base was issue number nine. Teachers actually can't knowledge. take anything from you. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, they, they have to make back you up. give it back, right, at the end of the day? Yeah, or you can just say no. Dude, I got what? fucking no, sent not home. Back then. Not back in the 80s. I got sent home. I think it was in the 8th or What are they going to do, Dave? I can't remember what grade it was. But I got sent home for wearing – I was wearing a Dr. Dre shirt. And it basically yeah. had a skull in the front. And he was smoking a joint. And I didn't get mm-hmm. sent home for that. It was the back of the shirt that said Helter Skelter. <laughs> the principal saw my shirt and he thought I was like supporting and in, in, uh, something to do with Manson and shit. I was like, what the fuck? I'm like, this is like anti-Manson shit. Old. It was crazy. The they fucking actually, 80s, dude. Actually sent me fucking home for this. It was crazy. Yeah, you can get sent home, but they can't take, they ain't gonna yeah. take shit from you. No. Well, he, he gave me the option. Okay. I, I kind of left out one of the parts of the story. So he did give me the option of changing my shirt. And I said, I literally said, fuck you. I'm not changing my shirt. <laughs> right. So I'm not no, sure if I got sent home for saying fuck you or the shirt. Wrong. But then he's like, you can't wear that shirt in school because it's promoting, you know, satanic shit. And I was like, oh, my God, th- this is not happening. So, song, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I've had I've had many instances where people try to take my phones or my headphones or something. I'm like, Nope. <laughs> and they'll, they'll send you to the office. And if you could, if like, I was kind of a little bit of a smooth talker and I could just be like, you know, honestly, I just, I don't want to give my personal property to somebody where they can damage it. And, uh, I'll put it away, man. But it just sounds so young. You're talking about, Oh, they were going to take my cell phone Personal. away and shit. I'm like, cell phones right, yeah. in high school. What the fuck? Yeah. But no, I use, <laughs> I, I mean, my Dunkaroos away. I don't play I don't that. Want the teacher to eat them. <laughs> my fucking I'll, Reebok I'll, pumps. I he ain't going to rub his balls on my headphones. Cause he doesn't like me. <laughs> oh man. Why do you got headphones in school? You should get balls rubbed on. Well, you're a lot. You were That's, allowed to have headphones in I, high school. I was the kid known as the, the the kid that never took his headphones off. I right. every I, single I, day. I had every headphones single every single day in high school. Backpack full of tapes, and I used to sell shit mixes out of my locker. Shit, and I shit, had, man. It was I amazing. had tapes still back then. Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, in high school, because I was like the CDs skip, man. <laughs> shit. All right. Just this says, dear Fangora, how many horror movies would it? take to turn a 13 year old into a drooling slobbering idiot and fancoria writes just one if it's any good all right yeah that's a dumb fucking letter you wasted your fucking time all right this one comes from frank and he writes dear fancoria i've been following the debate concerning roger ebert and gene siskel and i believe the following list of films which they have liked will prove that they're just film fans at heart though oh, they get do the go, fuck out of let here. me finish <laughs> let no. the man finish no Though they sometimes go overboard. Cisco likes scanners. Cisco likes scanners, the stunt man, the elephant man. Ebert liked Altered States, Flash Gordon, Motel Hell, Fade to Black, The Haunting of M. Both liked The Brood, Halloween, Dress to Kill, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, and Popeye. See, they're not so bad after all. Half those aren't even horror movies. Right. No, they Where are the bad. Where does Popeye no come one... into that mix? <laughs> Nobody's. <laughs> thinks that they're not bad that it's their inconsistency god damn it that's what bothers me more than anything it's like they just choose what they don't want what, i think what they i think, think that is just bad. proves that they're very hypocritical when it comes to 
what they're rating and how they're talking about films on the air and shit like that. I, I that doesn't make sense to like some of those films and hate on other ones when they're very very similar. Right. I mean, they created an entire movement. You know, I mean, the Silent Night Deadly Night shit, man, is just. <laughs> It's it's outrageous, man. It's outrageous. But you're going to like shit like, like Motel it. Hell and stuff. Like, I mean, what? Like, what? what the fuck are you? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So They hated Motel Hell? Did no, it on there? No, they liked it. Yeah, Motel Hell's a comedy, though. True. Which is funny. True. Yeah, no, it honestly doesn't make much sense. You're right. How, how are you going to like Reanimator and then hate Friday 13th? I don't know. And yeah, different or, or moves, how different are tones, you gonna- but... Judge, How, judge Friday 13th for being violent. You know? Love, Last House on the Left, Bash, I Spit on Your Grave. That's closer. That's more ridiculous. Like I said, it was his theater experience. He, the crowd ruined that movie for him. Mm-hmm. Like right. Candyman, hate Hellraiser. That's <laughs> so dumb. That's the dumbest thing I heard. You know, like the theater almost almost helped ruin uh, my Halloween experience, Rob Zombie's Halloween. These people today don't know how to react to film. <laughs> They it's just true, laugh man. when they feel uncomfortable. I mean, freaking, oh, it's horrible. Ah. You're going to hate Halloween, but hate on, you know, you're going to like one, you know, themed fucking film versus another one, like Silent Night and Deadly Night. Like, come on, man. Give me a fucking break. It's the, the women same in shit. danger films. Honestly, it's, though, it's like it's a, a serious film critic. Holiday films. I, I can see you giving Silent Night Deadly Night a bad review because it's not really a well right. made movie. I, I, I can see that. But it but wasn't even like about the film. Yeah, it wasn't about, oh, yeah, the, that, film it about the film itself. It was about the. It, it was about. They're, just, they're placating yeah. to their audience. Yeah, I mean. No, was, I think that they also just genuinely wanted the people. They wanted to control the type of people that the, the type of movies they deemed to be worthy and didn't want trash like they didn't want society to like trash like that. But we are trash. We love trash. Well, it's when you right. put a, we love you know McDonald's. a fun loving character like Santa Claus into a horror film. I mean. Obviously, they're not taking it as. I mean, Santa dude, Claus is an asshole. It's a horror film. He's Come an on. asshole. Yeah, they're pussies, man. It's stupid. Dorks. It's stupid. All right. Next up, dead. we have Steve from California, and he writes, "Dear Fangoria, Bob Martin stated that Toby Hooper showed a greater understanding of Stephen King and the horror genre than Stanley Kubrick." I would like to point out that repeating tired cliches is no more of a sign of understanding the genre than breaking new ground is a sign of not understanding a genre. Thank goodness that Kubrick did not repeat everything which has gone before and that he created a work of art which was unified whole and not a string of occasionally horrifying set pieces. If anything, Hooper's treatment of Salem's Lot showed a total disinterest in a supernatural horror. Obviously, his realm of expertise is the psychotic – not the, the vampire. What the hell is this guy talking about? Which may, which may, which may explain why James Mason's stakers understages Reggie Nadler's Barrow as far as television restrictions go. All I can say is that I saw the theatrical version prepared for European screens, and if anything, it's worse than the TV version. Did the, did, did Salem's Lot? Did this guy honestly have like three strokes writing that? I don't know. Like where? Like what? What's his point? I don't he, know. Um, his point is that he doesn't like that Toby Hooper followed directly the, the novelization. He thinks that t- going different made The Shining a better movie. Okay. Who's the fuck? Like, what the, I, but I that, that's supposed to be I'm the point, though? The guy. I don't know what the fuck he's talking but about. But that's what I'm I, saying. I I'm like, Kubrick, Kubrick's version of The Shining turned out good because Kubrick made a good movie, not because Kubrick he did never or makes didn't a bad movie, the script. Right? Like, 
I, I mean, there's tons of Stephen <sighs> King films so that follow the that. story and are good. There's other ones that don't follow and are good. That has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This one's kind of relevant. This one comes from Morbid Melanie from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hi, Melanie. And they write, Dear Fangoria, Wayne Madeline badly embarrassed me when I read his comment on black neighborhoods. I happened to be on a crowded city bus when my hysterical laughter caused all eyes to focus on me. But I could understand his point. Us black people always attack anything that has white skins, straight or curly hair, and is 18 and is 18 that steps one foot in our battle zone. Seriously, though, I doubt if anyone would have bothered him if he did what he came to do, and that's all. Okay, I guess that... I just thought it was interesting. What? What the fuck's going on? Say that again? 30 yards, man. 30 yards from me. What? Wayne Madeline badly embarrassed me when I read his comment on Black Neighborhoods in Polster Zone Issue 11. I have What's that comment? We don't know that comment. But that's what I'm saying. Like, what was he referring to? Did you proofread these? No. <laughs> All right. We need what he's referring to <laughs> no, to understand no, this whole no. this whole yeah, response. Yeah, dude, how the hell are we going to know what the hell he's talking about? How do about? we respond to his response if we don't know what the hell he's responding to? If Texas Chainsaw Massacre was rated R in the first place, why cut out the violence? There was supposed to be a scene where the killer cuts was a girl's it? heart out in a gory, in a gory close-up. Another missing scene showed the killer cut out his victim's tongue, and another showed the killer rip off a girl's leg with his bare hands while she was taking a bath. If the gore had been in the movie, it would have been more enjoyable for me and my friends. I love gore. Wait, which chainsaw is that? Everybody loves that movie. Ever. Chainsaw One. Dude, that that guys, never like, had. That was never real. Hey, that guy's hey, got. I know. I think this guy printed something that his friend told him. While right. They were, yeah. they, while they were smoking joints. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that could happen so easy back then? Yeah. Where just like no fact checking. <laughs> right. You, you couldn't just quickly Google it. You're like, are you fucking serious? They were going to rip out a yeah. tongue and a heart? Oh, man, that movie would have been so much better. Fuck TCM. I've Terrible. never seen a film rip out a tongue, correct? Like it's where it actually looks like a real tongue. Have you ever seen Herschel Gore Lewis movies? They none of that list. shit looks real. Lewis movies are awful. Man, I think man, Dave hates Herschel Gordon Lewis movies as much as he hates Canadians. (laughs) It's crazy. I like what Troma's War was fucking horribly boring. I haven't watched Troma's War in twenty years. Don't all right. Dude, it's not boring. What the? What did you watch? Dude, uh, listen, I've come around so heavy on Troma to where I like mostly everything that I've watched from them. Hell, I like the Killer Nerd. Uh, but dude, Troma's War is fucking painfully long. Well, you watched it with the 45 minute added commentary. By that Joe was Bob. the best part, dude. I love Lloyd Kaufman. Like Lloyd Kaufman Lloyd is so a non renewable resource of horror. He's a national treasure. We need to protect him because he is fucking hilarious. That New York, uh, Charlie so Lloyd is such an interesting person, man. Like for somebody that He's can trolling. travel, he trolls nonstop. I'm like, he trolls everyone. Too. I he just doesn't care I, if it's the most respected person in the world or just you. No, he because, trolls everyone when you because that's him. Lloyd. That's right. Lloyd. He's always going to speak his mind. But one thing I respect about him is that he's going to fly from all the way from like New Jersey to fucking Calgary for Horicon and not charge for autographs and sign like multiple things for everybody. This guy is like ridiculous. Dude. It's I guess so you guys respectable. Have to see this video. It's crazy. This video is at Cinema Wasteland, and it's the funniest fucking thing I ever seen in my life. If you know the history, like you know these guys don't like each other, and Charles Band doing a big yeah, oh, the Charles Band yeah. one, yeah. The Charles Band Lloyd Kaufman video is so funny because Lloyd keeps trolling him and then pawns him off on somebody else, and Charlie Band's clearly getting frustrated. He's like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> he's trying to be all like fake and like professional, and Lloyd's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, let's cost you six hundred dollars for butt crack." 
I'm surprised that uh, Charlie Band didn't like film that and make a movie out of that. No, it did turn into a video zone, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was no, it was on not a video zone. A, uh, oh, I called? could I could market this and sell this, man. Yeah, video blog. Yeah, right. they, but they had a name for it. It was like Vidcast or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah the Vidcast. Larry yeah. Cohen was annoyed with him too. You could tell. <laughs> no, but Lloyd Kaufman. If you guys haven't seen Joe Bob's uh, Trauma's War showing like dude lloyd is on there they talk a lot and it's it's just he's just so fun to listen to and and it, i just i have a new respect for lloyd kaufman he was fucking with joe bob too it was so right. funny he, did you watch it yeah yeah i watched just them talk because i seen drama's war and he's yeah, still sharp so too like he's getting older but he's, he's still super right. sharp i couldn't believe it yeah i was his like wife's what? great too his wife she's great awesome too. yeah she is awesome yeah. actually shout out to uh the homie i think luke is it luke can't remember um fractured listens that podcast he just interviewed um uh lloyd kaufman really? so check that out uh, a long time listener of our show nice yeah. nice all right mike right yeah luke i must knows. i must say that after seeing the texas chainsaw massacre several weeks ago i've been staying away from most of the low budget exploitation flicks currently being churned out in fear of paying another four bucks to perpetrate something as truly as sick as the above mentioned film i like intelligent gore films as much as the next fangoria reader but what toby hooper did take the cake for repulsive sadistic filmmaking simply simply i've come to the conclusion that texas chainsaw massacre is a film that should never have been made on the other hand my bloody valentine is a surprisingly good little horror film give or take an ambiguous ending let's face it the last 20 minutes in the mine shafts are alone worth the price of a mission you know, dude, you, you know what's I, yeah. ironic Wait, about this? Remember, this is actually dumber as okay. fuck back in the 80s. Hold on. I thought we were dumber as Hold ever on. now, but what, I guess what, not. What's ironic here a little bit is that he's talking All about how gory, how gory and, and TCM is repulsive and shit like that. And I'm like, that movie really doesn't even have any blood and it's kind of fucked. And then he's talking about My Bloody Valentine where, I mean, he obviously probably saw the he cut version of it too, which is like funny. the shitty version of the movie. There's no gore in the cut version. <laughs> so, I'm think, so I'm thinking if he had a saw the uncut version of My Bloody Valentine back in, he would have had the same reaction to it. So this guy likes Worse. non-bloody films. Like, dude, dude, no, you're right. This guy I thought the world got dumber too, but I, I feel really smart. We've always been dumb. We've always been dumb. I, my whole it's life, I was a stupid was thing idiot, to say. And then I grew up and I realized every 90% of the people were dumber than I was. And we were all fucking idiots. <laughs> yeah. Can we track this guy down? <laughs> we we, we, we plan on doing that I, one I, time. Let's see. We got to track this in. dude down. I agree. We, I got to open my butt cheeks right in his face, tie him down and just open well, Butt cheek fart right his, in his face. His address is 2801 North Bristol Street, apartment 89, Santa Clara, San, Santa Ana, California, 92806. He's down to live in California. He doesn't I mean, have enough money to there anymore. This is also 39 years ago, so chances are. Biden, that's that's his name. His name is. Fart face, apparently. Mike, Mike Linden. <laughs> Mike Linden, I owe you a fart right in your face. <laughs> right in his face. <laughs> All right. Here's another. Uh, my bloody Valentine letter from Don Hicks. And he writes to the editor. I just got back from wasting more money on another cheap Halloween ripoff. My bloody Valentine. I would say <laughs> my bloody Valentine. I would say that this one is the absolute worst. The acting was terrible. The gore depressing and the ending was one of the most asinine things I've ever seen. 
thank God we have directors what? like Cronenberg and Carpenter who know how to create wow. true horror. Here's to abolishing the slasher image forever. Well, wow. while I'm writing, I'm afraid I have to add on some comments about this Gene Siskel controversy. I'm sure anybody that watches sneak preview saw the so-called so attack on women program in which Siskel and pal Eber tore apart all the horror films, which they felt were made against woman's lip. Included in their list were Friday the 13th, which sparked a whole controversy, Motel Hell, which Ebert praised two weeks later in his review, and I Spit on Your Grave, which may actually deserve the honor they gave it. What these Nathandrals did is take scenes totally out of context from the rest of the film. They took three scenes from Friday the 13th, which showed women being attacked, and failed to mention that Friday the 13th and similar movies do not only show women being mutilated. In fact, Friday the 13th was nicely balanced between both sexes. But anyone who hasn't seen the it killer's would have thought a that it was women because of the scene they chose to show. If Cisco and Eber don't want to see such movies, fine and dandy. But I wish they allow us the right to see them if we chose so. How horror forever! God this damn! Guy, hey, can I say something? Really? Real yeah, go ahead, Rob. I'm, I'm just glad when I was a kid in the '80s, reading these magazines. A, I was probably skipping over all the dead mail and just going right to the article. But I'm so glad I wasn't near as analytical as some of these people because I probably would not have enjoyed most of everything that I watched. I don't understand why people have to be that nippy. Like, I mean, are they, I mean, against women in Friday the 13th. Hmm. Do they not realize who the most of the the, fucking people are? The fucking, exactly. Usually the person that survives is always woman. And in this case, in Friday the 13th, the killer literally is a woman. So how's it against fucking women? Hey, if the slashers don't kill him, who's going to kill him? Right? Like, Somebody's it's a woman kill killer. Women? In that specific case, if the Seriously killer's no. a woman, for fucks. I don't even get that. Like, it, it, did they not see the end of the movie? These like, are it's not misogynist. They didn't watch the movies. It's not that at all. I mean, fuck, man. It's nothing against... It's not women-on-women crimes. I mean, give me a fucking break. It's a slasher film. We have seen movies like that, though, where they're clearly just, like, perverts, like, fucking drooling over women and cutting them up. But Of course, but we've seen more films the, the other way like around. And, and the majority, there's a reason why there's a final girl in films, because the woman yeah, always fucking Carpenter's survives. There's this, always dude. the there's strong the female that-, that prevails, but no one seems to fr- remember that, which is odd, because it's the last fucking thing you see in a movie. You're remembering the first 86 minutes? Of random pe- and, and the thing is, there's more guys that get killed in, in horror films, in slasher films, than they do girls. It's but a nice people mix. remember. It's usually a couple. It's honestly, I actually looked up stats on it one time. There's actually in the 80s, in the 80s slasher films between 1980 and 1989, there's actually more males that get hacked up than females, and usually the female survives, survives unless it's fucking Friday or Friday the fucking part two. Um, like think about think about Elm Street, right? Think about Halloween. Yeah. Uh, the the lead female is the strong character. She's the one that is more observant. She's Insane. aware. Johnny Depp's like not paying attention and just thinking that it's all in in her her and his head. They're all having the dreams. It's- Why is Nancy the one to be able to to put it all together? Same thing. And John Carpenter's talked about that. He said vision. if you watch Halloween, right? The reason Jamie Lee survives is because she's the only one that's observing the things around her. She's the one that's seeing Michael Myers at the bushes. She's the one that's seeing him out outside, exactly. but everybody's yeah. there. They're just l- worried about like school and dances and other stuff. While Jamie Lee's the one that's grounded in reality and aware of her surroundings. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck right. you. <laughs> All right. Last one from Michael. <sighs> What's the heavy sigh about motherfucker? What? Who heavy side? Somebody heavy side. You probably. Not me. (laughs) 
Just do it on accident, not even knowing it. Wait, so you're <laughs> saying you hate people that heavy sigh? He does this 30 times a show. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, think he I swear to, to God, Jeremy hates himself so much. I know. Like, I know. It's so it's obvious, it's actually, man. I'm in therapy. I'm trying to get better, all right? Good. Leave the boy alone. Those two infamous in film critics have finally brought out what I've been trying to say for the last two years. Gore movies are giving horror movies a bad name. I was once a gore movie okay. alum, but soon stepped out. When I finished watching Mother's Day, I said to myself, boy, this is a great comic satire on the gore trend. Until that is, I found out that it wasn't a satire, but it was supposed to be played out seriously. Mr. Kaufman, I must say that you did scare me into thinking that it was a satire. That was to be the first and last scare of the movie. See, he was even trolling people back in 1981. That's his brother, though. That's his brother. Right, but he was still doing the same shit. Yeah. Nah, his movies were really straightforward. They weren't like Mother's Day where it was hidden. I don't even know if it is hidden. I don't think Mother's Day is very good, but that's me. I, I like Mother's Day. I like the original it, Mother's Day. I actually no, really like, like the remake, too. It's kind of fucked. What, what like a bunch of sensitive little pussies lived in the 80s. You guys oh. suck. <laughs> I don't mind I don't the remake. Hey, they're calling people. us. They're calling millennials babies. They're like, oh, these millennial babies. <laughs> right. You motherfuckers can't even take a I slasher know. movie, motherfucker. You guys couldn't handle slasher movies in the 80s. <laughs> yeah, my bloody Valentine hurt my feelings. The guy had a pickaxe and my pussy hurts. I mean, in the dude's <laughs> defense with my bloody Valentine, they did see a fucking shitty ass. He even mentioned no gore. And I was like, no, he okay. said there was gore. He said yeah. the gore was disgusting. <laughs> no, he <laughs> said there was a lack of gore. He said there was a no, lack no, of gore. He said the no. gore was disgusting. He said depressing. The gore was he said it was depressing. 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 He said it hurt his feelings and that, you know, in the future there's going to be people who are even bigger. Oh, babies. yeah. Yeah. The gore was depressing. I thought the gore, when you said the gore was depressing, it was because there was a lack of gore. It was depressing no, that there was no gore. Because he was bitching about gore because he was a baby. Oh, my God. He if he had seen the uncut, sex. all the gore is cut out of the movie, for fuck's sakes. Right. I don't know if I have this many farts for all these people. Dude, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to fucking bean yourself out, man, for show. You guys got to help some Talk me. About. Who's coming with me? Right. I, dude, I can help. I mean, I, can help. I, I can't believe that this – my whole world has shifted tonight because, like, babies. I – so, Since when are we going to start respecting millennials now? Right. <laughs> this is crazy talk. Technically, I'm a millennial. Uh, I think dudes might be. Nobody's too. talking I'm actually about not. Those. I'm actually not. We worked this out. I'm actually not. I'm part of that Bunch just before all. 19. I was born in 1980, and it's changed in 81, I think. So. Yeah. Still right. sucks. sucks for you. All right. Is that uh, it for those? That's it. Because there was no VHS or anything back then, so there was nothing in there. Oh, yeah. 81, I guess. Yeah. All right. I think so. They have VHS. They complain about that, too. <laughs> fuck vhs man that beta vision is gonna win man the beta i don't understand why friday the 13th part two has the same cover as friday the friday 13th part one i can't i get mixed up sometimes and then sometimes i lose i don't who am i <laughs> how come steve minor directed part two and three but the guy who did one is not the same guy why are these why are these tapes different sizes fuckers <laughs> Who's Paramount? Why is he on the side of the box? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. All right. So that is that is dead mail. All right. So moving along into some knowledge. JP, do you want to do the honors of uh, 
knowledge this week? The word I bring to you today is knowledge reigns supreme. You got no time to joke and play because knowledge reigns supreme. Yeah, just, uh, you know, similar to what we normally do with stuff like this. I was I, I had a few different ways that I could go. I was going to look up like, you know, uh, top 10 remakes or like top 10 remakes that are better than the original or uh, something along that line. But I did, instead, I was like, you know what? Let's let's focus more on George Romero. So I looked up a list of all of George Romero's films ranked from worst to best. You know, he's my favorite director of all time, and I'm madly in love with his filmography. Not all of them, but most of them. So this is going to be really So hard. this could be a two-hour review on every movie, David? <clears throat> yeah. No, I'm just going to be like, nope, no, yes, yes, yes. All right, no. so if you were going to choose your least favorite, what would it be? Survival of the Dead or, or Bruiser? <clears throat> okay. Well, they <laughs> chose number 16, There's Always Vanilla. That's a good choice. I can see that. Right? I can see that, yeah. Not going to argue with that. All right, so tied at number 15 and 14, because for some reason they couldn't distinguish them apart in a <laughs> fucking ranking. <laughs> uh, we have number 14, which uh, I haven't actually seen this, but The Dark Half. It's okay. It's not a bad movie. Okay. I, I, I honestly think, I mean, in terms of, like, adaptation, it's – not the greatest. I think the book is better, but it's actually Never, not. It's not one of my favorite Stephen King stories, anyways. So I was. But it's not a bad movie, is it? I don't think so. No, no, the movie's not bad. I mean, I think the book. I remember the book being better than the movie, though. But that's just yeah. Me. But that's with like that. No, not necessarily. That not with Christine. Like not necessarily. Not necessarily. Christine's better. So is the not Shining, necessarily, but like ninety percent of necessarily. <clears throat> 90% of the Sarahly. That Not with King. Are you I just like making some shit? movies better than the stories. <clears throat> well, I mean, I just like movies. I mean, so. you look at The yeah, Mist, and I like Stephen King's remarks on The Mist. It's like, I wish I'd have wrote that ending. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, number 14 again. What? Survival of the Dead. Yeah, they. I told you. they, t- yeah, they t- t- Okay, t- seriously, 16, going back 14, to Dead 14, Mail? 14. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, survival that of the part. Dead. Well, that was for one of those guys. That was for Farface. <laughs> that was survival. If Survival of the Dead is his worst, one of his worst films, like I'm okay with that because I actually don't mind it. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I have problems with it. It makes me sad because the other ones are so good. So that was Survival right. of the Dead number fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number thirteen, which I disagree with. This Monkey Shines. It's fun. I like Monkey Shines. I need to rewatch Bruiser, man. I haven't seen that in so long. I remember not liking it, but that was so long ago. I probably like it. Now. I actually like Bruiser. I've talked about that one a few times. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong, but I like Monkey. I think Shines. I like Monkey Shines more than Bruiser, though. I do like Monkey Shines. I don't think anything wrong with it. Some of the science shit is kind of stupid, but all those movies are like that. Yeah. Uh, number twelve. Was it wasn't Monkey Shines the one uh, that Romero decided to stay on project rather than do Pet Cemetery? Probably because it's eighty eight. Pet Cemetery yeah. was eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. He missed yeah, out on see, a. I think we talked about that yeah. before, actually. Yeah. See, that was a huge heartbreak for me as a kid because I remember when. Uh, well, it must have been Fango. There was no other real outlet, but I remember when the news was breaking that uh, it was being suggested that Romero was first in line for Pet Cemetery. I just remember me and my friends who had read the book. We were just so man. I mean, just yeah. absolutely psyched out of our minds. 
And we then, definitely we talked that. about that on the show at one point. Definitely. Yeah. <sighs> you could do a top 10 list of Romero f- films that he didn't make that he was supposed to. Like Resident Evil, It. He was The Mummy. It, the Stand. Point. The Stand. It. Yeah. The Mummy. All these Stephen King. Jo- oh, yeah. I guess stemming from Creepshow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And The Dark Half. Well, I meant, yeah. Creepshow is the start. Uh, and then number 12 here Two Evil Eyes. I like it. Uh, it's disappointing. Do you think if they had a third director in there, it would have flowed better? I th- th- see, I don't consider Two Evil Eyes to be a, an anthology. I, I've mentioned this many, many times. It's just, it's a collabo of two films. I mean, an anthology to me is like, you know, three or four with wraparound and stuff and. It, that just it just seems weird when you watch Two Evil Eyes. I mean, I get it; they're you know they're post stories kind of thing, and I don't know. I just don't think they're great. It's never been one of my favorites, man. To be honest, I, this would be very very low on my list. To be honest, I think Dario's story is better. I do too. Actually, I do too. Yeah. All right, uh, number eleven. Before we break into the top ten here, Diary of the Dead. Not gonna argue. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably put it around there. I mean, just looking at the film. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, 10, top 10 here. Uh, number 10, Season of the Witch. It's a good movie. It is. Yeah, I like it's it. I like Season of the Witch. I think it's very, very underrated for sure. Yeah. That's the movie he said, the only movie he'd remake if he had a chance because he felt like he didn't have enough money to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can see it, yeah. Number nine, Night Riders. Oh, Night Riders is, is pretty good, man. It's a great movie. Definitely underrated, man. Um, Tom Savini in that film, Ed Harris. It's fucking good stuff. Definitely a carryover from the seventies with that ending. Oh yeah. Uh, number eight here is probably the film that I think has grown on horror fans the most in his filmography, and that's Land of the Dead from two thousand five. Love it. It's decent. I I found a new love for it. I remember when it came out, I found it really disappointing. But over the years, it's grown on me a lot, and I appreciate it. I always it. liked it. I always thought me it was too. pretty. So I think I actually started liking it more as the years went on, to be honest. I thought and it I gets better of, with age. Yeah, it does. You know, I, mean, I, bought, I bought the uh, UK uh, release of that just for the cover art because that was so freaking epic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven here, uh, 2000, Bruiser. It's interesting that, that Bruiser's lower, like I said, Bruiser's higher than Land of the Dead. I wouldn't put it lower, um, or higher. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, I don't lower know. than Night Riders. It's got to be. It's got to be below Night Riders and Land. Of well, the, Dead, the way right? I the way I see it, the way I see it though, Bru- Bruiser is going to be one of those films that like everyone doesn't like right now because it's only on DVD. And as soon as it hits Blu-ray or 4K, everyone's going to love it. So. I if Bruiser hits 4K before other George Romero <laughs> movies, I'm going to be pissed the fuck off. Who who actually owns the... I can't remember who even... Is that a Lionsgate? Lionsgate. Is it Lionsgate who did Bruiser? Okay, yeah, because yeah. I have the DVD. I just couldn't remember who put it out, but... Okay, so that's pretty much never coming to Blu-ray then. Don't hold your breath. Yeah. Uh, after that, number six here, I highly disagree with this, but it's Day of the Dead. Yeah, that's at my number, favorite movie At of all number time. six? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god, that's absolutely so I can think of you already seven great movies though. We yeah. know what they are. Day of the Dead, <laughs> absolutely not. No, that's my number one, so what the fuck? Uh number five here, Creep Show. Figured so. Love Creep Show. 
This yeah. dude's got crazies high up on his fucking list. Way too high. I, lo- yeah. I love the crazies, but not not, not above Creepshow, not above David. He's got, Martin, so he's got Martin fucking higher than... Wow, this is crazy. Number Mark's four, arguable. the crazies. Okay. Which is, you know, crazy. <laughs> number three. Number three, Martin. Yeah, figured okay. so. Number two, Night of the Living Dead. Okay. And number one. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn yeah, of I, don't like, I think that guy's. Li- this was from Movie Phone, by the way. I think no. that guy's list is all sorts of fucked. Well, Day of the Dead's fucked. Spot uh, yeah. anything else but that, I, I won't get very mad about. I'd switch Day of the Dead probably with, but I, I like Day of the Dead more than 99 percent of the people. But still, <laughs> Day of the Dead should be objectively higher than that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, for me, Day of the Dead's in my top five favorite horror films ever. It, um, it is me too. Dawn of the Dead is my favorite. Day of the Dead is like number three. Um, my all-time Night of Living movie. Dead is is high on there too. So I mean, those that right there, I love Martin. You know, I love Martin too. Um, it's got it's got to be day, dawn, night, then probably creep show, creep show, and Martin, Martin crazies. They all they're all up. I probably put point. creep show then Martin, probably the crazies kind of thing, and then we get into some of his later stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead, I, super I, the high. The thing for me. I love about Creep Show is everyone has different favorite segments. Like what? Uh, like let's just try it real quick. Dave, what's your favorite segment in Creep Show? Something that tied you over. Uh, Jeremy, probably the same. Fuck. <laughs> uh, Rob, the crate. Mids. I was gonna say his is definitely probably the crate. Uh, something that tied you over. I love that one too. Okay, yeah. well then, fuck. It doesn't work. But mine's the <laughs> Jordy Barrel one. I love all of them. Though. Oh really? The Jordy Barrel. Like any of them. Yeah. I, I actually don't love all of them. I actually dislike Mother's Day or Father's Day. I, I actually said, don't like that segment. I thought you said you didn't Where's like something cake? to tide you over. Something to tide you over used to kind of bug you. Yeah, I don't really. I, I, I like it. So basically, you I like, like Leslie you, Nielsen. Me too, man. I, I like it. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Leslie Nielsen. I, I don't really, he always just annoyed me. Oh, he's great in that segment, though. Yeah, he Perfect. is. I love their creeping up on you and Jordy Verrill. Those are my two. I like the crate a lot as well. Yeah, I can watch Creep Show all the time too. The the creeping up on you, I didn't. I grew up like more like love for that one later on. I was like, how's it going, Mister Pratt? (laughs) Dude, they're creeping up on you. It's so good. Dude, what about Creep Show Two? Let's gotta be the raft. The raft's the best one. Yeah, the raft is my favorite one. But you know what? The first time I, I actually saw that, I had read the, the short story of that, and I, I was I was so I was so upset when I saw that. See, the short mine story is, is great. Mine is Old Chief Woodenhead. Short good. I like Old Chief Woodenhead. People hate it, but I like it. Dude, I used to actually loathe that one, and then I think it's because it's so long, and then the other ones feel so short or something like that. I don't know what it is, but that's how the crate feels for me. Yeah, and it, it, I, I always felt like it was super unbalanced in the, in the <laughs> anthology because I think there's what only three in the in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there's less, uh, less stories, and then there, that one right there is like super long and shit. It used to bug the shit out of me, but I actually became a fan of it. Rewatched Creep Show two a little while ago, and uh, really enjoyed it again. So it's well, my third it favorite more. segment of this of the eight segments in in all in both Creep shows. You mean George Kennedy in it? Yeah, I love Cre- the third one. We ain't talking about that, that third one. <laughs> yeah, Creep Show. Nobody counts that one as the real Creep Show. Uh, you talking about Tales of the Dark Side? Uh, no, yeah, that's Creep Show three, three that's man. Creep show that's three. Creep Show three, Jeremy. I'm telling you, man. If what that about shit, Creep Show three? If that, that shit was show not three. called, what about Creep Show four? What the fuck, Creep Show three? Four. Well, he it's said not real. 
I'm confused. I'm telling you, man, if Creepshow 3 didn't have that title, people wouldn't hate it as much because it's not like it doesn't have the worst segments ever in it. Really? I, I didn't even seen finish. It. I didn't even watch it. I just saw the haunted hot dog segment and I was like, oh, like five minutes. <laughs> not even the whole thing. I just saw a guy holding up a hot dog and I was like, eh, it ain't Creepshow. That's a hot dog. Oh, come on. You can't just judge it on a hot dog, man. I'm not watching. I saw that other guy's movie. They produced that Day of the Dead 2 contagium. They can fucking lick my dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They can definitely <laughs> lick some shit off the shit. dick yeah, on that, that one. That company got that is horrible. Day of the Dead and Creepshow. Yeah. Isn't that fucked up that Anchor Bay actually shitty. released that Day of the Dead, con- Day of the Dead contagion fucking see? Oh. That shit's probably mad out of print it might, now, it, and I don't It know must it. be one of the worst releases they ever did, man. It's crazy. I don't even remember it. I watched it. I don't remember a goddamn thing. Nah, either do I, man. It's not good. But what about Day of the Dead Bloodline? Do you like that one, Dave? I forgot There's, about no. that. The never Day of the Dead remakes are the two worst remakes ever because they're lazy and they're shitty, and they never, didn't do it. They're I've just garbage seen that movies. One. Never seen that one. They're anyone. turd bombs. Half stars. Got it. Because they disrespect George Romero, and it upsets me. Yeah, that shit's $22 now. Day of the oh. Dead 2? Yeah, contagion. You spent. Yeah, it's a better deal. Oh, uh, you could get it used for two nine thirty nine. Well, you can still buy them new. I guess they probably never sold out of them. <laughs> you should. You should download it. All these conditions are acceptable. Patreon. I mean, if you collect original it. Anchor Bay, actually, I don't even think that one is original. Oh, well, maybe it is. Don't, don't give them none of your money. Just download it. I'm about to buy. Did, it. They didn't, George didn't get no money. That's right. That's right. Maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah. I don't All know. right. Well. That's the knowledge segment. Okay. Yeah. Hey, yo, it's about that time for the 22 Shots crew to get buck wild and do what we do. You got that fatty in hand, so throw us a few. And we gon' hit your ass up with a bonus review. Yeah. All right, so moving into the bonus review here on episode 187 this is a patreon pick coming from our boy james cox and it is a film from 2006 called right at your door which actually Wish my last name was cox yeah man well you are one for not making me an admin so. i did yeah right at uh, your door yeah right at your door why, actually why, fits wonder why he picked this um no you made me a moderator bitch I mean, it made sense. I mean, we had other bonus reviews to to choose from, but this one fits in perfect with the theme of the show. Um, really can't deny that, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, directed by Chris Gorak, who actually directed the the Darkest Hour, which I have seen before. I think this is his first feature film. Uh, like I said, from two thousand six, uh, Darkest Hour came in two thousand eleven. Has anyone else seen that movie here? darkest hour sounds familiar i did see it i actually did see it when it came out and i can't it's remember a theatrical movie isn't it uh might have been i think it might have been yeah. yeah uh i can't remember it that well <laughs> but which is probably not a good thing but uh who knows uh this one is storing rory cochran of course his fame is probably playing slater in uh days confused to be honest and of course he was on what csi also yeah yeah so it, it's kind of hard. I, I can always, every time I see him, I always think of Days Confused, like the stoner type character. It's just, it's always awkward to take him serious in anything. But um, so yeah, right at your door, quick synopsis. And Mary McCormick. Oh yeah, Mary McCormick's in this film also. Yep. She's From awesome. What, what she famous for? I don't know. Better being, say the right answer. Being Australian? Uh, private parts. From private parts, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, quick synopsis. A dirty bomb goes off in Los Angeles, jamming freeways and spreading a toxic cloud. Well, that's pretty basic. Um, yeah, thoughts? I wish on- they would make more movies like this. Not maybe so much. It's not the best movie, to be honest. But I like the idea and the way that it goes and plays out. There's not enough dirty bomb kind of movies out there. It's kind of a cool story idea that I don't think they achieve very often. There's not too many dirty bomb films out there. I mean, it's essentially just a terrorist movie kind of thing, right? Yeah, but there's not like, oh, I never heard the term dirty bomb before this movie. (laughs) Or like, oh, there's really? Oh, that's that's a common says dirty bomb. That's a common term. That's a common term. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where? I don't Let's, know. It's just a common term. Yeah. Dirty bomb just means, yeah. It's like a terrorist thing, right? So I think all bombs are dirty. But I just, I can't think of like many films that play out in this way where we follow the characters who are stuck in a place because of a dirty bomb going off in that fucking atmosphere and they can't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, this movie has a good setup to it. I just. And the, execu- the acting's not that good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. The acting well, isn't. Yeah, actually- the acting's. I think the acting's pretty good. The, I think. Like- the, I think honestly that uh, Roy Cochran. There's times where it's decent, but man, his character. He's just a bitch made character. His crying is driving me nuts in this man. He just. He's almost too soft for the situation. I understand some of the things that are happening and what he can and can't do and stuff like that. But at times, his character does kind of annoy me. But my biggest problem with this movie is that I feel like the director. Uh, Chris Gorak was, he wasn't trying to make a straight up like terrorist type film. He was, he was more or less making a film about characters and and what they're going to do in these, in these type of crisis uh, situations and things like that. It's, you know, it's a, it's almost like a romance story. It's like a love story in a sense. I mean, you like mischief night, but just better. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, but my main problem is with this movie is that when you're trying to accomplish something like this, you you have this big disaster out there, but your main focus is these two protagonists and their love for each other and blah, blah, blah. And it's turned into a survival film, right? I mean, it's essentially what it is. And uh, my biggest problem with this movie is that it doesn't set up the relationship properly in the beginning of the film. I feel like the relationship between, um, Mary McCormick and, and Roy Cochran is almost awkward. Like you don't even understand in the beginning of the film, at least I didn't, if they were, you know, if they were engaged in their, in their marriage or if they were on the outskirts or if they were breaking up and things like that. I felt like in the beginning of the film, when Rory's making her coffee and he's doing all these things, he's like, I feel like he's trying to save the relationship and, and her reaction to it is kind of like, yep, yeah, I'm going into the city. I'm doing this and stuff like that. I, I, I don't think it established the relationship as being a strong one, which I think is trying to be implied in the film later to come because he's trying to make these tough decisions, whether to let her in the house or not and stuff like that. I think the setup is just, it fails itself a little bit with establishing the relationship when the whole film is about that. And it's kind of a big miss for me. Honestly, I just don't understand why he didn't let her into the house to begin with. If fucking let her stay outside the whole night. Why the fuck didn't you just put up the fucking plastic wrap and shit and let her in? Because sometimes it 20. takes a little bit to think of. Well, that, that, that's a process. That's a process. I mean, obviously, yeah. the reason why he leaves her outside is because of what he's hearing on the radio. Like, if you come into contact with someone, this could be viral. They didn't know what was going on. If it was, you mm-hmm. know, if it could, how it could be spread and stuff. So you had to take those precautions. I get that. But when you're put in that situation, yeah, you got to think things through. And eventually it does come to that where he does kind of think of this idea where I can I can, um, you know, mask up and put this plastic inside 
hide this inside the room and where she can come into the house kind of thing right you know into the into the, the doorway and stuff. how that technically works well because well, yeah but well the, the main problem in life you don't always think of it right away <clears throat> the main problem is with doing what he was doing is that i just don't think how it would work that the well. more and more that he does that in the house he's he's eliminating <laughs> that <not> he's <laughs> essentially eliminating that part of the house for himself right because he's trying to not be contaminated and eventually you're just you're you're kind of coercing yourself right into a fucking corner you know it, it's kind of kind of brutal in that sense but uh i mean you know I, what i was i get what he's know, doing you know what i was waiting for to happen i was just waiting for the but I'm pregnant moment. Thank God it never happened. I was just waiting for it to fucking happen. Just like Rec 3. I thought they were going to pull that bullshit. Oh, fuck Rec why 3. Is it, why is it bullshit, though? It's just a cop-out all the time. We fucking it just pregnant. heightens the situation. No, but it, it, it adds in a a little bit of a variable that doesn't really need to... I mean, honestly, it, in this film, it would have been because the relationship was already kind of like questionable. Like It's implied that he lives off her... You know, and I think the relationship is a little bit strained from that, but I think it's also implied that the, it, it is a little bit strong too. But it's not really shown in the beginning of the film. That's the problem. So when no, it comes down you to don't letting know anything about them, and you learn it as the film goes, I kind of like that. No, but I think this um, film would have worked a lot better. The fact that like when she comes to the house, and you know, he has to make the decision to block out the house, whether to let her in or not. You know, I think it would have worked a lot better if it was established at that point, though, because now you when you see her on the outside and him on the inside, and then that fucking connection, it, it just hits so much harder. The emotion is so much harder. It's yeah, like, it, man, it he's, probably would have. Exactly. At the and, same time, I think that her acting lets you know that how strong it was. So well, I she's think also that, in dire straits, though, dude. She <clears> knows that she's infected. She wants to get in the house. Like, I mean, every, anybody's going to react like that, man. When you're in dire straits, like, I mean, you don't know what's happening, really. Like, you just you're thought, fucking scared for your life like this isn't about the relationship at this point she doesn't give a fuck about him in this situation she wants to get the fuck in the no, house she because she has some stuff she, she she says some stuff like that, yeah that, but i mean at, at the end of the day she wants stuff like that she wants to be inside because that's where she feels safe right i mean right she's scared exactly and so i mean that doesn't really play but, into but, the, but the core before of the that, relationship you even see him go look for her and stuff which uh, which shows how strong the relationship is that it's more than just this, yeah, but, you know, this but, thing but that's going to end soon But GP, if you're with somebody, regardless of what your relationship status is, you're still probably going to do that. That's the right thing to do. I know, but that's, I'm just saying that you're saying that there wasn't stuff building up and I'm saying that there, there was, you know, there was some I'm stuff I'm talking that, about in the first like 15 minutes of the film, like when he's making a coffee, like that whole mm-hmm. thing just feels like you don't know where the relationship stands. Like if, right. if they're on the outskirts it's and not, stuff like that. You're learning as you're watching. I know. I get that. I get that. And that's what I don't like about the film. I wish they had established right away and, and kind of hit you with that full emotion right away. And I think it would have made the rest of the film play out a lot better, to be honest. I honestly, that's just the way I see it. Rob, do you want to, what are your thoughts yeah. on the film? Uh, I think this is, well, I watched it twice. I had to watch it on Tubi, which meant I had to deal with the stupid commercials. And of course, on top of the commercials, the fade in and out, you know, over Even the course of the film. Uh, yeah, that's the only way I could have seen it. But I, I think, um, I think, uh, well, to jump on the relationship thing real quick, I think you're right. It, it's not established right off in the beginning, but it is implied. It becomes a little bit more clear throughout the film because you also have the dynamic of the uh, the relationship between them and, uh, well, and the in-laws for him or her parents. And uh, that whole dynamic is, it plays out. But, there, you know, he's it's implied, of course, you're right, he's a failed musician. Not failed, but he's a struggling musician. He's home. He's yeah. the stay-on-home dad. She works. 
And so I guess if you look at it from dynamic that dynamics, you know, you could say maybe she's the stronger half of the relationship. They're and, definitely trying to play and, that. Yeah, and he's and I think he I think he struggles. I, I think he's unsure of himself and lacks the confidence. And that's where you have that guy, Avardo, whatever his name is, he comes in, and he's the one who initiates. He's the uh, most interesting character. Yeah, yeah, he wants he, he wants that house, you know, sealed up quick, quick. I just and get the impression that she resents him a lot for because she has this remark like, "Hey, are you practicing today?" And just kind of took that like, "This yeah. is what you do with your time, right?" And I feel like that's how. I'm like, man, you know, yeah. like you can just feel the tension there. Like you're going to sit at home and you're not practicing. Like what the fuck are you doing today? I'm going to the city to go shopping kind of thing. Right. So I feel mm-hmm. like there's something yeah. wrong with the relationship right yeah. there. There's tension. There's definitely fucking big there's, tension. There's, there's a well, little, there's going to oh. be, you know, if you, if you're the breadwinner, if you're doing all the stuff and you feel like the other partner isn't pulling their weight yeah. and you know, it can definitely lead to some tension. Um, I think, I think that, uh, I actually really like this movie. I, I thought I, I, the thing that I liked most about it was it's just simple. It's most of the time you spend in this little tiny section, but they they set decorate good with the ash on the outside, so you believe that there's and you have that early scene where the you know you see the city burning and stuff like that pretty much, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> so I you have enough there to let you believe in that world, and then the rest of the time we're just set in this. Uh, almost like kind of like with with a lot of movies and like disaster films you're always like in the heart of the disaster but realistically most of us are going to be in that situation where we're on the outside of the disaster and we're just kind of waiting around to see what's going to happen and where do you go from here and you're kind of trying to listen to the government and and you know it makes it more realistic too that we're kind of going through this pandemic thing where we are listening to the government and because all the time in movies you're like oh, don't listen to the government like you know like don't trust them but in reality that's literally what we're all doing right now we're trusting the government we're trusting the cdc we're trusting all these places that are telling us what to do and if this was some type of a different uh situation like in this one a lot of the same things could probably happen you know and uh I thought it was super interesting. I, I dig the relationship dynamic because I do think that it's kind of complex where it's not this standard like, oh, we're deeply in love or, oh, we're not deeply in love. It seems like there's a mix of like we have this tension with us, but we care about each other. We, it feels more, you know, like Moods was saying, like regardless of the situation, you're still going to go out and look for somebody that you've been with that long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that that's all, all really cool. Um, I, I, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh, if this is actually serious, this guy's fucked. Like the, the, he, like this stuff is not working. Like, you know, the, he made the bad decisions realistically. I mean, he was already outside when shit hit the fan. So he was fucked either way. Right. Yeah. Cause he was already outside. I I think for me, when I saw, when I watched it the second time, I did it with the subtitles on and I found myself really immersing myself in this radio world of all the information uh, that we're getting. Right. Think, There's so much that's done through the radio. Yeah, there is. That's right. I, I think the strength of the film, it, it, especially if you if you read the subtitles and really immerse yourself in, in what's coming through the radio, uh, the strength of the, of the film, I think, is the images that it creates in your mind. Like, you know, even from the beginning as it's starting to get set up, you know, they're giving you, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You know, we're hearing about the, the tractor trailer that's stopping traffic. Uh, the guy that traps himself in his own cab and you know they're not knowing what's going on there but it's a dirty bomb and the idea that they're targeting the the heaviest uh, 
point of traffic on the highways. To me, I, I don't know if I've ever really heard that in a film before, but that's kind of scary that whoever the perpetrators, the attackers are, uh, which, by the way, you know, in the end, we, we're never told if this is a domestic or foreign attack. And I was, like, hanging on every single piece yeah, of subtitle yeah. and waiting for that to drop. And, and the, the closest thing you get is that announcement that somewhere in the middle where the president makes the announcement that he's, you know, the investigation's well underway to uh, into who are the evildoers, which invokes 9-11. Right, and that's and then, what it, it, I even thought about that too, Rob. And that's where I, it comes back to me being this is about this relationship, right? It's not exactly about the, you know, it's not about the actual dirty bomb and the attack that's going on because without the reveal, it, it just kind of it, it makes you kind of take a step back and go, yeah, this movie is strictly about the relationship and stuff. And that's where I feel like the establishment of it was a little bit mis done, in my opinion, because the rest of the movie just wasn't effective for myself, anyways. And then when you don't get that reveal too, it just kind of it just kind of solidifies it for myself in what we were just watching. This is not well, about the terrorism. This is not about that. This is about you know being in a relationship. This is about what you would do in dire straits and stuff, and and mm-hmm. how you would react to things. And you know, I mean, there's certain. I think there's a lot of decisions that are a little bit questionable. Uh, but it comes down to being very personal in these situations. Like, what would you do? Would you if you loved her so much? I, I think a lot of people would just have the mentality is like, you know, in your heart, letting her in might lead to your death too. But I think some people would let them in just because it's the right thing a to do. A lot of people would. Exactly. And that's why I question yeah. it too. And I'm like, I don't think that they were, you know, the relationship was, it, it was well, damaged. It was really, da- he thought about it. He was at this point, he was about saving himself, even though he's there for her, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he understands what the, what the situation is too. And it's, you know, if he's inside, he has a better chance of surviving, which is the irony of the whole fucking movie, right? Because what it eventually becomes is insane. Right. The irony it, is it, too it's an, fucking It's thick. always an interesting moral dilemma yeah. of the, the viewer watching it. What would you do? Like, and like me, I wouldn't let anybody in. Like, that's just how I am. I, it comes I'm, down to I'm personal situation. Yeah. I think that it's going to be benefit me and even you. in that situation, in that situation, given if, if in my relationship right now with me and my wife, I would let her in in a second. Yeah, I would. Right, I, there, without I, a question, I, I wouldn't even think about it. I would See? not let her suffer outside. If she's going to die, she's going to do it with me inside. And that's yeah, just I, the way it's going to go down. Like, there's not a question in my fucking mind. I would never even have to think twice about it. Right. I, I, I struggled and, with with that thinking the same thing that that I, I was I did not like the decision making that was no see that I thought decision making was and, really it was almost dishonorable it's like dude and, and you know I faced I faced that earlier this it week. is the, oh. it, it is dishonorable but it's also the intelligent decision okay you know, if you're into it for yourself and nobody else no exactly. no 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 that, that there's no there's what is her inside affecting her helping her in the situation you I know just, what I mean I just She's already come in contact somebody with could come across her and fucking kill her right but somebody could come across her inside and kill her as well no but, how would they know that she was infected at that listening point, to too? listening to what the people are saying on the radio I, her best bet for survival and yours is probably to stay not in contact mm-hmm. uh and mm-hmm. that's why i you know he thought of the the way to do it with the thing which was cool but i'm saying in that moment just chill, chill out wait let's I, figure this thing out give me a minute here let's yeah but you know because of that you know what you know what part i think i might have hated the most 
when he when uh, Rick shows up and and takes her and Timmy, that young boy, and they go off looking for the hospital. And just the idea of letting my wife go off with, you know, they might not have been strangers or anything because later on it's implied in a voice uh, voicemail on the phone that he, he said he left a message he was coming on his way over there. But still, the idea, there's no way I would have let my wife just go off with someone I just feel right. like there, I, I feel like there's a bigger there's a bigger vision here, you know. Like there is a moral to this tale a little bit. It's like, you know, like sometimes when you do nothing, like I mean, I'm not saying he's not doing nothing. He's still there for. Her. I'm about letting her in the house, you know. I mean that that can be, you know, that can he actually made the lead bad to, call by letting her. That can that, that can be the worst decision. Too. Yeah, right. Yeah. It can lead to death. So kind of if, thing. if if she kind of hung out on the porch and stuff. Yeah. Then they would both be alive at the end of the movie. I just feel like leading, you know, doing nothing really is probably the worst thing you can possibly do too. And like I said, you know, it's it's ironic though, man, because him doing him not letting her in and really not doing anything about her situation outside actually came back to haunt him, you know? Yeah. I think there's a moral yeah. there. I think there's a moral in that story and I think that's pretty much what the director was trying to tell that's what i took from it anyways because i mean honestly i didn't see that shit coming we none of us probably did i can't imagine anyone seeing that coming because really when you start throwing an incubation and shit like that i'm like i mean it's very relevant to what we're going through today and stuff like that but it's just i think there's a bigger thing there so it's pretty ironic i I really thought that um i thought i i i knew letting her in was the the bad idea like movie terms of course of course yeah i understand that when you're a wife and you're married for a longer time you're gonna have a stronger bond than maybe say um you know a girlfriend boyfriend situation that have been together for a couple years um but also you know if it was my you know there are certain people that it would be really hard not to let them in like somebody like my grandmother would probably be the hardest but I'm the way that I justify it is I'm doing it for the best situation. Like I know that it sucks right now, but I think that it will benefit both of us and possibly our kid or nephew or our other family. If we do it this way. So try not to be impulsive is, is my, my thing. Like at the moment you just want to grab and hug them, but realistically you have to look at, the the long-term uh situation i think i think the most interesting thing about the movie though it's one of those situational things where it does get every individual viewer thinking differently and Mm -hmm. it creates conversation too right because you you're different because you're not married right Right. i mean it would take someone very very special for you to be like fuck this man like i know they're gonna die outside so why not die die inside with me kind of thing and like with me and Rob, like we're married. But I got also kids. didn't think that she was dying outside. Like in my own head, in that situation, and while watching the movie, I didn't think that her life was necessarily in danger at that moment. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, like why can't she hang out on the back porch? Like, well, they did already- say. I mean, it was hard not to to figure that she wasn't because they said it was an airborne thing and that she was she was actually in the drop zone right like she was in the in the explosion zone so and they said pretty much everybody that was there was infected and it's not good 
You know, I mean, that's when you hear that type of shit. I mean, you have to assume that, like, fuck, man. Like, we're talking. I mean, what is this? Two thousand six. I mean, it's, it's still hard biological weapons and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's dangerous. It's dangerous. You know the consequences of what's going to happen here. We've lived through this before, and you would have to assume that uh, she's probably fucking dying, man. Like, I think, like on her way out. I, I mean, pretty- she she starts coughing. Like, she's not doing good throughout the film and shit mm-hmm. like that. It's just where it goes is kind of interesting, but. You know, I mean, for me, for me watching, <clears throat> I, I mean, you know, I, I think the, the, the radio stuff was really fun. What Rob said, I, it was fun to listen to. It made the world feel real. Like the whole situation, like this movie seems really low budget. And normally when you get this type of lower budget things, it, they don't do a good job creating the world. But I really believed that what was happening was happening. They did a really good job with all the the broadcasts sounded all real and stuff like that. And it really flashed me back to Night of Living Dead 1968, which my favorite, one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in the movie is when they turn on the the TV (laughs) and listen to the broadcast. Well, it puts the, it's because it puts the realism into it, right? Because what people, when you think about radio, it's just, it's realistic. It's, it's the realism of reality, right? Because mm-hmm. when you listen to radio, that's our reality. And what they're saying on there is they're, they're supposed to be giving you the correct information and stuff, as long as it's not coming from, like, fucking Fox News or some shit. Yeah, Fox. But, uh, I mean, this is local radio and shit. I mean, they're probably giving you what they know. But the, remember the mother said that uh, that they were saying, the mother was saying, go to these stations. And she's like, your news is different than mine. That isn't happening here. That's yeah. cre- that's scary. And you know what's weird about too? His mom said that uh, that the I mean that's a play on the media. That she yeah. she she was afraid that uh, they were next, right? Which oh, I thought sure. was interesting <clears throat> because the expansion of the of the story is much greater than what's being. Well, that's exactly what they were implying there. too. That it, this was a bigger thing than just a just a kind of a local type Los Angeles thing, right? Well, that shit would yeah. go in the air anyway and fuck up everybody. Yeah, so that's the it, fear it that they put me... into the into the viewers' minds too is that this is not just you know, a local situation. This is, a, this is going to be a nationwide thing. The, yeah. It did uh, give me flashbacks to nine 11 and remember the feeling of not, <clears throat> because you know, you didn't know what was going on for a while. Like you, while it was happening, you, you were so confused. Except for the fact I literally watched the second plane hit the towers live. That was probably one you of the most disturbing things I've ever then, seen. You don't crazy. know, like in your own head, you like, I didn't instantly think terrorist attack. Like I'm like, did the, the, like the, like what what the fuck was that our plane was that uh what was it a spaceship <clears throat> well i did though i did though on? because there was already was thr- a, terrorists well because a, a, another planet already hit and i'm like what are the chances of two fucking planes hitting and they, that doesn't make sense it really does know. not make sense I, that, that's that's <clears throat> why everything was so confusing isn't it but crazy that there's like a whole nother generation that didn't live through 9-11 that's just yeah, like Carly, mind-boggling like, remember it really. that's like mind-boggling to me to think about yeah, it was like, uh, those are crazy fucking times, man. I know. Right. How did the uh, how did the end work on you guys? Because I, I thought you know once I had immersed myself with the subtitles and everything, I thought the end really was was pretty effective in the sense that it, it did make me pretty mad mm-hmm. as as the end was unfolding. I like when the, when the guy said uh, when the guy asked him uh, the the corporal or whatever outside when he asked him if he had a gun, I thought, oh, you're done right now. The yeah. fact they're even asking you that. They're, they're prepping for something. I knew he was done the minute that the wife broke the fucking window. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, the, I thought the ending was, was really good. Um, it was all right. I really liked the whole movie, honestly. I think I'm higher than all of you guys on it. Yeah, I thought it was 
it was an okay watch. I was never bored or anything. I mean, I mean, I did have issues spec-wise. I mean, narrative-wise, okay. I, I think execution narrative could have been a little bit better and stuff. But um, I know something that, uh, that Rob had actually mentioned um, to me earlier, that this movie was actually uh, shot by Tom Richmond. Yeah, who eventually, or who actually was responsible for shooting House of a Thousand Corpses? Yeah, and to be honest, I think some, I think the cinematography in uh, House of a Thousand Corpses is actually a lot better than this movie. Some of the handheld was a little bit much. I mean, I get what they're trying to do with it. You know, it's the realism of you know trying to capture that realistic vibe to you know a terrorist attack or whatever type of attack it really is because we're not really fully engaged in what that actually is. But um, cinematography at times was good, but it was also not it left a little bit to be desired for myself. And I think honestly, dude, like I was getting frustrated with decision-making in this too. Like I, I was just getting overwhelmed with it. I'm like, fuck man. But that's also coming from, you know, my personality too. Cause I would probably do different things. And I think everyone's different in that yeah. type of situation, right? Like you might be mm-hmm. different. You might do something. So everything is going to well, play. We definitely established that, right? Yeah. I mean- and so for me, I was getting frustrated with it and I was actually fucking starting to get really pissed off because I'm not much of a crier. Like I don't cry unless like some, like it has to really fucking go down for myself. And like, I get it. People are emotional and stuff like that. I don't, you know, harp on people for, you know, crying in situations and stuff. But man, his character is just being such a fucking pussy. I get it, man. But like, just man the fuck up, dude. You're in a, you're in a situation. You have to keep your own. The best way to survive this is to keep your head on straight. Show exactly who he is that exemplifies well honestly in his life yeah what i'm seeing right now is that if he loses his wife he loses his income that's how i'm seeing this right now and i'm like it's kind of a selfish thing too right and i'm like because he has no if he was necessarily thinking about no but that's the way i see it because the way the characters are established i can tell that they're not that good right she is established She's That's established that she's the bread maker. He has maker. no confidence. Yeah, he's he has the... no drive. He has no motivation. He has no ball. Yeah, and that's why I'm saying that when he's crying, because like if he loses her, he loses his he loses his existence too, because like he has no income at this point. Like he literally has nothing without her, right? So, um, I don't know. I, I'm I kind of see it like that a little bit. I don't well, think I, the acting I, I is overly it. that I great. See it like that too. Yeah, it makes I, you wonder. What yeah. his decision would have, his decision making would have been, had it not been for the intrusion of the other guy. Oh, he would, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have done anything. He would have just been sitting there in a house yeah. Yeah. With, it, with no setup. It's, it's kind of funny that the the whole point of that of that Mexican dude in the film or whatever he was. <laughs> um, just because he's a landscaper, that makes him Mexican. I know. I actually think I think he actually he was from. He is Mexican, yes. right? Yeah. Because well, obviously, when he tunes into the Spanish network, which I could actually understand some of the Spanish, um, but. I think his whole purpose of being there was to set him up and get, you know, just to have him move his, uh, I guess, uh, Rory's character a little bit further and, and get something done inside the house and stuff like that. Because realistically, that's all he's there for. Like he, he helps, you know, uh, plastic up the windows and stuff like that. And he eventually just leaves on his own kind of thing. And it's like, well, I got to go visit my wife. I, I can't be here without her kind of thing. And I felt like his relationship with his, with his wife was more established than it was with uh, with our two main characters, just based off of what he was saying. Like, you know, I got to do this, but she told me like, don't leave without, you know, just the certain dialogue that was given to us. His relationship was stronger than Brad and Lexi's, and 
which is kind of a sad thing because he's not the main character by any means in this. But I think he's the best character. Yeah, and, and that he was, that he's was the realest character. Too. He's the realest yeah. character. That's what he is. He's the realest character because he, and he was also the smartest character. He knew right away. He was willing to listen to this. I mean, let's face it, man. Brad was willing to like just sit there and fucking cry. Right. Yeah. Like that's just. You know, I, I thought it was pretty effective when he when he turned the radio dial to to the Spanish station. You could see he was starting to exhibit his emotional reaction you know as much as we got to what he was hearing it it was shaking him him up but yet he kept that put him into action yeah which yeah. put what's his brad into action which right i mean i think and maybe maybe you know maybe he's a lost character right from the start and the only one that gives him even a chance is this other character it's funny he's like a, he's a total that aren't afraid to make your character weak your lead character like because it's it's anti Hollywood, it's anti what you expect. I know, but given this narrative, though, I think it's actually it works against itself too when he's being such a fucking pussy too. For what for this story though? Yeah, no, if I... the story is about this, then it works perfect. Mm. You, you know, Moots, you brought up you were talking about the cinematographer. You know, this I was just curious. This movie was shot in sixteen millimeter, but then it was blown up thirty five millimeter. How do you think this film would have looked if they just kept it at the 16? I think it would have actually been even more effective, like, you know, visually to have that kind of real, real dirty look to it and shit like that. I mean, especially with all the, you know, kind of the fallout happening around it and stuff like that. I think it actually would have made it look a little bit better. But it does look it does look pretty polished, you know, with the 35 blow up. So I don't know. I mean, the look, I never really had a problem with the look at all. Like I said, the cinematography at times was a little bit... Um, it was a little frantic, if I could say, you know, but again, I'm, it under, it's understandable what they're doing. They're trying to capture that realism in it. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, those are just minor, minor gripes, man, minor stuff. Otherwise, yeah, I don't, it. I don't think it looks that bad at all. <clears throat> Want to get into ratings? Sure. Sure. Why not? Uh, Rob, why don't you go first? Oh boy. Um, I think, I think, like I said, I think the strength of this film, it is low budget, what relies on the imagery it creates through the, uh, the radio, and that it helps enhance by, you know, just building up this world pretty effectively. I mean, the acting, the decision making, I think, you know, is kind of spotty, breaks it down, but I think overall it's a, it's a pretty... Uh, uh, it's 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 a. I mean, it was good. I think for me, the hardest point was just watching it on Tubi. I wish I would have had it on DVD at least, and I could have just watched it straight through without the break break uh, up of the film. But uh, uh, I think it worked enough for me that it. Uh, boy, this is uh, seven. I give seven. <clears throat> All right, I'll go next. Um, I really, really liked this movie. I thought it was great. Um, I was I was down for the ride, man. Um, so I really don't, I honestly don't have that much problem with it. Um, thought it was cool. I, I, I like contained movies anyway. It's, it's one of my favorite types of movies is these little containment type things. Um, I gave it an eight. <laughs> Shit. <clears throat> Jeremy. I didn't like this movie as much as I did the first time I watched it. I watched it as. I don't know, five years ago maybe, and I liked it a whole much more than I did now. But I still give it a seven. It's all right, totally watchable, and 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely the lowest on this one. I, I thought it was okay. I was just not engrossed in it, man. I, I think right from the start, I think the first 15 minutes kind of hurt it for myself. But uh, I just think there's a little bit of filler in here, too. I mean, I, I get it with the little kid and stuff like that. But, I mean... <laughs> I agree with that. The narrative. I, I didn't like. I didn't actually like the little kid shit at all. No, I forgot I, about. that. I feel like it's kind of. T- it. it took me out of it again, and I was like, because I was already having changed my so- mind. Seven point five. It's <laughs> like so, yeah, I was already having <laughs> issues with it, and then I felt like they were just kind of thrown in stuff to kind of extend the um, the runtime a little bit because it didn't really totally do much forgot about that. Didn't add to it, right? And I'm just like, oh, okay, I don't really understand this too much, but um, you know, I don't think it's horrible by any means, but it's just it's something that i'm probably gonna forget and i'm coming in at six definitely i'm the lowest on this one yeah i'll go 7.5 on that <clears throat> i changed my rating because you brought up something that I, told, <laughs> that I didn't like no seriously i didn't like this stuff with the little kid and i felt like it slowed down the movie yeah yeah right when i was coming to my readings, i forgot i just totally I forgot about kids. yeah i watched this uh, i watched this like a while ago Okay, so that is uh, hey, hey moods. Yep. Hey, hey moods. Did you? I was just gonna say. I was just. Uh, um, did you know the director actually acted was uh, in Blade Trinity? Oh really? Nice. Yeah, he was. He played the doctor. I, I can't remember that that him as well, but yeah. Shit, I haven't seen that movie in years. Interesting. Yeah, it's the one with Ryan Reynolds. Is in that one? Yeah. 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 You guys are gonna ask me what I thought. <laughs> oh, Dave! Did you go, mention man? that he didn't watch it with us? <laughs> what? what? I watched it. <laughs> oh, do you want to get in a word in now? Like, sorry, yeah, buddy. Yeah. Like, um, I, I liked it when they were right at the door. Um, <laughs> 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 that was awesome. <laughs> okay, okay. With that said, that is uh, right at your door in 2006. And now, our feature presentation. Yo, who this? Yo, Moods, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, playa. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. All right, so moving into the featured reviews here on episode 187. Which is an OG verse remake show of the crazies. Um, starting with the 1973 George A. Romero directed film titled The Crazies. Um, AKA Codename Trixie. Codename Trixie. It's a good name. That's a good name. I love, I love yeah, this good name. It came up. It, it, it came up titled as Codename Trixie on Prime. Amazon. Yep. Oh, really? There's a couple other really? titles too. I think I could have yeah, it. Didn't like, do very well. I could find it. Yeah, like, I have the Blu-ray, the but name. I was. I have the box set, the Between Night and Dawn, yeah. box set, but I was too lazy to fish it out and and put it in. That's disgusting. And I saw it was on Prime. <laughs> Fuck. Are you serious right now? Yeah. What? Yeah, probably wasn't even the same. And, and, and here, because you probably why. got that because, box set for free, so he was like, "I don't need to watch it." No, I paid for that box set. Um, 
but here's the reason why is because I just watched this movie like a month ago and after I, I've been moving my collection to where after I watch stuff, I'm, I'm putting it not with my collection because I'm trying to reorganize eventually and I didn't fit. So it's not like readily, easily accessible. So you had to walk three steps instead of four. <laughs> it was like five <laughs> instead of three. Like yeah. seriously, JP. Fuck. Dude. Why would it? Okay, it's are you trying world. to lose weight or are you just trying to diet before? There's court? an it's H. It, there's a there's a HD version on Prime. It's probably I'm I'm watching oh. something that's in the Blu-ray player. It ends. I'm like, okay, I'll watch the crazies now. Yeah. What sense would it make to go get the DVD instead of the just Blu-ray. pressing play? Talking Blu-ray. If it's the DVD, you don't watch it. You watch the HD print streaming. But if you're gonna right, put but, it in that era of Blu-ray, you want the quality. Yeah, What's you don't the, want the bit rate and all that bullshit. And you have shit internet, so it probably looks like shit. What's your bit rate bullshit? It doesn't really matter. Bit rate bullshit, JP. I just watched Dude, it. if you have an opportunity to watch the Arrow release, you put the Arrow release Blu-ray in. Uh, nah, man. I was, it was like late prices. at night. It was like 5, hey, it was like 4 a.m. prices of these discs and then don't even watch them. He just watches It was, it was like 4 a.m. I was laying down. I'm not getting up and hunting five steps for the blu-ray and you ever stop breathing because you're so lazy you ever just like stop breathing because it's just too much i'm just saying like i already watched it on it ain't like if now let me put it this way if i hadn't watched this blu-ray of course i would check out the blu-ray but i just watched it it makes sense just to play it if you might not even finish it just start it you just watched it last week i'm just (laughs) okay Anyways, on that note, um, let's do a quick little synopsis for the fine folks listening that don't know what this one's about. The military attempts to contain a man-made combat virus that causes death and permanent insanity in those affected as it overtakes a small Pennsylvania town. See, now I think that's the biggest difference between this movie and the remake is that this one focuses more on the military aspect and the remake focuses more on the character aspect. Well, yeah, because well, I feel like this crazy does more, all of it. This film is more interesting in the fact that it focuses more on the military aspect, but I think the characters are weaker where the remake has more interesting characters, but they don't focus on the military action. And I think, well, it's, it's because I think the characters in the original are interesting too. At least a couple. I don't think so. Not that I, I, think, I think they're okay. I think the difference is, you know, George A. Romero is, you know, making this craziest mo- movie and it's obviously a commentary on certain things, you know, governments and military control and things like that. Miscommunication. Right? Miscommunication, miscommunication within the government and the military and, and military <laughs> misconception of emergency, like emergency situation. Like they just, you know, there's a commentary there where the remake is solely, it's a horror film yeah, yeah it's a horror film big so time, and the military the- are the villains in the remake right 100 percent they're Ex- the villains especially exactly. by the final act i actually yeah. forgot yeah. about that aspect i'm like oh so so they're literally the villains dude it's they're so crazy man. where they take that too like they make the military like hard motherfucking core man like that's okay we'll we'll get to the remake anyways, yeah, we'll get but, to it. um but yeah so thoughts on the crazies 1973 Dude, I actually like how you said the military is definitely being made fun of because you see the military in this one. You see how dumb they are and how young they are and how they keep screwing up. And every time you hear them, you almost hear like a satirical when Johnny comes marching home playing. Mm -hmm. And they also play that later. 
for the well, um I think it, Vietnam vet. They I, play it too during his demise, the friend. They play it for him, kind of like this fucking yeah. fake satirical patriotism. Well, I just love the setup of it too, man, because you know, they call in the military to take control of the situation and it's so fucking unorganized, and that's what Romero's saying. And and it just starts like the dead and it starts dead. it starts right from the top, man, with uh with the colonel or whatever, like um I mean, the dude is, he even mentions it in the film. Like he's a, he's a combat guy. He's like, why the fuck yep. am I here? Like he's even confused himself. Like I shouldn't be running this operation. I'm not, I shouldn't be here. And that just goes are we to talking show about how, the black guy or are yeah. we talking about the other guy? Yeah. The, the black guy. The he's guy the that's the black guy. The major is the other guy. Yeah. The colonel's yeah. black guy. So he's major, there. He's a writer. So he's like yep. controlling the situation. And he's like, why the fuck am I here? This is like ridiculous, man. Like I'm a combat guy. And it just goes to show the incompetence of the government, and the military. And so they're just willing to just, okay, put some people in there, do what you need to do kind of thing. It doesn't matter how it goes down or who's involved but, and who's running the charge and stuff. Like just do it. And like, it just becomes fucking chaos, man. It's, but there you go. But there's George, but there's George once again, putting at the time, not too many black characters in a main role. There he is again. Putting, oh yeah. Yeah. Also, like a, a I think at this point, I think at this point after Night of Living yeah. Dead, it was, you know, I mean, he, like you said, he always said it was not, uh, he didn't mean to do that. It was the dude was the best actor kind of thing. Right. But I think at this point, I mean, it, it could have been the same reason. I'm not 100 percent sure I didn't watch commentaries on this and stuff. But I mean, honestly, it kind of made sense. <laughs> I mean, he was he was always that progressive type person, though, too. Right. So yeah. it made sense. It made sense what he was doing. But um, I honestly, man, going going into, you know, the whole scientific element to this and stuff with dr watts played by richard france who of course is the guy from dawn of the dead um i i honestly i think that man i i don't know whatever happened with this dude but he's a fantastic actor i really like him he's got a great voice he's got a great appearance and stuff why the fuck was this guy in more films besides like george a romero's films because is it just because these are low budget films that were kind of contained to this area and stuff? But man, I because love he dies Richard when Frank. he falls down the stairs, you know. Well, <laughs> I really mean, dies. but I mean, again, it goes to the incompetence of the military and how ridiculous they are in yeah. situations and stuff, right? It goes to show like how erratic they can be, even yeah, though that he had the cure, he had the, he had solved the problem, but you know they didn't give a fuck because they didn't take the time to figure it out. But Richard France is a fantastic actor, and you know if you don't know who he is, he's the guy from Dawn of the he's yeah. the guy from the TV they on Dawn of the Dead. With the talk show, site. yeah, he's the guy with the talk show, and I, I just love this guy. Like, I yes. he, honestly, every scene in this movie with him is so fantastic, man. He just kills it, man. He just really puts it in full effort, and it's big, big highlight for the movie for myself. This, this movie also has little moments that the remake. It's good, it's well acted. Doesn't have like the moment where he says, "Do you want to get married?" That little moment there, and and the moment in this in the original here, they have a lot of moments. Moments between the friends that seem more real and the wife and the husband seem See, more real. They, this know, movie slows think, down and I it takes moments. It has transition scenes while the remake has zero transitions. It's I set piece the, to set piece. Actually, it's I funny that you bring up the transitions, between, Dave. The interactions because, between the friend, the sheriffs in the remake, I think, are stronger than anything in this film. Well, it's funny you bring up the transitions, that. Dave, because the transitions in the remake... <laughs> there is are, none. There's no transmission. No, set I, piece to set piece. No, no, well, I know. Perfect. I know what you're saying, but I meant, I meant the, you know, the act where they they show the compass and in the, the map kind of yeah, military that's, oh, that's those transitions part, those things movie. are so cheesy and it, dude yeah, it even ends on that that's too. the only knock on the movie yeah th- those are bad transitions that's actually one of mine too like i was like holy fuck man i saw that in the theater when it came out and i was like 
dude, those are so cheesy, man. It's so cheesy. But I just think the original breathes. There's room to breathe in the original, even as chaotic and action packed. It's, it's slow. I think. It I don't think it's slow. I think those are called character developments, and they let the movie breathe. If if the movie's just one set piece to set piece, it's not as effective. Yeah, but, but are they there, that, there is but are a lot of characters development of in characters there. that you want them to breathe. Like I that? think they're two totally I different do. movies, and this is what I like yeah, about when we do OG versus remakes, is because recently we've had some bad examples of remakes. The same you know, fucking movie. With the, and, and they're, <laughs> like they're, they're trash bags. I spit in your bag. Dave was on that. I We fucking hated that I movie. Don't think it's, I don't like it, but it's not a bad movie. No, 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 it just doesn't work for me. It, the, the remake yeah, of the crazies works for me. It has a lot it's of different. flaws and stuff, but I think with Wreck and Quarantine, man, oh my god. It, there's just not enough there, but when you compare the crazies, you know, they're totally two different films with the same narrative, but two totally different films, and I respect that in the remake a lot. When I first seen it, when it came out in the theaters in 10... Uh, I wasn't the hugest fan of it, but over time it grew. I've watched it two or three times since, and I think it's actually a pretty well-made film. I mean, they definitely focus on the obvious, which is the horror elements of the disaster yeah. and stuff like, which is fine. Which is fine because as a remake, that's kind of what you want to do because Romero Product was a, of its time too. Exactly, time changed, Romero. You know? Romero was yeah. all about doing social commentary and, and making these commentaries on government and military mistakes and things like that. And this director wasn't doing that. He was making a fucking horror film again, a product of its time. Two thousand ten is what you were fucking doing. So, I mean, honestly, this is a great example of a good OG verse remake type thing because I think they have a lot of good pros and cons themselves. So, yeah, yeah. This one, uh, the crazies here, nineteen seventy. What is this? Seventy three. Seventy three. Yeah. Uh, it's it's early, man. It really is. Like again, um, Romero with with the you know commentary of the military and stuff like that's that's early. Like now, it's so common, right? Like yeah. you see it all the time. Hell, we saw it. We see it in Day of the Dead too. Um, I can see Day why they two quarantine. Like I mean, honestly, the the commentary here <laughs> is the exact same commentary that he's showing in Day of the Dead. It literally yeah. is the same thing. So he kind of and stuck it has with... the miscommunication at night. It's like night and day mixed. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what I love about Romero, man. It's, but it's it very like ahead Dawn. of its time. It's yeah. super it looks like Dawn of the Dead. It looks like Dawn of the Dead and Martin. It looks a lot like Dawn of the well, Dead. Well, if you take it, and this is actually, I always, I mean, it's not a, in narrative, it's not a prequel to Dawn of the Dead at all, but I mean, in style and editing, this is a prequel to Dawn of the Dead completely. It's that fast-paced, high-intensity editing where there's never a down moment with the whole military things. It cuts back and forth, and it's just like Dawn of the Dead in the beginning of the film, even Romero and himself yeah. in the control room it's that high pace pace it dude, the editing is are, are, the i'm talking about the masters. editing i'm talking about the editing. No you, I, got, I got you don't get mad yeah if There's you watch no that shots. if you watch he doesn't the, use any yeah man oh dude it's just fucking nuts dude it's just like over like you know scene to scene scene it's crazy but that's the signature romero and that's what i love about george romero is that he would edit his films and they had that signature on it and this yeah. just feels romero he's getting his point across at this fast pace it really does and even romero. even if the acting was shitty it's still so intense because of the way it's the way it's put together and stuff. And I just I, like the I love it. For the most part. I do too. I and think I think this movie is actually really good. I have no problem with it being slow. I I, I like the military I stuff where you know it focuses a lot on the military, but that's the point of the movie. Um, you know the other characters are more yeah, or less secondary. All arguing too. It's it's much like that. For, yeah. for me, just, I, yeah, exactly. I would have enjoyed a little 100%. bit more horror in this one. I feel like we spent a little, and, and it's actually not supposed to be this. Movie. Yeah, more well, action, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there are some horrific moments, like the the scene at the beginning is very yeah. scary. Yeah, um, and the knitting scene too. The and knitting the knitting scene, scene. yeah, that's yeah. like a rabbit um, scene. To the grandma, right, right. <laughs> like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> now, I, I just watched this like, I don't know, maybe two months ago, two or three months ago. And uh, I really, really liked it. Uh, watching it in such close proximity, I did like it less, which is unfortunate. That's why I was a little bummed that it got picked because I just just watched it, you know, for mm-hmm. the first time too. And um, I think that watching it so close in proximity, it, it really did like the military stuff. Re- it, the first time I didn't watch it, it didn't seem like it, it, it drug or anything. But this time, I, I feel like we spent a lot of damn time with them talking about the situation. And it's just not as effective on rewatch. And also, I can't stand the the marching band, the mar- the no. drum, the snare drum uh, score. It, it really bothers me. It's too much. It's it's just happens well, too long. I think it's again. It, it reminds it adds me to of the It adds house. Yeah. No. No. That's no. different I, for me. I think this adds to the commentary too because this is very yeah. very military. Like I said, driven. it's satirical on military. Yeah. It's yeah, definitely but satir- I see satirical it. on TV. <sighs> I don't think so. No. I think that's kind of a horseshit answer. It doesn't um, work. I ag- I, I actually agree with that. Yeah. But I, I, I like that movie a lot. I mean, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying that this doesn't work at all. I'm just saying that it doesn't, it it's you. too much. <laughs> it's, they do it too long. It's just that score never ends. I adore the actual soundtrack though. The, the heaven help us by Beverly Bemmers. That song oh, is like too. one of the best things about the movie. If, actually, I'm going to tell you this. It's the best thing about the movie. I love the end credits. The, the folk stuff, um, mm-hmm. that music, when they use folk stuff in the seventies, that basically was made for the movie. When they do that, like Chino, I used their soldier blue, that stuff's so effective and it's just so emotional and they don't do that anymore. They don't make songs for movies. And I think that that song, although maybe Romero thought it was out of place yeah, or just like way the too Maniac big for the movie. Cop two rap. It, yeah. <laughs> It works really well, and I think it's very it's very sad. You know, the lyrics and stuff like, heaven help us, you know, I can't find the morning, you know, feel so helpless. It just works really well for me. Right, yeah. Oh, and one no. more thing about the editing while Moose is talking about it. He does a brilliant moment with Lynn Laurie where it, it goes from like a wide, like a close to a wide, extreme close to wide. It's like something that Sergio Leone would do. Like it's, But it, it just works really well with his editing style. That's just really effective when she does the O and it cuts real close and it cuts real wide and you see her go mm-hmm. down. That part's probably one of the craziest, most effective too. Crazy, is it, huh? Isn't it weird to see like, you know, Richard Liberty in this type of role? Right? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I see him as Logan. Dr. Richard Fr- Liberty? He's... Dr. Frankenstein, he's, he's Logan. And this, he, yeah. he's, see in this one name, Artie? Uh, yeah, his name is Artie. Artie. He's he's the father yeah. of uh, Lynn Lowry. Oh, yeah, film, that is the same guy. Which huh? would lead into yes. what you would probably remember, the obvious um, incest. Oh, I want to talk about it. So, <laughs> Let's hear Rob talk But about it's just weird to me to see him in that role because I always see Richard Liberty as you know logan dr frankenstein like from day of the dead right and to see it like it it just kind of rekindled like i always knew he was there but watching this time i'm just like damn dude that's fucked he looks a lot younger it's only like 12 years difference too and he just looks a lot younger but yes rob all right so you know i have this movie's really really growing on me i i don't know how many times i've actually seen it now but it just seems like everything works more effectively with each watch and you know you think about Romero and we we all know his stance on government and the unless it's comment- a second watch yeah the social like commentary watch. you know this film this film dawn and day would not be the films they are if it was not for this film this film li- literally I lays agree. the foundation that's a great observation because yep that plays into what right? we were saying before but, yep yep and what makes this film absolutely superior in every way i think is 
is to the remake is the the context the of course you know the Vietnam War but there are certain things that he does uh, that had to have pissed people off big time uh, you know you, you just think about uh, well I mean the government it's because the government right that this plane crashes down there and this yeah. chemical gets into the water supply and so you know the government you know has literally done something that will cause this town to effectively in, implode in on of itself and as a mm. result of that you know you, you get this incest scene and that's just one piece you get this incest scene that is absolutely such a horrible thing you know you have the father who just, he, he does say <laughs> yeah just kidding he, just he kidding. does, he does, he does call her may he refers to her as his wife yeah and he says darling you're safe now which is just so blood curdling when you think about his response to what he had done and her response because they're two totally respo- different responses yeah. which just shows how freaking screwed up what mm-hmm. this chemical is doing to these people uh, you know you got the scene when David and it's just scenes I love the subtlety of Romero because you know even uh, I wasn't going to mention this but you know when, when you get that collage of scenes uh, where the troops are just going into the houses and they're grabbing the people out of their beds and they're they're taking up the fishing pole off the wall. They're just you know <laughs> if, if that's not enough, these guys are looting. You know the the after the one burning the bodies, they're going through and looting just their wallets and everything. But when the troops come into the one house, that there's one scene that is so I think and it might have been accidentally done, but you get the scene where they show the dog, and that yeah. dog has this expression of just complete it just being uh, intimidated. And there's no reaction from the dog. Well, it's actually in the same it's scene. It's definitely it, on purpose because he said he had him shoot all those little inserts right. when they did have the house. So well, it wasn't I, pick up. I mean, what about the kid's reaction when they when they take his mom or whatever? That kid is terrified. Like yeah. that's a real terrified look because right. they roam in there with those fucking you know the the gas masks and the and the hazmat there's, suits and shit, and they're just like. No, that kid is fucking freaked out for real, the, man. I those love little that. moments like that too, like when the guy grabs the kid and the kid he goes back for the the kid to grab his doll. The remake is good, but it would never do a little detail like that. No little weird subtleties, no quirks. Yeah, exactly. And this one has it, like the lady. Well, with that's the fucking that's sweeping that's... up after the the fucking shooting yeah. and stuff. That part's also fucking batshit. Yeah, because yeah. some go that, crazy. That's Romero paying attention to detail though, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he understands. Yeah. You got two two pivotal scenes that are drawn right out of that context of time. You got when David says if they if they can turn a campus protest into a shooting war, well, that's a direct nod to Kent State and those thirteen students that were shot by the Ohio National Guard in, in seventy. It, just what's a couple that sound, of years, right? Huh? Song. Spring. Yeah. Buffalo. Uh, hey, yeah, what's so, that sound? Everybody, everybody look at what's going, going down. down. Yeah, that's yeah. the shooting. So you got that – it's a subtle – I mean it's just a subtle uh, sentence that most people probably just whiz right by and not even think about it. Uh, but then there's that there's that clearing out of the church sanctuary. You get the priest or the pastor who goes out and ends up uh, pouring gas over himself and burning himself. And that, that was a direct uh, – not on that uh, Buddhist yeah. monk. Yeah. And Romero yeah. has respect yeah. for religion. He, yeah. Uh, Dawn yeah. of the Dead, they were like – He's like, well, are we going to shoot the nun, the zombie? And he's like, oh, you, you can't shoot a nun. Like, as much as judgmental he was on stuff like that, he, he still had respect for religion. So that was obviously a scene that was probably important to him. That's actually one thing I love about this movie, though, is that, you know, the crazies, quote unquote, they they all acted differently. 
And I, well, I like that yeah. because it seemed a little bit more realistic because generally in these type of films, these infection films, like, I mean, you take 20 days for like 20 days later and stuff and I'm not knocking the film or anything. It does what it does. But I mean, everyone, it's like a rage virus and everyone just like fucking, yeah. you know, rages, but that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. But in other films where this one, it just, everyone kind of acts different when they're infected and stuff. And it takes longer for other people to fully be affected. And yep. others seem Which to be Which is affected. true of a virus. Exactly. Right. That's, yeah, that's, it's realistic that's of the virus. It's more common. Yeah. It's like. I, I agree with you. Like any, most infected films, yeah. how even the remake is a lot of like just, um, you know, they're, they're all the same. It's like it's like every well in the remake them, the same thing. It's played off as a virus, but at, in the end of the at the end of the day, they turn into almost zombie looking like vampire like creatures. You know, like they're really affected by this man. You know, yeah, it, they it almost look dead. They them. look dead, like, but they're the one not. I always think of is I am legend, the Will Smith one. It's like, yeah, it's just a massive or World War Z, right? There's like no uniqueness yeah. to them. It's exactly. just a mass of, yeah. of the same thing. But I mean, in the remakes defense, though, I mean, it's meant to be a horror film. It's meant to have that type of look and stuff. So I can respect yeah. what they're doing. But I mean, in, in this one, it just seems like everything's a lot different. It seems a little bit more like realistic. It, it seems re- more realistic than I mean, we're kind of going through the same thing. I mean, we're not we're not dealing with martial law and shit like that. Yeah. I mean, to a point, I mean, some people think we are because hence the crazy protests and shit. But um, I mean, we're not we're not in martial law, you know, no. so yeah. the, the my favorite thing about this movie is legitimately the 70s nihilistic ending because the whole movie you're going through. They mentioned he could be immune. He could be immune. Yeah. And he gets there and he finally makes it to the end. And they say, you want to run an immunity check on him? And we fucking know he's immune, but he has combat shock. He's all fucked up from the situation. They say, look at him. No way. And he just stares at him and they, <laughs> the, him and the colonel make that eye contact and they just right. leave right there knowing they have. And they mentioned the monkey. They found a monkey. He's fucking immune. But the, the miscommunication and the insanity of yeah. that situation has completely clouded everything. And now we, we don't know. And there's going to be thousands more deaths because they didn't bother to do it it's just so right. cruel it's so fucked up i always used right. to think when i see it's him, like the night of living dead ending <laughs> it's exactly yeah, yeah. it, it kind of is actually you know i mean and he with, gives the greatest face he, with, he looks at him and he's like just dumb-witted he looks like bub almost too it kind of is though with like when I judy gets shot look. and stuff right it, yeah. it kind of plays into that too like she's i mean whatever but she was infected yeah. and stuff but with david like i always used to take it with you know, in that scene when he looks at the colonel or looks at the military yeah. officer and he kind of sees him and it's like they have a history together, too. And they're like, fuck it. Take him away. Like, no, that's, he doesn't know. I, I know. That's the way I used to see it, though. Because oh. I'm like, because oh. he because David obviously came from Nam and stuff like that. He could have he technically could have known this officer because he obviously fought in the in Nam and stuff like that, too. Right. I, I think it was just a nod out that they see each other and he's just fake. But you know what I mean? It's just a little, yeah. a little cruel point. Yeah. But, uh, but that, that part's fucked up, too, when he, she's in the like pillars and he, she starts to repeat what the friend said. We'll meet you at the drinker's yeah. place. And he's yeah. like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Like, yeah. that's fucking sad. Yeah, I love the look of the military in the white with the gas mask it that that aspect actually is like just creepy looking to me dude I, um, hey, jp yeah when when clank when clank is holding them off to give uh david and judy a, a chance to get away from there mm-hmm. did you not think that one right towards the end of that scene when that one guy you know contrasting in his white suit against the green you know all the green around him that might have been one of the creepier moments right yeah yeah that's the thing scene that i think of when i think of the the 
the white masks or the white jumpsuits and stuff like that. That's actually the contrast between this film and the remake is that, you know, in this film, the military, you know, I mean, they're, they're trying to do their jobs, right? I mean, with the martial law, with the force and stuff like that in the remake, they're not wearing these white, you know, kind of hazmat suits and shit like that. They're in full camo for a reason because they're actually depicted as being the bad people too. Right. Mm. So it's kind of interesting when you contrast that too. Plus, just times have changed. In of the course, has uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of like, course. They're, they're, they're everyone in this film is using shit. M1 carbines, right? Yeah. And yeah. in in the modern film, it's like M4s. You know like, that, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, if they're if they're just to contain, you know, in quarantine a certain area, like, do you need to be fucking camoed? Like, you couldn't just be in white hazmat suits when you're just doing a job kind of thing right i mean uh, i think they made the right call on the remake i mean to be realistic if they're going for a realistic look not i like the look of the I guy think the white hazmat suit. oh no i look at it as a realistic, realistic, realistic look too but i also look at it as it makes sense that they're in camera too because time. they're because they're not yeah, trying to time. be seen they're it, because they're actually it, it yeah. becomes down to they were literally yeah. hunting you know they they just <laughs> fucking you know i mean you could look at it both ways but for sure yeah both ways work i i like the male lead i like the character i think that he is masculine without being like hey i'm a john wayne type he feels realistic he feels like a sensitive masculine lead and it's kind of a little bit different you know what i mean i like david i like david and clank because you know obviously clank has got a little bit of fucking you know he's been shell-shocked from from nom and stuff but david's you know the one they they both came from he's got some resentment towards david too deep down inside comes out when he gets infected well, they both share that resentment because. Well, I think David's yeah. sorry, you know, sorry. Clank has resentment you know, toward David because David that's what I mean. has shell shock. Right? Yeah, he's yeah, not he shell shock, and he's a little bit more you know head kind of strong and shit like that. And that that's a narrative that plays out too because and Clank the is the one the that. Wife. Yeah, exactly. And Clank is the one that you know eventually gets affected by it too. And I think there's a little bit of commentary there also, which yeah. is kind of interesting. But yeah, so Rob, I think. I think a real important point too that hasn't been mentioned is, is that mo- that conflict uh, when the mayor, you know, because you know Romero's drawing some inter- interesting lines in, as far as government and what he's not okay with and what he seems to be maybe okay with, and that is, you know, you got you got the doctor, you've got uh, you got the mayor, and you got the sheriff, all seem to have the town's best interests at heart, but then you have that pivotal moment when the sheriff is killed in the doorway there. And the mayor, you know, goes from, you know, just having been extremely uh, strong towards Peckman, now is suddenly lost all of that, you know, wind in his sails. You know, and I think there is that point where, you know, the local government aspect was suddenly pushed aside. Yeah, got killed. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was a really pivotal moment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And then you see the mayor. In the lobby too. The mayor in the lobby is oh, one of the lost. crazies at the end. He's just walking. No, he's not. at the end. He's in the lobby too. You can spot him, which is yeah. crazy. That's yeah. funny. But he's like, he's, he's no not pun intended. The man. He is crazy. Yeah, he <laughs> went crazy. Funny. He's not the man he was when when he's going. You know, head yeah, to head with right. Pac-Man. He he changes when the sheriff is killed. He realizes Almost. he's out of his league too. Of course, he yeah. does. Yeah, and that I think that was it's a really yeah. strong wrong moment I, I you know and these are a lot of moments that are not in you know the remake but you know there's another scene uh, towards the end when uh after that uh that one questionable scene with uh, uh with kathy uh when she wanders out and you got the imagery of the sheep running by i just think there's got to be something really important there that romero was suggesting you know in terms of just not following the sheep not being part of the sheep mm-hmm 
Yeah, I just oh. think that's a really strong piece of imagery uh, right there. And, of course, you know, her last final words, you know, before she's she's gunned down. They goes, father, father doesn't. Yeah, and it's weird when she registers. Like, after she gets shot, she's just like, oh, like, <laughs> that's how we're doing it. Oh, I, you know, she kind of somewhat recognized what the hell was happening, maybe, possibly, I or think- just completely out of it. You never know. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the the most important scenes to me and most effective things in the film for myself is going back to Richard Francis' character, um, Doctor Watts. When you know the military just totally mishandles his situation and stuff, and he ends up falling down the stairs and dying and shit. And it's just like I think that <sighs> really it, it just kind of sums up the entire movie and and what Romero was doing in that one scene right there. It's like you know he well, he figured I mean, out that- what the he figured out the you know the um, the vaccine for it and stuff, and he kind of solved the issue. And they just Nope. Just kind of. I mean, not to sound shitty, but isn't that kind of what's going on now with the cops fucking pushing down black people and all the other old people? I mean, the commentary is very similar. I mean, this is. I mean, this isn't a racial thing. That was different, though. That was just mis communication them like and he was tired of the stupid voice command where he kept having to hold him. Well, no, I think I think he's talking frustrated. I think he's just talking about just the. The lack of empathy and just just yeah, the control, the just just the control, just being out of control. Yeah, and but, stuff. but those people at that point were all he, they figured crazy. But they're so dumb that the soldiers are actually very dumb in this. Like the the oh, guys on the ground are morons. Like you yeah. kill 20, 30 of them, they can't see in the mask. <laughs> yeah, they the can't different... see fucking thing in the mask. I think they're all young. They don't know what's going on. They're misinformed. Everybody's misinformed. So it's a yeah. bloodbath, you know. Yeah, the difference is it's not a racial thing in this. It's just yeah. it's just the. Yeah, uh, they should have gave. The, like the, the, it's just a lack of military control. It's just the military control. Military guard all the time. Exactly right. Of course, right. I mean, he. I mean, it's so stupid too because like he literally comes out of that out of that room, right? And these guys are treating him like he's been in the fucking mob for like you know the whole time. It's like, are you kidding me, dude? You, but they've been hearing crazy shit all day. People are like, oh, I'm just right. saying dumb shit. I guess you know emotions run high, but at the end of the day, it's not what he's trying to say. It's you know. You know, it's obvious, a little bit out of control, but um, did you guys notice uh, Vince from uh, Night of Living Dead was in here as one of the firemen who shot um, Dwayne Jones? Oh, yeah, and also Bill Heinzman, of course, is one of the guys, he's the cinematographer of the movie. So, and you you know what else uh, Heinzman was in or did? He was the intruder in uh, Season of the Witch, was he? Yeah, (laughs) fuck, I figured you know, they used the same guys back when he was in Pittsburgh, all the same guys until pretty much what dawn, and that kind of changed. They had a falling out, I think. Image ten. Yeah. When did that break up? Um, oh, really? I don't know. But this this uh, location is only like an hour and some away from me. It, Evansville had some terrible times with Night of Living Dead and the crazies. It just doesn't seem like a good place. Evans City does not seem like a good place to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's a uh, it's pretty close. I was I was looking at that the other day because Rob, didn't you go there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking uh, about. I, I was thinking I about dropping the... up. Yeah, I saw the set. Yeah, I know. I tried it. I tried to get you there to, to. Oh no, actually, I'm sorry. I later on when I thought I was going to be down there, I was trying to get that to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have to do that sometime if I ever get back up to visit yeah, my family. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, it, that is kind of cool, though. I love it uh, that I was. I, I've actually been there, so to actually visit there, not to the extent I wish I had now, uh, you know. But I've been in the cemetery and I've been in that museum, and you know. But I think, uh, you know, thinking about the town and being, I think one of the most, uh, I think, gorgeous scenes uh, that he, not just the sunset that he got caught on camera, which I thought was really uh, something, but when you're, when the town is all misty, there's that one scene where uh, the guy's trying to run away and they shoot him near the bridge, I think. Um, 
it just a lot of strong uh, moments. And so I think Romero was uh, really, really, really trying to uh, say some very strong things. You know, one oh, thing I, I, I really like about this movie, though, is that they imply that, you know, the um, the biochemical was, you know, when the plane crashed, it got into the water system and it was basically ingested by people and stuff. And certain people were immune to it and things like that. Only uh, one out of 3,000. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing, right? And coincidence it, it is kind of strange i mean it's it's kind of it's it's kind of hard to believe that i mean when the water's in the or when it's in the water system i mean really everybody probably should have been affected by that because it wasn't until like what a week later kind of thing right so everyone had probably drank something out of the water system especially back in those days there was really no bottled water and stuff but whatever um i digress well but they I, all were affected it just took a while it probably was trailing through the system for like a week but the, they fucked up they should have been there immediately Oh, of course, of course. Well, was it, oh, yeah, was for it the military Ryder, not being there. Yeah, he was there. Is it in this one or the yeah. remake where they say the incubation uh, period is? I think it's in the remake where they say it's actually 48 hours. They actually specify that yeah. it's 48 yeah, hours yeah, before yeah. you start being affected. So in this one, I guess it kind of makes more sense because they don't give you exactly how long it takes to affect you because they didn't really know, they, and they specify that too. But I do think it's interesting. They never really show anybody... I don't think there's one scene in this film where they ever show somebody actually drinking water, which I think is quite interesting, right? Because he didn't try to focus on that. They just implied no, the that the little kid drinks a glass of water right okay. after his dad's nuts. Okay, so, right when he's going nuts. Okay, That's so, the only time. So one scene. So one scene. Yeah, yeah. which is but, weird because it's not. It's not really focused on either. Exactly right, and it, so it's never a focus point. He just kind of implies it that it's in the water system, and this is the result of it, kind of thing. And I, I think that's interesting filmmaking. You know, they don't try to make a point of, you know, kind of slowing down the film by people, like you know, drinking water, yeah, <laughs> drinking Showing water, a fucking forty-five minutes of water footage. <laughs> <laughs> Great GP, movie. GP's got to jump in now and, and defend. Oh, no, it, it does, but I no, it, it works too. Both of them work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think you know in, in the like in the remake for what, what they do. And I mean, they explain that, you know, it's like 48 hours and stuff. It's just kind of interesting that they, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, the whole science aspect of this, they were trying to figure it out too. Right. So it works. It works well, but I just thought it was interesting to note that they actually don't really show anybody drinking the water considering it was really put out there that it was in the water system right away. So, Hey, hey, Moods, did you pick up on uh, when Pac-Man gets uh, reassigned at the end to Louisville? Louisville's the uh, so, uh, t- uh, source uh, or place uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think that's I think that's exactly what. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Did you guys listen to the commentary with uh, Romero and Bill Lustig doing the moderation? Moderator. No, I, I didn't. That's yeah, a good one. That's a good I one. Did. It was very fun. Damn it, Rob! You beat me to the fucking Louisville thing. I had it in my notes. <laughs> I thought about that when, when I think it was mentioned on the commentary, and but you know on the arrow, I, they, I uh, on it. it's it's not Romero. Uh, yeah, that not, commentary sucks. I think we're doing yeah. a better job, well, to be honest. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I liked about it, Dave, though, uh, was the, towards the end when when the commentator started bringing in the remake into the mix and started talking uh, about. I yeah, thought I that was interesting. That but I did uh, listen to it originally. I just didn't re-listen to it for this. But I remember being a little disappointed because I was like, man, I'd really rather listen to George Romero than other people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, his commentary on – he does the same commentary for the Arrow uh, season of The Witch, and that's even worse. Yeah. I I mean, I don't want to be a dick, but I just like – can't you get somebody like Kat Ellinger to do the commentary? She's so fucking good, and i got to listen to these guys. Mm -hmm. Ratings? 
Yeah, uh, Jeremy's first thing he first. said all, all review was rating. No, he got cut off a couple times. I know he doesn't like the acting in the movie. <laughs> Jeremy, what do you what are your thoughts on the film? I don't know. I just think it's a bit. I said some things in the beginning about yeah. the fucking this one's about the military. I just think it's a bit too slow. I really don't think the characters are all that interesting. I mean, I think they're fine, but I think the remake has a little bit more, a little bit better of the character development than this film does. And I could see how it could be a little slow leading up to the climax of the movie, but it's okay to me. I, it's not my favorite Romero film. I know you guys clearly liked it more than I did, but it was all right for what it is. Uh, who's going first? Is it GP? I think it's me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I like this film. I, I, I think that it's a, a pretty good movie. And I think that it is actually like really ahead of its time because how early it came out. Um, you just know that the, these type of movies, like the inf- even infection films, you know, it's it's, it's a pretty early one. Um, it's so relevant, man. It's just crazy, you know. Yeah, like to what we're Romero going. Romero always had, you know, binoculars a- into the future. Yeah. Um, just a just a great. Is that a crack on I his, really appreciate what's that. Is that a crack on his Coke bottle glasses that he wears? <laughs> <laughs> binoculars. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have much of a problem with anything in this movie uh i would have liked a little bit more horror it really is about the the a lot about the the military just screwing things up and and just being uh you know kind of uh poorly led and and poorly organized and stuff like that uh which is cool commentary but uh, um it works best i think if you watch it once and not again right after for for me personally so i i do think that i but i'm not gonna hold that against it because i don't think that that's the movies i'm fault, thinking you know? you're downplaying it because you didn't want to watch it again so close i know how you are with rewatches right. and stuff that's, like that is i don't blame but did you that. actually affect uh, yeah i mean i know that's it. what i'm saying i'm it. not i'm not letting it actually affect my okay. feelings i just always the- if i really like a film and i have to watch it again or whatever like you know like i said i always watch don't go in the woods alone probably three four times a year kind of thing because it's just something i enjoy watching <laughs> that movie's so ridiculous too. It, that's my favorite thing it's just it's like it never all, stops it, it no, really doesn't it doesn't stop but i get where you're coming from jp i do yeah um but yeah so uh i'm gonna say that i'll, I'll stick with my original rating of an eight that's a respectable rating cool uh who's after jp I have no Jeremy. idea what the order was. Me? Oh, I guess okay. I got fucked up because um, Dave wasn't there. Me? <laughs> me? Yeah. All right, Jeremy. So like I said, it's it's not my favorite Romero. It is what it is. I think it does get boring at some points, but I give it a seven and a half. Decent. Um, yeah, uh, it's me? I, I guess. I guess I'll go. Yeah. Um, I, I said what I had to say on it, man. I'm a big fan of, you know, I mean, this one just feels to me like a, like a prelude in style to Dawn of the Dead and Dawn of the Dead, of course, being my favorite film, Day of the Dead being like my third favorite film of all time, you know, kind of thing. Right. So I love this commentary. I love the editing. I, I honestly disagree. I think the characters are actually quite interesting here. 
Um, you know, I mean, I slightly agree with JP. It could have been a little bit more horror. I think there's elements here. I don't think it was meant to be a horror film. And I'm actually kind of glad that it wasn't because then it kind of it spawned the remake, which was like full blown fucking horror, which is a great contrast. There's moments. There's definitely moments of um, Romero's uh, kills and shit. Like, you know, when fucking Clank gets shot in the head and the stuff. The moments are good. That's why I just wanted more of them. Yeah, yeah. Like good. All the horror stuff is good. I love that scene where Clank gets shot in the head. Like, I just love the way it's filmed. Like, he just kind of throws his gun down. He's kind of, like, looking around. All of a sudden, boom, it just kind of catches you off. He and, says, we're going to do some serious drinking. That's his like, Yeah, that's what he says. Yeah, and it's, yeah, almost, yeah. Like, it's almost like a, a really good almost jump scare at that point, right? Without the fucking, you know, all the jump scares that actually happened in the remake, to be honest. But it's that moment where you're like, holy shit, that just happened. Um, but I think it's really good. I think Romero accomplishes accomplishes quite well what he's trying to do. Again, you mentioned ahead of his time. Of course he is, man. Romero was always ahead of the curve, which is what separates Romero from so many directors, uh, you know, in in the industry. You know, he's just, I don't think he ever got the respect that he truly deserved until recently. But um, I'm in at a 9 out of 10. I think this movie is fantastic. I've always loved this movie. I've never had an issue with it. It's been a few years since I've seen this. Um, and I really, really enjoyed my time with this one. I, I just was engaged from start to finish again. You know, it's like Dawn of the Dead, you know, that rapid editing. I can watch this shit all day long. And I, I, I would love to have seen a whole movie with just Dr. Watts, you know, uh, Richard France, man. It's too bad he wasn't utilized more. Such a fantastic actor. Am I next? Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, you know, I think this movie is damn near perfect, but I do think the actual budget holds this one back. I think it's a little too cheap to oh, be um I forgot to uh, a, a masterpiece. And usually budgets don't. I think that if they could have, you know, maybe done it, Romero thought the sound editing wasn't great. He, you know, they didn't have enough time with it. Um, the yeah. ending really, it really gets to me. I think it's super effective. I think it's like really gut wrenching. And that with that song too, after the whole thing, after they went through just to have nothing, like it's almost just as cruel as Night of Living Dead, to be honest. So, um, last time I watched this was when Arrow put out the the Blu-ray, and I rewatched it again. I, I mean, yeah, just recently, and I liked it more. It went up for me. Uh, I originally saw this when I was a kid. And I was like thirteen when they um, I got the double tape of Dawn and Crazies was there too, and I was like, oh, another George Romero, and I watched it then, and I liked it, but not nearly as much as I do now. I didn't understand the concepts as much, so, and I love how this plays right into his filmography, and it's just like another great stepping stone to you know Night to to Crazies to Dawn to Day, and they all fit together, and it's just perfect Romero. So I'm at a nine. I was at an eight, but I went up a whole point. I'm at a nine. Ah, oh, nice. You're up there with me. Nice, Rob. I am so relieved because uh, I kind of figured where I was going to be, but I figured I'd be like way above everyone else. Um, you know, one of the things I really didn't uh, really speak too much uh, was I, I just thought the acting, the characters. I love uh, David and uh, how David and Judy's uh, characters, how they sort of bookend this movie. You know, we see them pretty much almost right at the start of the film. Uh, we're introduced to them, and then by the end, of course, we have that, I think, really effective moment uh, between the two, and uh, especially for me, you know, when she looks at him and says, I feel the baby kicking, and Ooh. now he's asleep, and I'm telling you, I, I mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's much to say, I, I you know, we, we talked about uh, Ri- uh, uh, Ri- is it Richard Francis, France, that plays Watts, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder the same too about Lane Carroll. I don't know why she didn't have a career. I thought Dude. she was 
absolutely freaking awesome in this particular And beautiful. Adorable. Absolutely. Right? I thought the same thing. The, the chemistry she has with 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 David is just I mean I think I think she's I, good too. Oh man, I just I absolutely just fell in love with her over the through, through this film, and I just thought it was as natural and and I could see what why some would say you know not quite see it the same, but uh, Romero's just saying so much in this movie, and uh, uh, I just really think it's uh, it's a definitely an early film that not only as we we said sets up uh, the more I don't, I don't know how much more important they are, but you know, Don and Dave that will follow owe so much to this movie, uh, and this movie really needs to be seen more. So I'm, I'm at a nine too, and that's what I was thinking before we even talked, and I was hoping I wouldn't be, you know, too no, high. Just missed the Hall of Fame. Yeah, with a twenty. I think it's a great movie, and I love it. But I, I, I'm be honest, like I'm not sure if it should make it. Not I think it's. I think it's kind of a movie. No, that's, it's not. It's not I agree. I think it's exactly where it should be, man. I got to say though, man, this is probably the highest rated film that I've ever had on this podcast, which is crazy because we've reviewed like thousands of films. That was a nine that had stock footage in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if if Hellraiser's not in the Hall of Fame, that's Hell ridiculous. By the way. Oh, that Hellraiser's in there. I, no. I think Jeremy's fault. On it's that. absurd. That's absolutely absurd. Yeah, Hellraiser is better than Demons. I agree. I oh, I actually disagree with that. To be, I give, I give them both a ten. I can't even. They're about the same for me. But I, I think Hellraiser is better than Demons. Got a I, better plot. I don't. What? Uh, got, yeah, I mean, got, whatever. Uh, I, it, it does got a better plot. Demons is fun. I actually Demons disagree. Blast, uh, I don't. I mean, Hellraiser is a glorified fucking love story. Demons yeah, is just dope. It's in the cinema. Hellraiser's concept is much better than. I mean, they're both. Well, Demons the has got that great idea. Demons that it, honestly, in execution, uh, Demons is phenomenal. I mean, the way the shit pl- it plays out, man, is awesome. It, but the dude, soundtrack is amazing. All the shots of score of the is light amazing. Coming through the f- the 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 walls and and the okay. So uh, did we the, just the, get in the, from the, the crazy pinhead design chatter? Cinnabites, though, the idea of cinnabites and escaping from hell is way more deeper and you know why and, and it has a bigger statement. Than you know why demons, make- but demons has a crazy coming out of the film aspect and actually attacking the audience, which is really cool. Dude, so, you yeah, know what? It, you know what separates these movies? Mikel Suave. In the film in Demons, man, the dude with the mask and shit solidifies yeah. it for me right there, man. Oh, he's <laughs> nowhere near as cool as Pinhead. And he's Fuck that. I would, I would take Mikel Suave with that little fucking mask any day, handing out the little tickets and shit. Fuck And that. Hellraiser costs $10. It literally that movie costs like 10 bucks to make. Yeah. You know, the soundtrack to Demons probably cost him, must have been a few million just to put those songs in there. I know. We, we had the budget on 85 show, but those movies are stupid to compare, to be honest. It's no, like I, honestly, oldages, honestly, you know I mean? One's like a dark personal yeah, movie. Just, and one's like we literally comparing or, Demons to fucking Hellraiser? That doesn't make sense. That was, it didn't make any sense. Yeah, They're both Demon clarify, movies, though. Yeah, right. Technically. Just to clarify, uh, I gave it a nine and a half. Jeremy, an eight and a half, and Moon's a nine. Those aren't bad ratings. If, if you, uh, you know... What did we get? Hellraiser two? Did I come in higher on Hell? Because I think I like Hellraiser two too. Like I think I rated. No, you gave it an eight or wait. Yeah, no, you gave them both a nine. Okay, so I think that was the argument before. I used to like Hellraiser two more, and then I I came down on it. I think I came down on it to a nine. I think I was higher before. Yeah. It's like a violent kids movie. Hellraiser two. He he moves. Yep. 
is uh and Michele, is it the first time is it the first time that we have uh someone that's not only in the movie but he's in the movie in the movie I think so. I think so, actually. Yeah, because he is totally the dude. In, we yeah, get a, we get a freaking double dose of McKelly. It's freaking awesome. Playing two different characters, right? Actually, the character from the movie. Do you think that was a like a like an actual thing that happened in the demons, and he's actually been demonized and came out to pass off the tickets so the movie could possess them? Uh, I see. I. Uh... It's, not actually bad. it's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't think he's was... Hellraiser. Right? I think he's, he's so playing two funny. different characters, though. Um. If okay. anybody ever covers Hellraiser again, it's going to make make the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Just the first one. Hey, man, if you're ever on a show where you want to do some What We Watch and you want to just watch it and rate it. I would. That's a Derek move. Yeah. That is happening. I noticed that is starting to happen on this show where people are, like, requesting films specifically That's because they have a they chance. Yeah. yeah. But Derek made a whole new segment. It's like, this is what I call my Italian segment. Demons. 10 out of 10. <laughs> and he's like, this is what I call my Japanese ghost story segment. <laughs> this is what I call my Hellraiser in the Hall of Fame segment. Dude, so funny. <laughs> it was all so cold, funny. <laughs> Dude, I'm actually, I actually regret my, one of the biggest regrets I have is episode eight. Uh, I gave Phantasm an eight. Ooh. Because there's a lot of flaws, but it's also so great, and it I, helps the movie. It's hard to pick them. I, I think there's you less know, flaws the more now and more than there was I back then. That franchise, man. You know, I, I mean, just, I fuck it. There's nothing better than watching the first four movies in a row. Moods gave it a nine point five, and I, I would have came in at a nine on it. I, I at least a nine. I, I think now. I'd still be. I mean, I, I'm not sure what my other ratings were, but uh, I love that franchise, man. Well, you, you gave the first one a nine point five, the second one a nine, the third one a seven, and the fourth one a seven point five. Yeah, I think those are all good ratings. I might come up to like an eight on the fourth one now. Though. I never saw the fourth or fifth one. Yeah, Dude, the fourth one, one really is a fucking trip. So, so hard because they used unused footage. Don't, don't, don't yeah, I know the story. Oh. I know the story. No, I know, I know he does. And okay. it, it's just so weird when you watch it. You're like, why? how did they do this? But you know how they did it. <laughs> when I talked about it on podcast under the stairs, I, I literally like when I was a kid, I was like, how did they get him to look so young? <laughs> like, did they find effect? another guy that looks like him. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I'm always in the mind. Like most people seem to like how part I two. turned out so smart. Jesus Christ. Because I said some dumb shit when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, you, when you were a kid, JP. I don't, when I don't, you were a kid. I don't think you're the kid from, uh, from fucking Grown Ups Part 2 like my kid is, but... <laughs> Oh lordy! All right, let's get let's uh let's go. Okay, so that is the crazies from 1973. How long has he been playing a statue? A couple hours now. Same look Roy gave me. Okay, so moving into 2010 with the Crazies remake, directed by Breck Breck Esner. That that name just sounds made up to me. I don't think he did <laughs> many. Great. I don't think he did many things after this. He did, I know he did that the last the last Witch Hunter movie, which oh, yeah. I never checked out. But Is that the yeah. one with Fen Diesel. I believe so. None of his other movies appealed to me. I don't. Yeah, I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen it, but yeah. Um. So yeah, the crazies from 2010, starring Timothy Olfen. Say his name. 
How do you say his name, Oliphant? Oliphant? I guess. This dude should have been a star, by the way. He should have been like the new Bruce Willis or something. Dude, he's great. I love yeah. this guy, even in um, Santa Clarita fucking diet and shit. Like, he's, he's fucking oh, great. Oh, that's where the fuck I seen him. Deadwood, he's, man. Deadwood. Dead, oh, in, in Deadwood? Scream 2. Scream 2. He's great. He's honestly like an underrated fucking actor, isn't he? Yeah. Like he just girl next door. He's great in that too. The girl next door. Holy fuck! I didn't even think of that. He man. throws the kid off the fucking car. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I used yeah. to not really like this movie that much, but I I gotta be honest. Watching it this time, oh, he's dude, a shitty I really husband, enjoyed though, it. I have to say, like I said though, man, I saw this in the what? theater. You want to know why he's a shitty? I husband? didn't really. Okay, can he we knows. can we can we just get the synopsis? Or, okay, here we, we we can break bread after we get the synopsis out of here. Come on, motherfuckers, let's do this. After a strange and insecure plane crash. Insecure? <laughs> okay, did we just say that at the same time? Right? Was the plane Played nervous about this crash? crash? Like the plane crash, or the, oh, what the fuck? Okay, an <laughs> unusual like, toxic virus enters a quaint farming town. A young couple are quarantined, but they fight over survival along with help from a, uh, from a couple of from a couple of people. Okay, that fucking stuff is ridiculous. <laughs> That's like the worst written thing ever. Insecure. Glad we stopped talking about the movie to plane that. crash. That was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> apparently, yeah, this insecure? plane crash is like I am so ugly. I'm going down. <laughs> I can't believe it. All that weight after my wedding, I'll never get this dress again. Oh, this military hates me so much. Fuck this. I'm going down. <laughs> Give me a virus. I feel so sick. I still come gross. <laughs> what is this show turned into okay so we did mention before that in contrast the original crazies is about the military it's the focus is about the military and and Mm -hmm. those aspects and stuff this one right here focuses on being a horror film you know there's an infection it's the same narrative i mean there's a plane crash they do cover the same elements there's a plane crash gets in the water system and people start going fucking insane but this one really kind of dives into being a straight up horror film and that and it rolls with it it never really changes in fact the military doesn't even show up into this film until 30 minutes into the movie and they're never they're never a focus and I mean, I characters a really. little bit i mean they're a little characterized towards the end of the movie yeah well that's what i'm saying the barn but yeah, that's like about one it dude. Yeah, um, one, one, right yeah. you never really Man. get to see the military at all which i love it in this movie because and it was something that kind of bugged me before i was like holy fuck man you know not thinking about you know why i would like this as a remake compared to the original because we always talk about <laughs> remakes and originals and stuff and this is what separates them you know this is actually a decent remake it takes the core idea it takes the core narrative and it rolls with it and does its own fucking thing and i i actually respect this after i didn't really i walked out of the cinema going i don't like that movie so uh, i think a lot of people walked out of the cinema not liking a lot of movies in that era and now yeah. looking yeah. back on it it was pretty yeah. solid yeah i thought was when i first saw it and then no, I, I think everybody liked time. Hills Have Eyes when they walked out of that one i think that was the one big exception i think everybody liked that yeah. damn movie yeah um, I said, but fuck it. no, I the opening it. to this film, I really like the the they set up the small town vibe pretty Perfect. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they take a little well. bit more time to get to the barn burning in this one. Actually, than they do in the, the scene that really solidifies it for me is the because I live in a small city. I mean, I don't live in a small town. I live in a small city, hundred thousand people, whatever. But um, 
is the scene which I can relate to being on the ball field, watch, you know, just having right. people out there watching your kids play ball because that's Everybody what people do. Everybody knows each other. Exactly. You know that person's kids. That's what parents. people do around here. And when that dude comes into the field all fucking crazy, quote unquote, and has that altercation with with our with our sheriff played by and um everybody by Timothy. Knew he used to be drunk because it's a small town exactly right so and i think they all, they all relapse i like that it's a that's great cool. opening that seems scene. very effective it actually. is very effective yeah. because they actually introduce him as the town drunk and all of a sudden like david might be like a little bit of the bad guy and shit like what you just shot the town drunk because he started drinking again it's crazy dude like what the fuck are you doing but i love that setup man i think it's very effective which i never caught before <laughs> this movie has some fucking pretty convenient ass things happen in it, though, I do have to say. Like, oh, this guy's just about to pitchfork your wife, and right about when he's about <laughs> to put it down, up oh, here comes the sheriff to kill him. It's like, right, that's it's, suspense, well, though. What, what, I, what like, I said so this film is, it's that does very happen three or four times. It's very, it's very, it it's very much a movie. Yeah, yeah, it happens three or four times. But I mean, combined with the convenience of that, and there is, you know, they made that it, they made it a horror film of its though. time. They made it a horror it film of its time, and they 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 utilize the jump scares in this like hardcore. I mean, I I know JP doesn't have a problem with them and Edver and stuff like that, but in this in this movie, and I always talk about how I'm always against jump like cheap jump scares and shit like that. But again, I realize what they're doing, you know. The original one to this one, this is meant to be a horror film. You're going to have that type of shit. So I can actually kind of give it a break in this aspect a little bit, even though they're a little bit cheesy at times and they're obvious as fuck too. Like those are a little bit of kind of gripes on the film. So but I could do without them. Suspense that. scenes too, though. They have suspense scenes. Like, oh, of course. I think the pitchfork is a big suspense scene. That's not right. just it, a jump scare. I didn't it's say it was building. a bad scene. I just no, no, no. That's not a jump scare. I, agree. I, I didn't say I that was a jump scare. I'm convenient. that that scene's more yeah. of a convenient scene. There's not with a, the, that's right. Yeah, that's that's a convenience. There is a few jump scares, you know, just with, you know, whatever. There's a few in the film, but that's more of the convenience. But, but so. that shot of the pitchfork dragging with the after it was stabbed into somebody with the blood, mm-hmm. that's your money shot right there. That's the whole damn poster. Yeah. That looks so cool, dude. Mm-hmm. That is that is horror right of course, there. Of course. And there is a lot of great cinematography and shots in this oh. film. Oh yeah. I the actually was the, shocked at how well beautiful shot wide shot. shots. The shot in the fucking barn. I would have liked to watch this in high def. <laughs> A shot in the hey, barn. I have it on Blu-ray. Fuck, a hey, shot in the barn with the light, with the tractor going around and around, and the lights yeah. coming from the back Ooh, behind yeah. the tractor. Very it's fucking beautiful, dude. Too. That hey, shot is fucking yep. amazing. I thought he was going to turn that bitch on. It was scary. This is an amazing big, expensive shot. wide shots for sure, and they look yeah. great. Can I say yeah, something even, about that even, cinematography? Uh, what's yeah, that? go ahead, Rob. I, I was just saying, it's got to be mentioned, man, because this guy, Maxime Alexandre, if that's how you say it, uh, number one, he's Italian. That ought to be mentioned. But number two, listen to some of the movies he's got under his belt. He, his first movie he shot was High Tension in 03. Yep. He did the Hills Have Eyes remake. He did the Maniac remake. That's right. He did yep. The Nun, which is higher on my list than it is on some people's list. But he did Crawl, too, uh, in 19. So uh, he's got some. guy. His movies look good. Yeah. Yeah, do. they do. I love the uh like the helicopter shots of the school with the buses and stuff like that and then yeah. the um it just, it just actually it I was shocked it it the honestly what I thought of this movie cuz like I when I first seen it I thought it was good and then I watched it a couple years ago for like a body bags review or something and I was just like ah it wasn't as good as I remembered. So watching it again, I was like, there's actually a lot of things to appreciate in this movie, especially once you watch the original and you're like, okay, they're just different. But the the things that are different about them both work for their own movie. Yeah. 
And that's the dialogue's said, good, too. The yeah, dialogue between characters is, is good. The di- it, that's why like I think it makes, it makes the characters better, the dialogue in this one, because the relationship between the two cops are just... Yeah. I just think it's much it's more interesting. It's better than the it's relationship better. between the wife and the... Cop. Well... The, 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 yeah, he's a horrible husband is. because he well, fucking leaves her outside, leaves her in the fucking counter when he goes and walks. But he out. goes back. He leaves her. her, but he leaves her, and all the shit right. starts to happen. It's like when you leave your he's pregnant a strong, wife. Strong, independent woman. Damn it! Oh she bullshit! You wouldn't leave your fucking. Really, I never really her. caught that that he was such a bad husband, man. I mean, I, I, I just, just I look at his character everywhere. He but was I just leaving her. But I look at him as he's also the sheriff of the town, and he's trying to take responsibility for it too. But this is at like the end. And of the he film knows where that his wife is a strong woman; like she can probably take care of herself, kind of thing. Well, but she thinks that. He also yes, knows he has a job to do too. Like I get where he's end, coming oh, from. That was dumb in the diner when they got separated. I remember thinking that I was like, "Why the fuck are they separated right now?" She's like sitting at the counter, and yeah, that was like, dumb. She was drinking water. What well, was they were doing two. Di- they were doing two different things. Like he's literally trying to find together. a way out, but trying to find the keys and stuff. He's trying to find. She's trying to find. Yeah, but they have to have. They have to get out of there. You don't separate at that point. Yeah, you don't. Probably not. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't but think it. Would, I, think, I mean, I just saw it as I, I a think, time saver. Though, that's too. horror I mean, movie shit, though, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have to bring it up. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's not bullshit. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it's a fair assessment. It's a fair, but I understand what was going on there. Like he's literally trying. Like he's accomplishing something. She's accomplishing something too. But I understand. No, she's the whole not. Separate. She's sitting there drinking a fucking glass of water. But that's what she's doing <laughs> in, in an area where they think they're safe. But Bullshit! How, why would you think you're safe in a fucking world uh, that there's no, but, fucking you can't but Jeremy, that's there. what she's trying to it's accomplish. She needed, wa- but she needed water. But she needed water. But she needed water. That was the whole point. And I'm glad no, that they no, even no, showed that. It's different than needing water and like you could drink water and stay together. She's fucking sitting at the counter with her fucking hands crossed. No, the stupid. The only stupid thing about the scene is the fact that she sits down and pours it into a cup when she has a bottled fucking water. No, that's retarded too. That's stupid. She just grabbed a bottled water and bit on the go. That was dumb. Yep. Yeah, okay. I think there's I think a. The but I'm just saying. Well, the, if they wouldn't have separated, it would have took a little bit longer. I just and they understand why the they explosion. were separated, though. That's that's what I'm they saying. Didn't know it was going to explode. I mean, it's not yeah. like she was in the diner, just like fucking, you know, doing whatever. And she, at least she was trying to accomplish something. I, I get it. I drinking water. But dude, you it gotta was get fucking they were hydrated, man. They hadn't drank she anything it. She had a bottle, but she dumped it in the glass. It's a dumb scene. They, they hadn't was, drank no, in like two days. <laughs> dumping in the in the glass is a dumb scene because it would be better to grab the water and go and find yeah, David. That would have yeah, been yeah, the that, smart thing to do. Dumb. But I understand why she was in the diner. That's what I'm saying. Like she needs water. I just don't. They were getting care. supplies. That's I why he grabbed the bag. Either, That's why he grabbed the bag and put a bunch of shit in there. Put all the keys in there. She was grabbing some shit too. If and, we talk about letting his wife and right at your door, or right in your door, whatever the fuck name is movie, letting your wife inside the house. Why would I not bring up the fact that he fucking such leaves a little his wife? Small scene that is insignificant to the film. Well, I just think it's retarded. I agree. It's probably mo- like ninety percent of people wouldn't split up in that situation, but it just doesn't really matter. Not going to affect my rating, though. It, it, it really right. depends. I mean, if you're going into this, what you think is a safe spot, like, hey, you go grab the keys, you go grab this bag and stuff. I'm going to grab some water. We'll meet up here in three seconds. I mean, not if after that's what the- happened that day. I I, I would say that maybe. No, right? I wouldn't. I think that honestly, would. I think I would even do that. Like if I was if I was David, I'd be like, "Hey, I'm going in here. You go grab some waters. We'll meet up here in like 10 seconds, man." I mean, really. In that room it looks safe. Right? Like, but she I'm does some stupid. She safe. sits down and pours into a glass when it's ridiculous because what are you going to do? Yeah, Take the glass she goes over? outside and she fucking notices all the bodies in the fucking back of the truck and all this other bullshit. That happened before. Okay, that happened before that's even worse. Another point that she's alone. 
That but, was dumb. But, I just, I, I didn't, but there is no I, one I, around. You're never going to convince me otherwise. But how do you know there's nobody around? It doesn't matter if it's dumb or not. It just matters if somebody would, if there's a human being that would do I'm it. I'm not saying it not, isn't not dumb. I'm just saying to survive that long. there's justification <laughs> in that scene and there's also dumb parts. I don't think the whole thing right. is ridiculous. Well, you said I don't, don't talk enough and then when I talk, I'm stupid. I agree so. with Jeremy on it. It's dumb. He didn't it's dumb. No, Jeremy, no, I never said you were stupid. It's, I'm glad that you brought that up so we have a conversation. That's the point of it. Rob, do you think I'm it's just dumb? not saying the whole scene is stupid. Here's what, here's what I think. I, I think. I think when they separate initially early on, I think it's justified just because you got military people right there who are separating, and you don't have a whole lot of choice. Yeah, and right I think, and, yeah, right, 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 because I think at the beginning, too, they help counter that when he has that conversation with that one guy when he says, hey, That's a great I, line. I, yeah, I won't, I won't, you know, I won't ask you why, you know, or. Don't ask me why I, you know, yeah, when I, why I'm going to go back to your not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, because that happened, though, because that happened, it, it does, it does, I mean, do you let your wife out of your sight for even two seconds after that? But at the same point, you get to that point where, you know, because, you know, they drop certain pieces of dialogue along the way where the truck stop seems to be a safe point to getting out of there once they you, get you know how that, much in dawn of the dead the the husband isn't around the wife but she's also contained in an area that's true on purpose true. they've actually made a point of making her safe in there that was that's a little bit different no even even before that like when they're in the before they get to the mall and stuff they go off on their own a few times I'm just saying. Yeah, it, I mean, it's common. I guess. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, I got. I got a question, guys. Maybe, maybe it's just me. You can correct me. But in the very beginning, when he uh, after the incident on the on the little league field, uh, he asks the. I guess it's the mortician uh, when he'll have the toxicology, and he tells him five days. Then, like five minutes later, he he's in his <laughs> office. He gets. He gets call. the. He gets he the toxicology yeah. report, which says 0. 0.00. No, he, he just, doesn't say five he, days. Yeah, he does. He t- five I'm days for the positive. rest, but tomorrow he'll have the alcohol for you. Oh, is that, okay. Then I then I missed. It. All right, that's fine. Okay. Well, here's another one. That why is it that when he shuts off, doesn't he shut off the town's water supply after he has that conversation with the yes. man? Yes. And then we never hear about the water again. The rest of the movie. Well, there's no reason to at that point. Yeah, but we never see the mayor again. Why even have the scene with the mayor if you're not going to show do they him? Actually, do they actually shut off the water supply? Because he has that conversation that with the mayor. That is the scene from Jaws. Because he has <laughs> not the only one. When he gets slapped by uh, the guy that he shoots wife, she yep. slaps him. I thought that was... The, the reason for that scene does is the to water show s- that the, the sheriff doesn't give a damn. He's going to do what's best for everybody. Like no, it, It's character development. That's what that scene does is. Does he shut off the water still, supply? After he, talk, head, after he talks the to the character, mayor? Have a whole driving scene and then just show him for two seconds and be like, hey, I'm a fat guy swimming. Yeah, well, he's a... Uh, he's, you know... The, 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 hmm. I mean, that's cliche right there. You should have just yeah. made him the guy I that was like I don't remember him shutting off the water because I remember having the conversation with the mayor saying, you know, if we, if we shut up the fucking water, like we're going to bankrupt this whole town he, because we're he, a farming he, community kind of thing, and which completely made sense from his point of view. Right. Right. Because the one guy though. says, I don't think, I think you're going to get fired for this one. Yeah. 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 But then he yeah, ends up shutting off the water. And he said, that might not be such a bad thing. Yeah. Then hmm. he goes and he turns off the water and he takes the lever so nobody else could turn it back on. Oh yeah, that's this right. whole movie Shit, is totally. like one set piece in the set piece. That's right for me though. It's like 
Like I can't remember. I forgot about that. It's like a car wash into a diner into the autopsy room. They're just giant, giant big set pieces of like action and gore and horror, mm-hmm. which is cool. But I don't, I don't remember much in between those. Like you know what I mean? There's like just a few huge big scenes in that. I mean, there's it's some like, bonding moments going on with the. You know what I think is a characters. weird, a weird development in the film though. It's like. You know, the scene in the barn where, you know, um, we got the sheriffs and, you know, Judy, David and Judy and Clank and stuff like that, which is he's referred to as Russell in here. And they have that altercation with the military um, guy and they actually end up letting him go because the guy pleads for his life. And he says, you know, like, I won't say anything, you know, like I can, you know, you guys are cool, whatever. And then they let him go and stuff like that. Like, man, that scene is fucked because, you know leading into what they see at the end of the film where they've literally exterminated fucking everybody. <laughs> it's like, did this guy say something? Like there's people out there and shit. Like we need to get rid of fucking everybody. And like, is that, am I missing something there? Or no, they were going to kill everybody regardless. They probably didn't let him know about it. Okay. What, so that, that's what, that's people? what I, that's what I'm thinking because he was definitely uninformed of what was going on. Like he was actually being legitimate and being like, I don't fucking know what's going on kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But I just thought it was kind of interesting. Well, you they, figure have this, that they have they this dialogue. Have, they and then, t- it's a need to know basis, right? Yeah, like, yeah. That's how it always is. Like they just, yeah. t- the, the people who are directly involved in doing it, those are the people who know. Yeah. They were uh, going to experiment on the sick people to see if they could cure well, them. Of course, of they, course. Maybe, but then just fry everybody else who possibly could have been infected. I mean, the commentary. Or maybe they figured so, there was no cure. It's just so horrific. I mean, honestly, too. I don't think that's such a bad idea whenever I see how like realistic. Like, if COVID was like this, like we'd be fucked. So I think you probably do just kill everybody. And you still have assholes out there be like, it ain't real. It ain't real. <laughs> No matter what happens, there's always going to be fucking naysayers or deniers. Yeah. I saw somebody I mean, today. There's always going to be that flat shit. Earthers, there's dude. always going to be that shit. I saw somebody today in the store with a Make America Great Again hat, a Donald Trump t-shirt with his face on it, not wearing a mask, just a um, mobility scooter. I was thinking, yep. Oh, really? Amer- I mean, America. It's just so interesting that you know how this shit is so relatable to what's going on with COVID and stuff like that. And it's really fucked up, man, because... I used to think that my wife was bad guys in these movies. Well, I mean, they're obviously the bad guys, but I'm just saying, like, I'm not 100% against their reason for doing it. For murdering yeah. everybody. I mean, well, it, it, yeah. it, it just got me it thinking. It got me thinking because the wife has a well, friend. Well, yeah, they did fucking cause it in this one. <laughs> the, one, one, of, um, one of the wife's friends that you grew up with and stuff, and she went to school actually down in the States. She's now a nurse in, um, in Florida. And she volunteered to go to New York to help out with the crisis there because it's so fucking bad. Come through my hotel, and so she ended up at a at a hospital in the Queens. And essentially, um, Aaron's talked to her four or five times since, and it's just fucking. It's absolutely brutal. My, it's absolutely my brutal. My therapist told me that she thinks that in the next like year or two, they're they're going to see a lot more people with PTSD from the doctors and the nurses. From- yeah. Like who were in the hospital. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I didn't you think know, about that. You know, she's been a nurse for a long, <laughs> long time in her life. And I mean, this shit has fucking deeply affected her and stuff. But the problem yeah. is with it that, you know, she she's there dealing with the stuff. And she basically got, not demoted, but like, you know, she was on dead body removal, you know, all day. Ugh. Like hundreds of bodies being fucking, you know, carted out and stuff like that. And so Aaron asked her, she's like, is the media like overplaying this shit down there or underplaying it with what's going on in New York? Cause it was the hardest hit area. And she's like, they're totally underplaying it. And I was like, 
fuck. I like instantly <laughs> talked to a, I instantly to had one. But this is somebody that's in the middle and she's like, dude, what they're saying right now is not what what's happening at least in this fucking uh, hospital that I'm in right now because it's like it's literally people are coming in and dying <laughs> every 5 minutes. Like you're walking over dead bodies. There's so many dead bodies that, you know, y- you can't even move around. I was like, "What the fuck?" She's like you could tell she's totally distraught, totally fucked up. Like just, it's going to be something that affects her the rest of her life. But so they're, they're kind of downplaying a little bit in there. They're not saying that shit, but that's fucking scary, man. I've, I've heard some things. Um, I've probably talked, I, I I mean, I talked to people for the, I've been working this entire time. Do you know people that are working in the hospitals? Yeah. I've had people, what we have, uh, something called an essential, um, it basically Hilton put out this thing where it basically allowed essential uh, people uh, for like first responders to stay for free. Um, so okay, we had yeah. a lot of those people coming through uh, where we're located. Like a lot of people come through our area to go to New York, right? It's on, it's on the main highway that gets you to New York. So um, yeah, I had a lot of people who were going in coming out and um, a lot of people who were uh, from, toronto or ontario too which is weird uh this new area where i work is like it's it's like such in the middle of of all these transits um but yeah i mean i've heard some different things some some crazy stuff some not so crazy stuff some so did seems you, like did you not know what these depends. people were doing because if they're crossing the border like actually when i was camping you know a little going like just last week um they're all <clears throat> old rich people who live in florida and they're going home okay to so their like, other house <laughs> so i'm sitting i'm sitting in this you know this campsite called canyon creek and uh i fucking <clears throat> i look over and this uh this fifth wheel pulls in and these guys are from California and I'm like, holy fuck, that's crazy. So I'm taking a bike ride and shit and I sparked up a conversation with them and stuff. And I'm like, whereabouts in California you guys from? They're like, oh, we're from Sacramento. And I was like, oh, crazy. That's just kind of fucking weird because I've been to like every major city in California except for Sacramento. (laughs) It's like the weirdest thing, right? And uh, it turns out that they were on work visas. They were actually heading up to Alaska because you got to come through where I am to get to Alaska. It's just like the only route, right? And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then the next day I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm talking to the owners and I'm get, grabbing some wood and shit. And these people are rolling through and they, they, it's like a whole truckload of people and they're from fucking Nevada. And uh, same thing. They're on like fucking work. Visa. They're heading up to Alaska on these work fees and shit. And they're like, no, we're just getting the fuck out of there right now. <laughs> like, crazy, man. like literally getting the fuck out of there coming up here and going to Alaska. Illinois has been pretty good. I've we're had the, tons of people come through from Illinois. We're the only state in the whole country that, under the federal guidelines are could open up like the guidelines that the federal government no, came out with everybody's coming to no. illinois because all the food is better there i'm just saying illinois has done a good job at testing and fucking taking shit yeah, slow. Of course. <laughs> well illinois uh, uh, oh illinois doesn't protest violently we're good up here like everything <laughs> everything I mean, we usually everything are saying, Technically, like, we usually we're the best are. at this we're the best at that I mean, fucking NATO didn't get bad, and that that was fucking NATO. Yeah, I mean, it's like BC, too. I mean, we had the hugest outbreak because of the shit that was in Washington happened in BC, and then we were, like, the worst in the country, and all of a sudden we, I mean, we're fucking, we're golden right now. So, yep. It's on how you approach it, man. I'm actually surprised that most, like, I mean, I talk a lot of shit about where, 
I'm from and how people don't follow the rules that much and stuff. But I'm actually surprised that most of the world did without really being enforced. Kind of interesting. That I mean, I didn't see many people getting in trouble for not following the rules. Um, kind of, kind of interesting. But uh, anyway, back to the crazies. Uh, I think that the relationship between the two cops is actually like one of my favorite aspects of this movie. Um, it feels like a real friendship, you know, and and I like the de- decline. Of it the- does. It feels like an honest small town relationship where you yeah. have the sheriff and the deputy, and you know that's they work together side by side every single day, and it makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense that they would be like that. So, yep, I, I agree. And, yeah. if- and I like when dude starts to lose it too, because at first you're like, wait, that's a little weird. That doesn't seem like he would do that, and then it's just like more and more evidence. Yeah. <laughs> they really play that out in this film, though. Like it, he's changing for like half the fucking movie. You know, it's they all played out a lot, right? It's just from, insane. He's only changing from the scene where he shoots the person in the window in the house until I don't know. It's like half an hour. Right. No, it, it's, it's quite a bit though. Movie. But I just feel like even the scene where you know he says to David, he's like, you know, I'm going to give you and Judy a way out of here. You know, follow my lead. I'm, gonna, you know, and that's when he goes yeah. and basically you know sacrifices himself to the to the military Good and stuff. In that part, too. but it's like he seems like he's almost normal. And I don't know if it's his acting or what it is, but he seems like he's pretty damn normal. Like I mean, he's obviously out of it a little bit and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it goes even on. if you don't buy he's like a southern guy he's still a good enough actor to sell the performance like emotionally in his face and everything oh for sure so, yeah uh, he did a couple movies he's the guy in the ruins and he's in across the universe i looked him up because i recognize him i was like i can't put my he was in the ruins guy is he in the ruins? yeah he's i think he's the uh, uh the swedish guy oh fucking ruins is so good Dude, remember gotta, the, the swedish guy they meet who he's in like the stretcher the whole movie Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't that, even remember see the that. Guy, see the guy that gets his leg all fucked up? Yep, yep. He's the guy who gets really? his leg off. Oh, okay. Well, I, I remember gnarly, that part. The most gnarly effect ever done yep. in mainstream movies. Is that fucking He's scene. also in Across the Universe. He's the guy who gets sent to Vietnam. Oh, hmm. crazy. Hmm. Good cast in The Ruins. You, you should watch The Ruins. Or Sean that movie's Ashmore. fucking No, I, I've seen it before. I just need to rewatch. I haven't seen it since it came out. Literally, since it came That's out. That's great. So, I think I even bought the DVD after the fact and never even watched it again. So. Nice Lynn Laurie cameo. Pull it, pulling a Dave yes. on that one right there. Have a DVD for Dude, 15 the, years and not watch it. The Bicycle funny the, that old lady yeah. who's like, did Gerald call? Did Gerald call? <laughs> did Gerald call? Is, is that supposed to be yeah. our uh, sweeping the grass lady? Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, the, the the redneck guys who are hunting, and then later on they're like the hunters. Those guys are pretty gnarly looking too. I got some good death scenes there. Mm-hmm. It's funny because he ends up fighting like parts of the town. He's like, oh, I got to fight the coordinator now. And he comes at him with the fucking <laughs> weapon. And then he's like, I got to fight the principal now. That's another like thing with like the fucking with the that's another convenient thing. I just thought about with the facade like about to fucking come to his crotch. And the sh- other sheriff just happens to be there right before it fucking goes into. His that's stick. a movie, though. I know, that's like, good. Comments about movies. I know. You know what I love? No, about this? It, no, it stops. It stops. And then he just unplugs it. No, he stopped it. Did he stop it? Yeah, he stepped stepped on it. Man, one thing I love about this movie, man, that we mentioned in the crazies is that where the crazies ends, you know, he, you know, the, the Colonel, he's got to go to Louisville where obviously, you know, the shit goes down and return living dead. And then, and then we know what happens in return living dead where it gets fucking nuked and shit. I love the fact that like in this movie, 
it's you know it's a remake but you know at the same time the contrast is that what happens in the in, in the end of this movie is where they it pretty much they get fucking nuked <laughs> like yeah. they nuked the entire fucking city so i kind of like that setup where they set it up in the original film and then the remake they actually follow through with this this kind of you know straight up fucking budget. bombing this nuking right. and shit which is kind of cool man I, I i thought that was quite interesting how that kind of played itself out i like the know? concept i just think that it's it it makes me realize i'm watching a movie that whole end scene it's just too actiony and like convenient and just like uh actually just, just like the effects are a little bit shitty in that end scene too but i mean really honestly i i really enjoy this movie and i think to be honest the main reason is is that i'm a big fan of timothy olfant or whatever you want to say I think he he's great, man. He really does. He's just very believable in that role. And like, he's just, I just like his character, man. I really do like his character. I don't think he's, I mean, you guys kind of said he was an asshole husband and stuff, but I think he was doing what he so. needed to do because he is a sheriff. No, if he was a good dude. If he was just a regular type guy, you know, whatever. I mean, like, uh, you might want to go after your wife a little bit more, but he has a job to do. And he knows that. I think he's a very strong character and he plays out Six. very, very well. And he's fucking badass too, because to be honest, the best scene in the movie for myself is the scene where he, after he gets stabbed in the hand, he fucking stabs out this bitch with the, with the knife through yeah. his hand, through oh, her neck. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. That shit was amazing. That was that's gnarly. the best fucking the kill. The good, man. The it's gore's really good. good. The gore is good. And, you know, and that's one thing mm-hmm. I like about this. They didn't downplay. They, you know, again, we go back to Romero's film where it, it focuses on one thing and this film focuses on the horror. And, you know, the infected turn into like these crazy fucking looking creatures and shit like that. And I love the hunters, man. <laughs> I wish I wish we could have got I wish we could have got just a little bit more of certain aspects of like you know, it was pretty creepy when the mortician was sewing up lips and eyes of people and they're well, that's, still alive. That's one thing I love yeah. about this film, Rob, is that yeah. everybody acts so different, just like in the original one too. Like, you know, you have these like it's very calculating. Like the mortician's kind of doing what he was doing before and like, you know, and this and this person's doing this and that. It's just yeah. I love that. How man. do you know he was behind him if he can't fucking see? He's like behind you. It's like your eyes are so shut, bro. <laughs> yeah, His ears aren't shut. Dude, shut. I never thought so of that. Shut. But that's but he so would be over there anyways. I mean, there's a few actual mistakes in this film. There's a scene where they shoot into the into the rig and stuff and he takes one shot and there's three bullet holes there and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, there's definitely Magic some it was a shotgun. No, it was not a shotgun. It was a rifle. <laughs> it was a fucking that's a, rifle. That's a new gun, Boots. There you go. Here goes JP trying to fucking... No, I don't remember. Just there, there is mistake. Honestly, dude, like if you saw it again, you'd be like, Moods is right. Yeah, I, I saw it because I actually burst out laughing. I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? It was one shot, one sound effect three holes and i was like oh come on but uh, yeah so i mean it could have just been a mistake in you know the the audio part of it but who knows you know, um, you know what i like about uh oh, i'm sorry oh no go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say you know what i like about uh oliphant well it, the sheriff's wife uh judy uh is uh she's one of those characters that you know she's in pitch black and she's in rogue but she does such a good job in this movie you you rarely think about that through this movie you know yeah man i actually really like her man i didn't realize is it her in this movie like she was yeah she was actually like what 37 in this movie like she looks really damn good but i like how they changed like the main characters in this film man. i like how they changed them up like you know with the whole sheriff thing it just makes a lot of sense too Right, yeah, you gotta have a be cops because you, they're not Vietnam vets, so they exactly. don't, those guys know how to fight because they're vets. These guys have to have some sort of like experience. With but the guns, lesser, so. but the lesser filmmaker would have made them like just you know they would have been like 
I don't know, Desert Storm, fucking whatever, you know. But that the fact that, dumb. but the fact that Judy is, um, you know, she's a fucking doctor. Like she's a she's a smart, strong character and type of thing, and I like that. I like that. It's cool. Anything Ratings? else? Anything else on the film, guys? No, I'm good. Rob, you want to chime in more? Uh, just I well, one last thing. I don't know if you just chalk it up as a little bit of trivia, but one of the things I stumbled upon, which I thought was kind of actually kind of cool, we talked about the uh, title track to the original Crazies, but the opening track, uh, "We'll Meet Again," that Johnny Cash. Uh, does was uh, a re or a cover to uh, the original. Uh, I think Berlin did it in the maybe the, was it the 30s or the 40s. It was a, well, it was a World War II song. But what really caught me was that uh, Pink Floyd did a nod to that song. Uh, they wrote a song called Vera in the Wall. Oh, I love which, that song. Yeah, which took uh, like two lines or something from. The actual song. Oh shit! And we, Crazy. Know, when will Marilyn? Does anyone yeah, else in here yeah. feel the way? Yeah. I know the yeah, song. Yeah. I didn't even re- I didn't put yeah. two and two together. Oh yeah, yeah I'm very we'll familiar it. with we'll Pink Floyd. It. Yeah, we'll meet yeah. again some sunny day. Crazy. Um, think about it. Yeah, but I. I th- it is funny that Johnny Cash. You know, he does the title track to here, and he also does the title track uh, uh, when the man comes around for uh, the Dawn remake. Yep, that's a great. That's a great track he used oh, too. Yeah, but that's good. That trivia. song, the Vera Lynn. Every time I hear that line, does anybody else in here feel the way that I do? Sing Always it. gives me chills sing up my spine. It. Every yeah. time. Yeah. I can't sing worth the shit. Nice. Well, you better get used to it, man, because the you know, the um musical, musical episode, we're gonna episode. do the whole thing by singing. We're gonna sing our it. whole reviews, yeah. Probably not. No. <laughs> so ratings. Alright, uh that would be Jeremy. All right, coming in with a seven out of ten. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, man, I actually really, really enjoy this one. I was pleasantly shocked because, like I said, in ten, I was not a fan. I've, I think I watched it once after, if I remember correctly. Don't remember what I thought, but uh, I was highly entertained, and I did the thing that JP always says not to do: watch the original and watch the remake directly after. I've made this mace. I've made this mistake a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, one memorable one I did was I rewatched The Evil Dead, which I'd seen a hundred times. <sighs> And then went straight to the cinema with Godzilla and watched the remake. And we both walked out going, fuck MacGyver. <laughs> we it's went, the only bad scene. It does not ruin the whole movie. No. Defibrillator it, scene's awful. It is really bad. And like, I don't know what it was, but that scene just like buried in my mind. I was like, what the hell just happened? But it's also, I have problems with that. I just, I hate the characters so much in that movie. But, um, I don't know, man. I, uh again did the back-to-back thing and was pleasantly surprised because they're completely two different films this is what i like when you remake a movie this is exactly what i want i want a core idea and i want something completely different does everything work no not exactly but i think a lot of it does and i think it's definitely worthy of a great remake and i think this one never gets mentioned in that aspect of being one of the better better remakes um which is kind of unfortunate because it's it's definitely has its moments. So I'm going to come in at an 8 out of 10 on this one. I think it's solid. I think it's really solid. Mm-hmm. Dave? Uh, man, I, I don't know. I'm between... Uh, when I first saw this, I was at like 6.5. It definitely went up. I want to give it like 7 and a quarter, but I just go 7. I, I really like it. And better than Nice Been On Your Grave remake from around the same time. 
I agree. It's definitely better. A Man, lot better. The thing is, I would came like, out the woodwork to tell us that they liked uh, that how much they like I spit on your grave. The you remake and you, the original. JP, you know no, funny? mainly the remake. Yeah, you know, I, I was actually young. surprised how many okay. people like that. I bet they haven't rewatched it. Did you guys notice? So did you guys notice all the commentary before we recorded the show? Like, oh, yeah, so I spit in your grave better be in the Hall of Fame. It's so fucking much better <laughs> than the original film. We we dropped the podcast. No one has commented on our thoughts. I haven't heard Except anybody. they don't like me. Except for they don't like Dave, but no one has commented on the fact that well, me and Dave actually shit on it pretty good. I mean, you, JP, you liked it a lot more, but I like I liked it. But no one has really mentioned it, like how much we didn't care for it compared to what their thoughts were. It's kind of fucking weird. I thought for I sure. haven't really heard any counter. JP countered some things, but like I, people, it's just mentioned... really what you look for in the movie. It's what you look for in the movie, and I, the yeah. stuff it gives you is not the stuff I like. The original, what I like about the original, so it doesn't really give me anything to like. Yeah, I mean, people commented on the fact right. of Savage Vengeance and, of course, Deja Vu and stuff, but no one really brought up the remake, which I'm quite surprised because that would have been the ideal thing to comment on because we no know that the other ones are shitty. No one talks about the third I spit on your grave either. No one talks about it. It's the best one. Uh, they said that I was right. Yeah, you were right, I think, on that. I, I need to rewatch it, but I, I was like, I don't want to rewatch it right now. All right. So, oh, about uh, the about the begin- Oh, the ending, yeah. 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 Go okay. ahead. What's your rating? Seven. He already said it. You're retard. And then I gave mine, Dave gave his, and I believe yeah, it Rob. is Rob's. All right. Um, you know, it's, it, I think this film, uh, it, it's funny. I, I, I'm i glad I you know, got to hear you know everyone's thoughts, and it, it's kind of uh, it made me rethink about some of the things. I, I think if I had, and it's not a regret or anything, but I, I, I kind of wish maybe some of the horror elements would have been ratcheted up just a little bit. Like, I, I, it would have been cool if we would have got those... Uh, uh, just refer to them as your hunter killers that those three hunters out there i wish we could have maybe got maybe a scene or two with them as they're out there just hunting uh, i agree people i think that least favorite aspect of the movie was what that. we uh, what we do that, get them in the ant like in the uh, truck spot though no but i think yeah. i think i wanted to see him kill more victims like ralph yeah. saying oh i see yeah. oh, I, I see what you're saying yeah yeah. So they sort of, you know, in a in a weird way, they sort of bookend the movie because we were introduced to them early on. They're the ones who find the pilot, the down pilot, um, which leads to the finding of the plane. Uh, which, by the way, what did you guys think about that CGI? Oh, it's awful. I don't remember CGI. Oh, underneath. Yeah, the plane. Yeah, the yeah. plane underneath yeah. the water. Yeah. CGI. CGI. Eh. Um, anyway, oh, I thought it was fine. I didn't I really thought, care. I thought the morgue scene could have could have. I wish that would have been. Uh, ratchet the horror of that ratchet up just a little bit. Just the idea of this guy's kind of just sewing up eyes and lips and man, and the guy's still alive is pretty uh, is pretty horrifying. Uh, so, but I think it fits nicely right between uh, the two other movies that we've talked about. So I feel pretty good with an eight. Yeah, uh, I uh, I was pleasantly surprised with this one. I, I I never considered this one as one of like my favorite remakes or anything like that like if i would do a list of favorite remakes you know stuff like hills have eyes would be on there maniac um never really even gave this one a second thought but this this probably could be close to making a a top 10 or 15 (laughs) or something like that it's 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 really good and i like what mood said you know with the making it its own thing right like it's it the core concept is there it's literally the same concept uh you know a town infected and and stuff like that but it's just so different and it 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 just shows you how 
how different you can make a movie in a simple way and why it, it, it kind of bothers me that like more people are so unwilling to do that like the omen is so trash um it's lazy it's a bad yeah, version exactly. of a better movie it, it, yeah. it is it's the shit version but exactly yeah right and then it's lazy. Uh, this one i think is pretty good man i i, I think that what you guys, what Rob was saying about the horror, I, I mean, I disagree with that a little bit. Like, that was my complaint with the original. Like, there's no horror in it. This one, I feel like there there is a good bit of uh, a horror. And I, I guess you could always make it a little bit better. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I like I like the music. I like the shots. It. I like the friendship and the camaraderie between the two. Uh, there is some Hollywood-esque uh, things in it such as the the final run from the explosion thing and like jeremy said with the uh convenient timing of things um and you the know endi- the, the ending the actual like who survives in the end is very hollywood too because yeah. that's right. different than the original yeah yeah the the questionable um separation from the wife but um that's a very you know that's like a male like you like that's like a male perspective thing too where it's like always like the 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 husband can't leave the wife uh can't let the you know she can't fend for herself type thing um i didn't say it was she is pregnant though yeah right Mm -hmm. i agree i mean i'm not i'm not saying that I'm just saying that, like, the way we look at it is, like, from the male point of view. Yeah, but it's not like she was doing something else. She was drinking a glass of water. She can do that on the move. (laughs) It's not like she was like, I'm going to go get the fuses or something. What was he going to do? It would have made more sense if she was, like, eight months pregnant and she had to sit down and pour it in a cup and stuff. It's like, ah, shit, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, two people wandering around in a scary, uh, uh, trying to be quiet, looking for keys. I mean, I don't know. Either way, uh, I give it an eight as well. Cool. All right. Well, that is the crazies from 2010. Wow. All right, man. Um, crazy. It it, that was crazy. (laughs) That was crazy. I I mean, obviously, the show was picked because of the times we're living in and stuff. And I'm glad that we got to you know to do this because. I'll be honest. I hadn't watched um, the Blu-ray from Arrow. JP, you should be shamed of yourself. Uh, since I picked boy. that up, I'd watched Lazy the boy. other movies. I hadn't watched the crazies. Oddly enough, um, you guys, I- want some breaking news? Sure. Doctor Loomis is in the new Halloween movie. I already that saw that. Happened like hours, four hours ago. ago. Well, why didn't you? Okay. <laughs> Doctor, you're not a moderator anymore. I don't know how he would be so dead by now. Doctor, I blocked Will, so I. What don't do you mean, Doctor Loomis? Pose, how so the I fuck is Doctor Loomis in the film? Turkish Loomis is in it again. No, it's a, the it's Turkish Dr. Loomis. Maybe uh, they're doing some flashbacks. That'd be cool. He's gonna be CGI. Well, I mean, I guess the new, the, the last one was a sequel to the original. Okay, yeah. All right, whatever. I don't fucking care. I don't want to hear Halloween talk, anyways. <laughs> Hey, Nothing's going to be as bad as 18. I just can't not be excited for Halloween. It's not going to come out anyway. They can only get better, right? Jesus, man. Ugh. That's not even that bad of a movie. It's not that bad, realistically. I don't but know. I'm, I do just have, not a, I'm, I'm not, not a Halloween I'm, fanboy. I'm like fanboy not happy as fuck with it. Most 
Halloween movies suck anyways. That's a step up from like 90% of them. Um, 90% is an exaggeration. I actually only like the first three in the original ha- franchise, and then I do really like Rob Zombies, including part like two. Rob Zombies. Uh, All right, and, so you yeah. like more than there is. That you like more than half. Me? No, oh, I di- I pretty much dislike five of the original franchise, which is more than half of the eight. Well, yeah, but you're... Uh, and I don't like the new one. Though. I only like five films out of... You don't like four, five, six... I probably like six of them. I like half. Anyway, I I rewatched four. I I rewatched four last Halloween and I was like, Jesus Christ, man. It is so, it's so slow and boring. Oh, it's bad. It's not good at all. I don't understand the like for that movie at all. God. The atmosphere. Oh, I like Halloween six. That's about it. Yeah. That one sucks too. I hate that whole story. I don't hate any of them except for resurrection. I will gladly watch Halloween four. H two O. Terrible ending. It's not my favorite franchise. Terrible ending. Terrible ending. Hey moods. Yep. Back to the, uh, crazies just for one moment. I was, I was, you know, watching a few movies that were sort of, uh, related to, uh, this theme. And one movie I watched, uh, just the other night. Have you seen terror at noon or nightmare at noon? I think it is. Brian James wings. Yeah. Movie. I've yeah. never seen it, but it's a Nico Mascaracas movie. Yeah. Oh, Nightmare yeah. Oh, I love that movie, man. It's great. Nightmare yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Screen so Factory put it out. That <clears throat> Who yeah. else is in that? Is that uh, um, Bo, Bo Hopkins? Hop- yeah, Bo Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. And Wings Hauser, right? Wings yeah. And my boy Nico Wings Hauser. Nico Mascaracas yeah. did not get along with Wings Hauser. He's a oh. drunk. Which is actually kind of funny because he was also in uh, something the else. Wind. In The Wind. The I just Wind. reviewed, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm leaving. Bye, yeah. guys. Why are you fucking leaving? Let's wrap it up. I'm fucking hungry. I don't feel like talking about Nika Masarakis. Well, you should get used to talking about Nika Masarakis because we're doing a show coming up in the future in the summer. A Nika Masarakis show? Yes, we are. We're doing the Island Trilogy, man. So you better get yourself propane, motherfucker. You know what? I think I'm going to skip that show because they're showing them all of them at the drive-in. I'm not watching them twice. Well, you should watch them twice because the they're win. all good film. They're definitely worth no, watching twice. No, I've saw that. I've seen two of those before. They're not think, good. Island the of Death not. isn't good. What the fuck are you watching, man? Island of Death. Wait, awesome. save it for the it's show, right. fellas. Save Wait, no, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of the fucking. I'm thinking of those blood movies from the '60s. Yeah, dude. Oh, those are totally off, man. We're not watching. We're, we're not talking about Filipino fucking low budget Roger Corman films and shit, man. Fucking yeah. Al Adamson films and shit. Come on. No, I mean I did that. It's okay. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, got, it's all right. It, he, he was dude, like, dude, it's got your favorite thing. It's got fucking incest in it, man. Come on, oh, yeah. dude. I- yeah, got, I've watched this movie. I've talked about this it's movie got incest, on the it's got Animal sex, incest. It's got everything oh. in it. It's amazing. All right. Thanks a lot. Wow. Where did that come from? Nico Masarakis. Yeah, Nightmare at Noon. Can't go wrong. Wings Hauser. George Kennedy. Fun. The great George Kennedy. Yeah. Yes. Wait, why are we doing those shows? Did somebody pick that? Moods. I picked oh. the Nico Masarakis Island Trilogy because. Jesus. <laughs> so, you, so I don't get to pick anything. Apparently not. No, no, and that's probably a good thing. I'd rather do Jeremy's ideas than yours right now, considering you're just getting shit all mixed up and you're all hungry and weird. It didn't tell me about right at the door. <laughs> that was Jeremy's fault. He is the booker. <laughs> I do, I do, I do thumbnails. 
Stop it. Moots edits the show. He's a booker. Like, he's we, fucking we, getting wrestling we, we events ready. both watch it. Way more movies than Jeremy for the show. <laughs> I watched fucking ten movies last week for the fucking show. Okay, it, uh, ten movies in the equivalent of six months. <laughs> I was fucking gone. What the fuck do you six want me months. to do? Dude, I've already watched 51 fucking 91 movies. You watched one. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Dave. Literally 50 more than you. All right. <laughs> let's do the outro and get the fuck out of here. Hey, wait, can All I right. say one last thing? Yep, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I well, I wanted. Blast. We need oh. to let you plug what you got, what like your stuff that you do. All right, that's probably a good time for yeah, Rob. Thanks for coming on the show. It's awesome to finally have you on. Hear that voice on there. I mean, you know, I I truly do watch your reviews and stuff, man. I mean, I just I'm really bad at commenting, and you know, I apologize I for out that. His, uh, black and white commentary so you should check those out those are uh, that was actually very entertaining i was surprised i didn't i'm not, not normally a big commentary listener of like fan commentaries uh especially when i'm not watching the movie but yeah it was fun i enjoyed it so rob uh, where can we catch you uh hi cat vhs 82 apostrophe is my, my youtube channel of course on body bags i'm in the wednesday night host uh letterboxd as well locates vhs 82 um yeah, and these uh, Black and White Nights commentaries uh, that I'm doing uh, with uh, Glenn and Will, and uh, those are can be found on my Letterboxd as well. Nice, nice. I, I love yeah. this. I love the fact that you're still on Body Bags, man. Because for the listeners that don't know, we started that channel uh, in JP ba- back in the day. Like it must have been 2013 or something. I'm that motherfucker too, bro. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. Well, everybody was. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, I she, like, it's like the I town whore. We literally started that channel after we fucking debunked from. Uh, that was the first. Film. What the fuck was it? Oh, the Fright Tube. I actually forgot the name for a second. <laughs> fuck the Fright Tube. Body I just, uh, I just dropped uh, number 89 this week, The Demons. Wow, ironically. dude. You've done 89 reviews wow. on there, man. I, More to me. I did 150 straight reviews. Never missed a week. And, I have. Uh, so it was 143 I, weeks because I did seven fill-ins. And um, that was it, man. I, I retired from that. So Yeah, I did a bunch of fill-ins. So we, went and did an extra, we went and did a one recently. Oh, that's that right. I guess technically I did 151. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot on DVD fiends and I quit because I was the only one being on time schedule. People would be like, Oh, I don't work, but somehow I can't make my fucking weekly video. I'm like, dude, how the fuck can't you watch one goddamn movie? Dude, I remember so you on this. I remember you on DVD fiends, man. Like who, who the fuck were the other hosts on there? There was only, like, you guys didn't have one for each day of the week. Was it though? Yeah, we did for a while, but nobody could fucking do it. Okay. Their so that's why I didn't think you did. Like, dude, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> who was I'm on there? DVD fiend. Um, my fair monster. Um, Cody Lee was Cody. Was cool. Dude on that one. Or was that? A no, different one? cool. Dude had his own thing. DVD fiend. Is that that? Stupid ass David guy, David K. No, no, Daniel Lee, way before him. Fucking David K. I don't know who David K is. He's a bitch. All right, Uh, relax, dude. Fucking, that was like six years ago. I don't give a shit. Him and Jesse are dickheads. (laughs) Oh my god, come on, over it, you fucking pussy. I don't even know what's going on here. Who else there was? I can't remember. I don't know some old YouTube beef or something that Jeremy can't let go. Of. I don't even remember those names. I don't yeah, even remember what the fucking memes to me. Those fucking dickheads. So does Neil. Yeah, but Neil's funny. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah, you just don't like your squealing pig. Fucking. I can't memes. see them. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> it says, "Is it really though?" And then it says, "JPEG." 
you know what, Dave, I think I'm going to, instead of just having you plug, I think you just, just send me the links. I'll just throw them in the description for yourself since you're right. on the show so much as it is. So. Mr. Parka. It's easy. Yeah. Mr. Parka, pretty much everything. So, um, yeah. On that note, I'll episode nobody listens to 187, the murderer episode. Uh, yeah. Murderer. Take us out of here, man. Take us out of here again. Thank you oh. for coming back on Rob. All and right. And please remember to support the hashtag Jeremy for admin 2020 on Twitter. Please already support made me it. One. No, you made me moderator. I want what admin. What the hell's the difference? A lot. <laughs> anyway, you can follow the man moods himself on his channel, youtube.com slash moods 616. Follow JP on his channel, youtube.com slash double shot J and look forward to his 2019 31 days of horror coming soon. No one really cares about <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, gonna fin- I'm finishing it up. I I pre-recorded stuff. It's a fucking year late. <laughs> well, though, it's not it's not late. worse than the one year. The one if year you were I late, s- they would just tell you you're fired at a job. They're like, don't bother coming in. That's how bad it is. <laughs> the Never. one year I had like 12 reviews left, and I posted them the 12 days before October of the next year. <laughs> hey, Dave, check your Facebook. I just made you an admin. <laughs> Ah, oh, fuck you. Follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NESRR20. Why? Why? Yeah. I got some Man. alien isolation playthroughs up there. Man. I did fucking 20 videos, bro. I got some I know. Shit. You should have did Resident Evil. It was a short. Yeah, people would have actually cared to watch Hurry that. Hurry up, Jeremy. I'm an admin. I'm telling you this. No, I'm being up. serious. I actually sent you a request for it, so. Or the except. I, I think I'm actually going to demote Jeremy right now. Yeah, let's do that. Can leave a voicemail at 724-426-6665 but we will not fucking answer you follow us on twitter twitter.com let's make robin admin <laughs> 22 <laughs> shots podcast <laughs> can leave us any questions to the 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com that's 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com please buy a 22 shots of moods and horror t-shirt Contact we sold a few recently on facebook yeah we sold four so that was pretty awesome did kyle buy one no, but we had some other people buy one. And then please support the Patreon to get the stand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22 shots podcast, but we will always be free. And that should do it, everybody, for episode 187 of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. We'll be back next week with a musical filled show with the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Cannibal the Musical, and Repo whatever the fucking tagline is will we though genetic opera genetic opera and that or should be next it. week yeah no, he's next, right that's next week fucking dumbass not in real time in okay bye time. Oh. yeah next show dumbass. next show i'm not the one fucking doing back to the future fucking releases here <laughs> <laughs> That was actually good. <laughs> Motherfucker, you made everybody an admin but me and you shot you Dude, I told you I actually wasn't lying. <laughs> Can we make Eric make super You're admin? You're a fucking bitch ass. Fuck you guys. I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> it's only funny because he cares. Like if, if Moods deleted me, I'm like, oh. <laughs> because they fucking bitch ass JP fucking kicked me out for no goddamn reason. So you I weren't answering me, dude. Oh,
fuck you. You didn't answer me today oh, when I said, happened? what time are we starting? So fuck you. I didn't even see it. Oh, you read the fucking message. It said. Oh, if you make Jeremy an so admin, funny. he's immediately going to make us. He's going to delete everyone out there. Can yeah. we make. Let's he's make gonna more go people admins. He's going to go fucking AWOL. Make Robin admin. Oh, man, this is James Cox. I'll make him an admin right now. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. Deuces. Oh, oh fuck. Who gave us this fucking pick? The right at your door. Jeremy? No, it's James Cox. Dude, oh, okay. No one told me about a bonus review, by the way. How'd you know? Because he just said right at your door. I know, but I'm saying, like, how did you know to watch it then? If I did. You. Yes, you, you did. You you watched it on Letterboxd. I know you fucking watched What's it. What's it called? No, you knew that and, it was, and there was a bonus review. And you put a troll face on there. I'm pretty fucking sure that. <laughs> I, I actually thought he was serious for a moment because I'm... Like me, I was like, oh, eventually that's going to happen one day. Yeah, we get on. <laughs> I, asked like, like, I asked like twice if there was a bonus movie last week and no one told me shit. So I didn't watch it. <laughs> no, I was going to say, well, if you didn't, you just hang out for a bit. Just let us talk. Should have told me. I don't oh, know. You really didn't watch it. Oh, I'm not lying. Did Rob watch it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I got like. Of course he watched it. He prepares for shows. Yeah, fuck off, JP. Didn't tell me shit. No, I'm sorry. Exactly. Are you being fucking serious? No, nobody told me. Never even heard of Right at Your Door. I think I have a DVD, but no one even said a goddamn thing to me because I but don't even. You had the troll face. It doesn't make sense. It did because what did I ask you? I asked you a stupid question, and I put a troll face. I don't. It didn't remember. matter anyways. I asked you like recently with the troll face, like what? Right before we started. When am I going to watch the movie in 35 fucking minutes, JP? <laughs> Are you trolling me? <laughs> no, no, no I swear to God, I watched the movie. You guys go ahead and review it. God damn. Serious? Is this really happening oh, right now? Yeah, he didn't tell me shit. No one ever, there's not one message to me that says right at your door at any certain plot ever. I could search my whole fucking messenger. Never heard the movie brought up once. <laughs> in fact, I've never heard anyone bring up the movie. <laughs> Can you put this in at the end? Oh, dude, that is fucked. It ain't my fault. I'm, I'm glad I did Jeremy, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Not Jeremy's responsibility. You yes, always tell it? me. Well, I do everything. I put all the fucking links on the spreadsheet. Me and you are like, in this chat. You can at least tell them. What about wait, me? me? You, wait, you guys are blaming me? I, no? I put a troll face here. I put, that movie any good? Never seen it. And I'm talking about Jaws. The fucking picture you're showing. Wait, wait, wait. So you're blaming me? No. Moods, when did you send this message? Did you watch right at your door? It's the bonus review. Well, I was actually joking when I said that. I just assumed you did because I thought you knew. Oh, right, <laughs> when was that sent? I never saw that message. Until uh, no, that oh, was sent. Really? Oh, that, really? Yeah, he said it like a like, uh, half hour before the show. Before it was, like, so it it was like 2.30 or 3 or whatever. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Before we were just getting on yet. It's okay. You don't have to watch it. I would have. I know you would have. But we could. We, I mean, there's four of us. Really? Yeah, Is there not? Think. Like, I can't fucking. I'm trying to think of why this wasn't no. mentioned. I didn't even think about it, honestly. We we got to get Dave in. in a chat no, I meant in the guest one, like in the guest chat. Nobody's talked in the guest chat for like a month. Yeah. yeah. Since oh, the shit. last show. 
Yeah, that probably makes sense. My bad, dog. I don't really care. It doesn't look very good anyways. I'm just going to add him to our chat. It's good. Looks kind of mediocre. Not bad. All right. That's fucked. That's actually never happened before. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've done this. Well, I mean, not, besides not Jeremy purposely not thing. watching movies, but... <laughs> Uh, wow, I'm really. Lazy boy set me up. I'm really, I really. I thought Dave was trolling us hard, dude. I never even. I was asking about Jaws. I was trolling about Jaws. I said, "What's that?" Never seen it. Talking about Jaws. Okay, that makes sense now. Yeah. Because you posted the picture of so your video, not, whatever. That's after. all right, Dave. They don't answer me either. I've been asking them if I could be an admin for a week now, and they still haven't. <laughs> Dude, you're not becoming I'll, an hey, admin. I'll, He's I'll just gonna admin. start fucking reject. We're gonna end up with like four thousand less people in the chat or in the group. Page. I don't. I don't care if you. I already told you you can be an admin. You're just being an asshole, so I'm not even gonna. Fucking what do you I mean? Don't wanna, I don't care. If I'm you're not even. So make me one, care. bitch boy. Why do I have to do it? Because I can't do it. Dude, Why? Who because I'm not a fucking admin. Yeah, you but you could be it. an admin if you really wanted to. You just got to believe in yourself, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when I was like, I was half joking. I was like, make me an admin, Moods. And he made me an admin in three seconds. Oh, you're right. He is an admin. <laughs> I've, been, I've been accepting. I actually have been venting the people that I accept. I've only accepted like two or three when you guys didn't hit them. Yeah, let's see. We got James, Dave, Derek, me, Moods, Carly, Lacey, Watson, Brandon. All these are admins. No, they're not, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> Moods, JP, Derek, James, and Dave. So fuck oh, you, Dave. you fucking Who asshole. else is an admin? It looks like that Hope. hamster dude's an admin. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's a fucking admin, man. Fuck you. I'm going to so make is, uh, I'm so is, uh, Don Goodwin. <laughs> <laughs> JPR is one too. I forgot about him. Who's JPR? John Paul all the block people right now. He's the true full screen guy. He's the true he full Roy screen. Burns. Somebody broke this, but they blocked this poor guy named Ray Burns who's just doing a fucking part time paramedic Jason Voorhees thing. Oh my god. So all these- <laughs> Don Goodwin's been blocked. Oh yeah. <laughs> Matt Mills. That guy's a piece of shit. Wait, you have blo- you can see blocked people. That's yeah. that's uh, that's Matt eighty seven. All these writer. other ones are a bunch of weird African and like. Can English. I please be an admin? Thank you. I already told you you could be an admin. I don't know why you keep asking. For Christmas, you can be an admin for How Christmas. Am I on the show and I can't even listen? If you didn't, dude, nobody unmakes you an admin. So if it's your own fault, you fucking kicked me out, you dickhead. Because you wouldn't answer me. Yeah, so make me a fucking admin. So maybe, oh, so maybe I should answer you? Huh? Maybe. Hey, you guys never answered me about that fucking bonus review. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Alright, let's get into the show. What? Game over.